going live. Uh, uh, what's the old, uh, uh, in the immortal words of that uh, Lufa guy, fuck it, we're going to do it live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, while I mute myself briefly, uh, Smash, what's going on, my friend? Welcome. Uh, uh, feel free to introduce us. So we got an awesome guest tonight, as you can see. Sungro Miz is going to be hanging out with us tonight. Um, but before we even get into that, let's say the this show is for educational and entertainment purposes only. I say follow your, your local laws, but where most of us are from, it's 21 and over. So we say 21 and over here. So just if you're not if you're not 21 and over, you kind of got to go. Wes, what do we tell them? Get out. Take your shit and get out. Other That's than it. that. That's the way to do it. Yeah, I'm on. Check us out on all podcasts. Like well-oiled machine shit here. Table. Uh, me stepping on it, me being like out of uh, sync and stuff. I'm like putting all my audio cables back together and stuff. Uh, it's kind of funny how the, the machine is well oiled, and here I'm stepping back into it, basically stepping on the working parts. It's kind of funny. And I'm like talking over Smash while he's actually getting the job done. That's pretty funny. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, when you delegate well, good things can happen sometimes, right? I think we'll pretend. Yeah, right. uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, why is that angle? Oh, I'm gonna have to change everything. I think there's like glare. Yes, I think that's right. I think there's glare into the, all right, we'll figure that out in a second. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, aside from the glare from the freaking light that I uh, took to California for basically no reason, uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Uh, once again, if you are over the age of 21, you're welcome to join us. If you are under the age of 21, this is not the show for you. Please go find something else to do. Go play chess, checkers, uh, parcheesi, uh, scrabble. You know, uh, that might be fun. Uh, puzzles. Puzzles are really hot these days. They're really into it. Uh, hipster shit. Go play some puzzles. Uh, go play like a thousand piece or maybe a two thousand piece. That'll take you a while, honestly. Oh, it's uh, say, fun uh, for all ages, I think. Unless it's like an X-rated puzzle. Check out Chris if you want. If you're into puzzles, Chris Ramsey's the one. There you go. There you go. Pretty cool. Check him out. That's the way to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Richard D in the house. What's going on, my friend? I forgot to say hello to my uh, friends here. See how I'm like completely uh, behind the eight ball and everything else, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, used to be a well well oiled machine. Perhaps it shall be again. Thank you, Samuel Olson, for joining us. We'd never killed Kenny. I think you are first, buddy. Let me just uh, switch to live chat so that we can double check that uh, I'm not like, what do you know? We'd never killed Kenny is first in that freaking chat. Still, weed has never killed Kenny. Samuel Olson is second. Grayson grows third. Stony Creek is fourth. Cheers, my friends. Can't see what's going on, buddy. Uh, poor Pizza Dave. Nice to see you back, buddy. Dang Gannix is here. Uh, who else here? Anthony uh, Decoy Bacon. Nice to see you, Decoy Bacon. Rancho, cost of plenty as well. Uh, Bud's here. Shen is in the house. Welcome, my friend. Uh, everybody's here. Grow Ohms. Welcome, folks. We're going to have a, a delightful interview, I think, with uh, Sun Grown Mids here. We had some fun conversation with him down at the uh, Regenerative Cannabis Conference uh, down in, uh, is it Carverville or Benbow? Or I don't even know what town that actually is. It's this little town where that one log house is, and there's basically a couple of gas stations and a dispensary and some big ass redwood trees and an RV park. And that's about it. Yeah. Uh, does that qualify as a town? It could be Garberville. I yeah. feel embarrassed that I don't know uh, which town that I was in now at this point. I spent several days there. And I apparently was just completely I mean, sailing in the wind. The, uh, the conference was across the street from the one log. And I'm not sure if that's technically in Benbow or if it's, it's a campground and a dispensary, all into sovereign and an R and D cannabis facility and blah 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 and and, and 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 it's pretty interesting. All right, where am I at here? See, I am behind the oh, I remember now. Like a couple of shows ago, Smash did not want me to show that website, so I'm gonna have to remember to not show that website. All right, 
Uh, I said what? what? Uh, the one for the like auctions for government stuff. I don't even remember. Uh, what, what, what? Oh, I forgot what it was. Anyways, I was looking at the other day. No, I have a different one. Garberville. Don't show the one I was showing. The government one's fine. Apparently, Sungrown Mids, you're fucking wrong. I'm kidding. He's not. We're, mm-hmm. we're both guessing. That's as good of a guess as any, honestly, because Garberville is like nine miles up the road. And Benbo, I feel like, is actually closer, but uh, yeah, yeah, this is pr- apparently Garberville. So, see, I've seen logs like that where you can drive through. Yeah, there's one. The of weird thing is, I don't think this one log house was even open. It's kind of bizarre. I think it's the tourist attraction that brings you to the other buildings that are there. Yeah, yeah of course. Place. Take a picture with the one log house. Ah. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. And I, I even asked Poten. I was like, "So wait, so that's where they filmed the interviews with like Elaine and stuff a few years ago?" He's like, "No, what are you talking about? That was from." Michigan or some sort. I'm like, dude, I vividly remember you guys having conversations and maybe Potent wasn't there. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. But I remember uh, Elaine and a couple other folks basically talking in a round cabin looking thing that looks like it's basically the size of that one log house. Like basically two people across pretty much is all you could fit in there. I don't know. Like Perhaps I, I don't even know. Whatever. Stop share. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the, the show. What was I going to say as I... Uh, God damn it, that annoys me just now. Well, whatever. That's the internet. What are you going to do? You can get mad. You can uh, grow up. You can do whatever. Anyone get seeds, uh, coot soil in seed yet? I don't think so. And I'm not sure yet. I do have some of those seeds. I have to sell those. Oh, by the way, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm way behind on all kinds of stuff. I have to be honest. Uh, uh, if you guys uh, want to listen to, okay, let's start the show. See how discombobulated I am, Sungrow Mids? Like normally we start this stuff and it's like a fucking TikTok and so it's all this. Fuck. Way behind. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to listen to us in a podcasting kind of way, please listen to us in a podcasting kind of way. Look up Chronic Table on your favorite pl- podcasting platform of choice. Look up uh, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, you name it. We're on those things. If we are not on some kind of podcast, please let us know. Perhaps there's some way that I can check a box that I have not seen up to now. And maybe there's a way for me to uh, join that. I get emails from all kinds of, would you like to join so-and-so podcasting platform? And I'm like, well, sure, okay, fine. And then I'll usually try to click that link and it'll be a good link. So whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to join me to join some podcasting platform because you'd like to listen to Chronic Table, please let me know. I'd be happy to join for you. If you guys would like to join the photo contest, I am, I have to admit, super behind on reposting stuff, but the photo contest is still on. I have not in any way given that up, ladies and gentlemen. I'm quite serious about it. Please go and join the photo contest. I feel bad spouting all the words and the verbiage and everything else right now until I get caught up on the the posts. But ladies and gentlemen, go join Portland Cannabis Leasing Society Instagram. Go join our uh, photo contest. We have lots of fun over there. And by the way, I have to be honest, thanks to the photo contest or thanks to the holiday season and just fucking madness and, and honestly just probably a, a good portion of my fault. A bunch of packages came back. Some packages got lost in the freaking mail. A lot of, I think, giveaways. Thankfully, I think all the customers have been taken care of, but a few giveaway packages, I think, are still lost in the mail. got an email the other day. So, folks, uh, this is probably the easiest. I'll probably send out an email or I don't actually have an email list. This is another one of the things that I need to do in this new year is have an email list for everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to work on it. We're going to have an email list. If you'd like to sign up on it, make a mental note and then tell me when I'm ready to sign up for email address. Uh, or tell me over at fumador at chronictable.com, by the way, because that's a great way to re- reach me. Oh, shit. Uh, what was that I going to say? Uh, what's that, Smash? Uh, it reminds me. Gray, so- Gray Sun Grown. I will be going to the post office tomorrow. His package got sent nice. back to me. And I, I oh, man, I hate that shit. To send it back out. So Fuck. I'm going to send it back out tomorrow. 
I had a package sent back three times and I was like, what is wrong with this package? And finally, the third time, I literally didn't change anything, but it went through. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the temp- temper mentality of the, the world these days. It is what it is. Uh, by the way, we're asking if uh, uh, if we're going to hit up Clubhouse. Uh, I'm not actually. YouTube, I, I, I actually have a, a Clubhouse account and I didn't like it at all. Like I, I actually like gave it. Potent his account. And then I just gave up after that. Like I have, I still probably still have all the invites that I had in the beginning. I, I just gave up because I just, I was like, Dude, this is less good than YouTube basically. Like we, we can hear people talking, but we cannot see anything. It seems pointless. I think Discord's I better at this Discord's point. Discord's better, man. Yeah. You have your, your smash dab bar. It's, it's way funner. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, join yeah. the Discord. We have lots more fun over there. But if you're worried, he said is draining his battery. If like, I know it's a couple extra bucks a month. YouTube, YouTube premium, you can uh, lock your phone. Um, and shut down the screen while while we were on. It is really annoying. I hate paying for all these fucking services and this and that. And I like I've drawn the line. Like I'm not going to pay for Netflix and whatever, which probably shocks a lot of people. And I'm like, man, I have enough freaking movie shit. But I do pay for YouTube Premium. Partly it's because of the show. So anytime I want to show something, I don't have ads pop up basically. And then there was some other specific reason that I do not remember. Honestly, now I feel a little bit stupid that I don't remember what it is because maybe that reason is gone now. But anyway, uh, there was some. Uh, original other reason why I had the YouTube premium. But in the meantime, uh, it's actually nice. Like the YouTube music is pretty good. Uh, uh, no ads on YouTube videos, pretty handy. I have to be honest. So if you guys have thought about that, you can lock the, the videos and listen to them in the background and stuff. Oh, I mean, yeah, most YouTube like stuff my... is really, it's kind of annoying how much YouTube stuff is made for you to look at. And so you kind of can't get the idea without like watching it, but whatever. Some channels but they have, ones. but YouTube has like playlists of just like one screen. It's a, it's the album art and it's the music. Hmm. You know what I mean? And like, if you don't have premium, you got to sit there with the screen on and fucking keep it unlocked and shit. It's a pain in the ass. And it's really become one of the best uh, platforms for getting old music. A lot of stuff that's 100%. no longer in print or hasn't made yes. it onto the streaming fucking platforms. It's, mm-hmm. I'm amazed at how much stuff I find on YouTube. And it is just like that. You know, it's a single still image, but it's that album that. You can't listen to anywhere else. It's the uh, the second largest search engine in the world after Google itself. Doesn't that kind of blow your mind? Blows my mind a bit. Makes sense. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys would like to have your minds blown, that sounds stupid. That sounds like some weird sexual shit. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys would like to have some good seeds, let's back up. Let's just beep, 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 just erase that. Uh, if you guys would like to have some good seeds, take a look. Our genetic preservation kits, depending on where you live. Take a look at fumadoroseedco.com, ladies and gentlemen, or fumadoro.com, also fumesofgold.com. They are all the same website, redirect. Take a look, ladies and gentlemen, at the contact page, contact Fumadora. If you ever wonder uh, uh, how to reach me, perhaps this is the way to do so. Go to fumadoro.com, reach me at fumadoroatchronictable.com, questions, comments, concerns. Join the Discord over there. I, I realize that that doesn't look like one, but it is actually a hyperlink. I don't know why that's not working. You know what? Perhaps. I am noticing now that it is not an active link. All right, I'm going to have to replace that because that looks like it's a broken link. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, I meant well. Is that the Discord link? It's supposed to be, but I think maybe you're going to have to copy and paste it uh, because normally you can click it and it just uh, works. I'll have to try to fix that during the show. So if you go into Discord and when you invite someone, there's a a seven, you can now, like I noticed it the other day, make a unlimited uh, link so it never expires. That was so annoying. All right, I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to remember during the show. Otherwise, I'll forget. 
Ladies and gentlemen, subscribe to the YouTube channel that you are listening to right now. If you are not aware that it's a YouTube channel, go to the website, go to the contact page and subscribe at the link right there, youtube.com forward, uh, forward slash C forward slash people in the flavors. Instagram is there, Fumador underscore Chibador. And of course, if you guys would like to take a look at the genetic preservation kits that I was just, uh, just discussing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, take a look right here. Morgana, Dread Persephone, Lime River Rose. I just heard from somebody just now that in a uh, burgeoning, they're, they're working on their license right now, but in a burgeoning medical facility in uh, uh, Michigan, they found a nice phenotype of Lime River Rose and they were wondering about uh, 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 terpenes and everything else. And I thought, this seems, sorry, I don't have the testing, but I would love to hear the fucking results that you guys come up with. Anyway, I would love to hear the results that they come up with. I've been hearing lots of good things about Lime River Rose, folks. I think you will enjoy it. I think if you would like a, uh, frankly, mostly sweet uh, a candy, lime pop. It was just, uh, I got to meet Mean Gene this weekend, basically, creator of the, the Black Lime Reserve. His favorite phenotype, evidently, is the lime pop, which is kind of an interesting, uh, 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 I don't know, confluence of uh, 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 whatever, flavor selections or something. Because the one that I selected for the mom on this one, basically, is the lime popsicle, kaffir lime, basically. That was, uh, uh, how do I say this? A friend of mine, uh, one-handed hash, basically said, man, this is like a lime popsicle. And ever since then, basically call it a lime popsicle. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, sweet lime, candy lime, you name it. Lots of colors, lots of delightful, happy, and uh, occasionally a few sedative highs too, uh, believe it or not. Wes Engine found a, a cool uh, floral terpene as well. So that's kind of fun to hear. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, some that I really like, the shares down a thousand one nights. I call it a thousand one nights for short. That's a, basically a BX, I think you could call it, of a re the Ruby Jack project. Uh, Ruby Jack, it's not really a project, but it was a strain for my friend uh, Stevie that I really Really, really enjoyed. I've really uh, uh, dug growing, found a couple of my favorite phenotypes and uh, have worked with them a little bit further because of the unique characteristics therein. The flavors have been spectacular. The high has been spectacular. It's this nice, uplifting, goofy, happy, conversational high that is still really medicinally potent. You, you, you notice basically, fuck, I'm lit. But you don't feel like you're basically stoned off your tits. Like, for example, with, you know, something super heavy. I'm uh, This weekend, basically, I smoked a couple super heavy things. And I don't know, I don't feel lit after 20 minutes, but I do feel kind of like, you know, and I don't know. And to each their own, that's fine. That's that's a fun high in the evening. But in the daytime for me, I don't want to hear, I want to be lit. But I also want to be able to get and, you know, get places, do things, talk to people, see interesting sights. I want the colors to be more vibrant. I want the food to taste better. You freaking name it. I don't want to be falling asleep on the couch. But to each their own. If you guys want uh, hey. weed for the day, uh, take a look at Black Prince Ruby. What's that, Smash? I like the down weed all the time. You see, to each their own, man. What are you going to do? I mean, some people like uh, super heavy hitter weed. That's not my style. You know, I like... Uh, I mean, I, I like super heavy hitter weed every once in a while. For example, at night, man, there's nothing to relax. There's nothing like it to relax. Or I've said all along that like the, the most introspective, almost like meditation weed basically is that heavy, heavy, cushy shit. And you'll just sit there in the hat, like a state of half stupor thinking about, I don't even know, thinking about random stuff in your past. You'll make little combinations, stories that somebody told you 20 years ago will make sense and you'll burst out laughing. You know, like that heavy shit is really, really useful sometimes. But at the same time, I like conversational weed. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll move on. Coupon code BRAINS with a Z, B-R-A-I-N-Z for 14%. Right, D? That's it. Cheers, my friend. Welcome. Finally, we get to the introductions. Go for it, buddy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? What's going on, panel, chat? If I can talk correctly tonight. Jesus. 
Just chilling. I am smoking on. What do I got? Ice cream cake. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. Right now, but I got some mm-hmm. chip. I like cake. me some ice cream cake. Some fire. And that's about it. My buddy's hanging over here. He's taking off soon. But other than that, just chilling. Garden's doing good. Then I'll be I'll be flipping it. I figure by the half of this month, by the middle of this month, it'll be flipping time. But mm-hmm. that's it. Cheers. Point on smash. Shit, man. Same shit. Different day. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, check out my YouTube, Smash Cannabis. Um, I posted a new video today. I I keep trying to upload in 4K. I don't know where my connection is lacking, but I got it in 1080p and it might be uploading in 4K a little bit later. I'm hoping. So we'll That's see. That's weird. You're still having that glitch, huh? Yeah, but it, it's That's 1080p weird. at least, so check it out. It looks good. At least that, yeah. Um, things are coming down soon in my garden. Uh, I was that's what I was doing down there with the camera. I was taking pictures so I can zoom in uh-huh. <laughs> and look at the trichomes and stuff, just a peep. Um, but yeah, things are gonna be coming down soon. Other than that, shit, I'm happy to have sun grown on. Nice man. Uh, last introduction before we actually talk to sun grown, West Engine. What it is, my friend? Big up, Demonor. Big up, yeah. sun grown myth. Big up, smash and. And D, what's going on? Hope everybody's well. Hope everybody's living their best life. I hope everybody's ready for the most interactive show in cannabis. Uh, where you become part of the show, hop on, say what's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, hoping we see a few new faces tonight. And yeah, shit's still goddamn cold up here in the fucking north, man. I don't know Is why it? I was tricked yeah. out of Antigua, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's daylight, yeah. man. It's fucking cold. Dude, it was so cold and humble, but like the hour cold is like just a hilarity compared to you. Like we were all freezing our freaking nuts off, and it was literally probably no no colder than like fifty one or something. (laughs) It was. I I went out to go to the store and just three degrees. Oh man! (laughs) Yeah, no, we were all sitting there complaining, and we're like, "Wow, yeah, forty nine degrees. How can we not handle this?" Dude, Uh, I don't know. By the way, welcome, my friend. Welcome. Cheers, man. Cheers. I'm trying to fix my light here so it doesn't glare on the fucking camera. Hold on. We'll get there, maybe. So what are you smoking on, Sungrown? Um, this is some CSI's uh, Skittles S1. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, we grew out a pack of them or two packs of them. Yeah, I think we had six plants in the end. And uh, they were nice. They really, there's that creamy sort of Skittles um profile and then there's also more of that really really candy grapefruit tropical you know classic z in Mm. some of them and so that was really nice it was good to see how the profiles you know translate from the clone to an s1 and there's definitely some of the s1s that are just so so close to the the original cut in terms of that. that makes me excited. Hmm. I got some Runt S ones and some GGS S ones that I I can't wait to get to. Nice. Yeah, look at that. We got Masonic Smoker in the chat. Look at that. We got a freaking show coming on. Uh, welcome Masonic. Welcome. Uh, hop on, Masonic. Yeah, man, you're welcome to hop on. We're we're uh, basically just BS here, honestly. Uh, Sun grown. What's your favorite uh, weed to smoke? Honestly, it's just simply, uh, what's your favorite? Yeah, we were just talking, or you guys were just mentioning. Um, I like that sedative heavy hammers. Um, I like 
a day wrecker. Um, Digital high five, bro. I'm right there with you. And you like it morning, noon, and night, no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I smoke joints constantly, and um, I don't really dab a lot. Well, I, I don't dab at all. I, uh, I will dab if I'm at somebody's place that has a rig, but I don't own Social. one. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay. um, I... I have the same level of like smoking, you know, like I consume probably as much cannabis as a lot of dabbers do, but mm. I just have to do it in the flower form or I choose to do it in the flower form. And so, um, yeah, it just means I have to smoke a lot and I prefer to have just the, you yeah. know, the slap <laughs> hammers that I can have when I do actually puff. But uh, I know on that topic, um, seeing Mr. Bob Hemphill here it goes. and what he brought in. It's like up and up in here. I know. You know, it's kind of funny. I have some of Bob Hemphill's weed, I believe. Let me see here. So I have a little on. bit left of Potent's weed. Oh, now Potent is pissed off because he has to stay the night and he gave me his weed. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening, poor Potent. Um, yeah. So... Someone asked a question about the, the Zittles or whatever way you want to say it, Skittles S1. They asked on uh, how the mold resistance was. They, they said they got two packs of them and they were wondering. Um, there is some susceptibility, but all in all, given how things went this year, we had a really, really like abnormally wet uh, fall and harvest season this year. So I think that it actually held up remarkably well, given the... Mm-hmm the climactic um situation i feel like if it had been if we had grown this any of the preceding four or five years out here we wouldn't have had a spot of mold it would have been fine yeah. this last year where we got hammered it got it went through at least one of the the solid rains and some of the tops had some some botrytis in it but other than that um they held up. They're an early finisher. They were one of the first that was ready, probably. I think, you know, if you had to, you could take them first week of October. Um, second week of October, they were done. And so there's something that you can pull off without having too much of a mold issue. Um, we had some other things that much, much bigger issues. Um some of those Gany leaning TKM uh, tens that have a lot of that M10 Afghan one influence were a lot more mold susceptible, hmm. and um, yeah, so I, I felt like the, the Skittles it held up well. That's cool. Hello. Actually, uh, I was on to to ask if uh, you guys topped the plan to avoid uh, having too big of a top, but. Uh, I heard Welcome, uh, by the way, uh, this gentleman has the best name on the show, Evil Dead. <laughs> Welcome. Hello, man. Hello, everybody. Yeah. No, I, I asked that because I, I seen it uh, again and again, uh, having people growing mostly outdoor, and they say, that's strange if I don't top it. Uh, it grow too big of a main bud, and there's more mold issue. And that was their main argument. It wasn't to shape the plant that much. It was really to avoid having too much, too big, but uh, that mold easier. 
it helps spread the foliage out instead of having one big whatever you yeah. want to talk about it big cola and then you got to worry about the inside um but I, I i top outdoors because of that reason like i'd like spreading the plant out a little bit more i like i like i don't want to have big giant nugs outdoors especially where i am because i'm in high humidity 24 7 you know what i mean like the only time we're not high humidity is when it's winter in the house because the heat's kicking on other than that outdoors is shit 80 what we were looking at it last this this past summer it was 80 plus all 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 summer spring so it, it helps a little bit i've noticed anyway i don't know who else goes outdoors tommy you do how do you think about it welcome bud hey how's everyone doing sure, man. uh outside i yeah i mean i top them like just yeah one time i guess they pretty much branch out i don't go back out there and do it uh <clears throat> more than just mainly that one time you know when they're Kind of like you would do, uh, I guess, inside, you know. <laughs> but uh, what do we think? I mean, uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd be, I'd be more of a fan of having that, uh, you know, uh, a bunch of uniform size nugs instead of one big main cola, especially here in Michigan, because basically everything ends up with uh, mold one way or the other, if, unless you have something really early finishing or. I don't know. Keep an umbrella over it. When it's yeah, really or some somewhere to put them in. Yeah, right. I've been looking, Tommy. Trust me, dude. I've been looking. I want a greenhouse. That is a goal of mine. Yep. Yeah. Build one. I, I want to build one, but like I want to buy one of the kits already prefabbed. I don't know, Sungro. What what's your like? What would you think? Like I'm outdoors all the time. Like I love outdoor growing. I've been doing it forever. Honestly, I think that it would be best to just build one, um, but talk to people who have some experience with it, particularly online IG. There's lots of people. Um, I, I had massive commercial greenhouses. Um, I had a, a 24 by, well, really two 24 by 48 right next to each other. So they were 24 feet wide by 48 feet long, and they were right next to each other. So they were really 102 feet. Um, yeah. And then um, I had another one that was a 30 by 96, and um, they were North Slope Agri Tech big ass greenhouses, the one that Forever Flowering used to do back in the day. And it, it was awesome. It was a, like a good approach to a certain extent, but it was obsolete by the time I, by the time I put those in, in like 2010, the light death revolution had begun and people were just flipping tarps on PVC hoop houses and were crushing it. And you really, you don't need a, you know, a massive kit or an expensive kit. Um, there are some, uh, people had some much smaller ones that were a lot more, you know, user-friendly things that were like 20 by 50, um, that kind of became common in, in my area once we got regulations. 
um they were like yeah like this style Um, yeah this is the one i've been looking at um honestly like to be real like it's i want to know because you said you had greenhouses i don't know what a good price to pay for them is because like you could take the material and build it yourself oh they go anywhere from a couple hundred bucks i think masonic is listening right now he's always talking about how he has like the cheapest one that amazon will give him and he has like a million dollar library and a hundred dollar tent but then you can go up to like thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars for a small greenhouse. It's not like not hard to do. So with the full grand. light depth with the freaking arms and the this and the that. Like people spend crazy money on greenhouses. That's um, not uh, really, that's not outrageous, right there. Um, the only thing I caution about, and really the dude to talk to, he was at um, at the event, is Eric uh, Light Depth Greenhouse. I think is his Light underscore Depth underscore Greenhouse. I believe is his IG. But Eric Barnstead, he's been, he was doing, he was the salesman and the guy that helped all of us set up our forever flowering operations back in the day. Um, Forever flowering is a greenhouse, a full, you know, bells and whistles greenhouse operation where you could order the greenhouse, you could get all the light depth, all that stuff. And Eric was the dude, like he he knows all of it and he can really he's somebody who puts people on game lets people know whether or not things are a good like a good deal and the only thing i would caution about those kits is a lot of times it's a bit of a clusterfuck dealing with certain companies so make sure whoever you're dealing with isn't just a complete and total clusterfuck sends you. Yeah, yeah, easy to deal with and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's been the main thing that I've heard. And out here, a lot of it, like, there are outfits that do this. Like, they'll do the pipe bending. They'll do the full installation. And you get a, you know, because they're doing so many in the area and in the region, essentially, it's it's an industry. Um, it's not so much where you have to rely on a, a kit or like a, a yeah. shipping sort of situation. That's pretty cool. Call the greenhouse dudes. Yeah. Yeah. Fully. And, um, but I, I've seen people kind of like Yumi was mentioning, I've seen cats do incredible things with a, nothing more than some like six mil plastic and some PVC. And, the main thing, the, the key with all of that is understanding your climate control dynamics, making sure your airflow and your ventilation is on point and that you're not having that condensation build up and drip on your plants, um, particularly if you're flowering. And people like Eric have like really helped us all out. Um, they had, for me, when I was off the grid, um, they have these uh, air uh, vents that you could put at the top of your depth and they blacked out the light so that you wouldn't get any light leaks through these vents. And I don't know how they did it, but it just created an airflow at the very, very top of your hoop that made it so it would be, you know, sun beating down, 100 degrees outside, you'd pull your tarps, stand in front of the the vents on either side one of them you can feel the air just being pulled in the other side 
when you're pulling it on that side, it's like you're getting blown with a fucking blast furnace as all that hot air is being moved out. And that's all you need. Like that was literally all you needed for airflow. There wasn't any fans circulating the air. It was just that passive airflow that was being caused by those two vents up at the ridge line that was sufficient to keep that that air movement going and really moving the most intensely hot air out of the fucking the the hoop. So yeah, check out just read everything Eric's ever posted and uh <laughs> that's like a good primer. Right. Uh Smash, you could get the uh you can get the Amazon one, like uh the cheaper one on Amazon for like two or three hundred bucks. Um and then you just gotta like fab up like uh the ends more with something more stable, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? To mount yeah. the fans you make like I want this to be to like a, studs or something. I mean it's just I don't want this to come down though. I yeah. mean I've had mine for three years. Or four years Man, Smash, I bought a $1,400 kit one, and I put it all together, and it was, like, set up all beautiful in my lot yard, and I used it for two seasons, and then, uh, was it last winter? Last winter, I got a windstorm, and it fucking ripped it to shit anyways, dude. It don't matter what you put there. I mean, like, it's only going to have so much life to it anyways. You're almost better off with, like, something super dirt cheap that you just build a little fucking cheap poop house yourself and then throw it away. Like, I wanted, I want to do like the goal would be trying to grow year round, not um, in the green, not not specifically cannabis like all the time, but I want, I would want crops. Oh, I didn't know you. I thought you were just talking about for the season. Man, there, there's some dudes that like, do like that, that, but like, man, you got to be hardcore to get that going. Like, maybe that's what I would like, at. like sustainable, have some fruit. Uh, have some vegetables along with the cannabis, like have stuff that can go over the winter and you're actually harvesting and, and gaining food and not, not loot. like that's, that's how I would like to have my systems. Like I, that's when I build a greenhouse, hopefully I can get something going like that. Uh, Smash, if you, if you really want to invest in a more permanent style of greenhouse or maybe something that you want to use a more month in the year, there's the double wall greenhouse that get air that blew between the, those two walls. And it keeps the greenhouse way more hot, warmer than in the year. We, we were gaining, I think, two months uh, using that type of greenhouse. Because otherwise, it's just a hoop house. So a hoop house, go for cheap, man. It can be destroyed at one point anyway. Even if you get the more expensive one, like Wes said, uh, where I was working, every winter we had at least one of them that that was uh, destroyed. And we had like uh, five greenhouse. So, yeah, every year we had to replace a plastic of one or the other. Yeah, that's why this would be a forever type thing. Like, I don't want it to, I want to use materials that's not going (laughs) to fall apart. Well, I think even that $3,500 one you shown, eventually that's, I think that's even going to, uh, the material on that would even wear out. Yeah, the mill will. Eventually yeah, anything will fall apart, but it'll, if it's really good, it'll have replaceable parts, right? I mean, I suppose yeah. uh, maybe the, 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 the ones, I guess I shouldn't say that because the ones that have like hard plastic sheeting and whatever else, that's probably not going to wear out realistically. That's like 20 years guarantee or whatever, but. That's true, but I mean, like you go through those older, uh, uh, 
like either the glass houses because there were some like legit glass houses and um or just the older greenhouses in like the salinas valley that's where a lot of the cut flower industry was and where a lot of cannabis is now grown and those greenhouses are dog shit like they've just they've fallen so much into disrepair and granted these are like 10 20 30 year old greenhouses at the least um the plants took them back yeah it's one of those things where the plastic like you had mentioned it starts to you you're gonna have to replace that at the very least but no if you you get a good um the main thing is like scale it to your your needs and your size and that way you know you don't have to one thing i've found is it's difficult to keep things going like all all seasons particularly like the bigger space you have to maintain and try and climate control the harder it gets so if you can just you know have a nice little thing where you're doing your veg and also fuck flowering in winter. Like, unless you've got something. Yeah, no, I probably wouldn't be many cannabis plants. They'd probably be indoors at that point. Yeah. But like, I like, I feel like tomatoes and stuff like that and, and some other herbs and st- like stuff like that. I would like to get going too. And it would be cool because last year we had such a horrendous year. It's making me think like, a greenhouse would probably be beneficial. And someone brought up, I would have to like figure out most, he said most designs around here with the snow load would probably get crushed. Yeah. yeah, So I would like Um, to ideally have something warmer to help melt that snow away. So we had a, um, uh, North slope, which has supposedly a gothic peak or something. So it's a little bit more of a, a steep peak. And that's supposedly um, for that purpose. And that's um, Agritech North Slope um, Greenhouse. And it, it, we didn't have any issues like that. Um, we had tears in the plastic. Um, we don't have a snow load where I'm at. But um, it's one of those things where it, it wouldn't have been able to, like if we were up at 3000 uh, feet elevation, it wouldn't have been able to withstand the snow load work that we get up there. Um, but that's just because of the plastic. The main thing though, is get out there and make sure it doesn't crumple your shit. Cause if you see some of those, like it, it's happened to a couple of people where the, instead of the plastic giving the snow just crumples the entire frame and yeah, so and i think that's poor supported though like if you have enough like i don't know i feel like it, if it's supported I it right did, i'm pretty sure it happened to jay plant speaker and i think the uh, greenhouse you want smashes more than 3500 i think you want like a thirty-five thousand dollar. honestly like. i was looking at it, the one i really want is what like you're asking for is like a real nice <laughs> just saying all, all said and done the one i want is like fifteen thousand. yeah right right that's that would saying. be like dream that's a big expense dude uh, that'd be like dream stuff you know what i mean yep mine's a mine's a uh an amazon one uh i think it was 200 it's uh what is it 
like a 10 by 20 hoop, I think. Does that sound right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's small like enough, I can just pull that tarp on it myself, you know. I don't even yeah, have one of those golden arms or anything. Mm-hmm. What's up, Charlie? Yeah, we got the same one, Tommy, I think. Right. Yeah. And then I just mod- you know, you get you gotta yeah. you gotta maybe you know, put the you rebar, know. a couple reinforcements here and there. It lasts yeah, a couple reinforcements. Welcome, Charles uh, Go in there and tap the snow off if it you know what I mean? If it starts sagging a little bit. Yeah. I had to replace the plastic once. So it's like they even tell you those two year plastic. Yeah, there's some really strong plastics like polymers out there too, like really thick stuff. So Uh, I'm wondering the woven poly, I Mm -hmm. really, really preferred to any other greenhouse cover. And it seems kind of more opaque. It's kind of got like a white tint to it. And you can see that it's like all woven together, but that shit, it had the best, like, I think we had on one of those 24 by 48s, that one with the woven poly, I think the until, um, it lasted five years until a fire came through and melted it and like burnt everything. <laughs> so <laughs> fire yeah, I think that's what I have, the woven now. I was looking at chickens Part today and ducks and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Miranda Family Farms, uh, uh, old friend of the show, by the way. Welcome, my friend. Uh, says he's a rep for Hortitech Greenhouses. He says check them out. Don't know anything about him. I'll look him up, man. He's local too. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I believe so. At least that accent's local. That's for sure. Um. <laughs> oh, I guess I don't have anything useful to say. Uh, I know that greenhouses grow way great fucking weed. I guess that's just gonna be my stupid little inter- interjection meaninglessly there but so yeah, no, I found that greenhouses um they provide a number of different benefits um just in terms of like keeping dust and particulate and things off of plants um you got to maintain your airflow and stuff obviously but um it really helps and can it can change the appearance of your flowers just by having like a woven poly and having more of a diffused light. We're in um, the foothills of Northern California and it's, you know, it's a hundred, sometimes 110 degrees out, even like at the early onset of flower. And those, in, and since people have started doing depth even more so, but, um, with those intense heat, having that diffused light mm. as opposed to really intense direct sunlight. Um, yeah. Somewhere up, like Arizona. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And what you end up having is much more of a golden, dark, sort of brownish uh, product outdoor, typically in those environments. Um, having the, the diffused light lets you keep that the lighter, greener, appearance and yeah. also maintain some of those turps that would volatilize off and what are they 30 percent shade cloths we used to do that back in the day it, we used to use shade cloth to obscure stuff and just grow under that and i think with the diffused um woven poly you're only losing i think like two to maybe 12 percent of the like depending on the thickness and the opacity of the woven poly. Um, so it's, you're not losing that much actual 
light when you use those. Hmm. But I, I also, I'm no greenhouse expert. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Like I said, Eric, he is, it would be great to have Eric. Mm. Um, yeah, on we can get along. Uh, it's an element of, uh, grow. We have a bunch of greenhouse people that listen to the show, but yeah, we barely ever have anybody that grows the greenhouses that actually comes on the show that I know of. Uh, Potent would be the closest. And I think even he, well, I guess he would probably have grown with greenhouses with uh, in Oklahoma and stuff. So that counts, but, uh, man alive, we rarely do have anybody that does like we have some outdoor growers. We have lots and lots of indoor growers in the show, but, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's Tell an interesting. Like I, I don't want to bullshit about it. I'm fascinated about it, but I don't. I don't have any useful opinions. Go ahead, Smash. Oh, I just said Tommy's done a light dip. That's right. That's true. We did used to have a few people that had greenhouses. That's true. Soulshine has done greenhouses. He's Soulshine was down there. He's a cool, uh, cool dude. A lot of folks basically actually really were impressed by Soulshine. I heard from a lot of folks like, "Oh man, that Soulshine man, he's cool." Literally, a bunch of folks said that. Potent, a few other people said that. Oh yeah, man, Soulshine, he's cool, dude. Uh, so Soulshine, if you're listening, people think you're cool. Yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? Um, yeah, he's like, yeah, man, he was cool. Uh, what was I gonna say? Fuck, uh, dude, there was mostly greenhouse weed there. Honestly, it was like mostly outdoor. What's that, Wes? I said, we feel like we already knew that about Soulshine. I feel like that was well known. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, who else was down there from the show? Survivor Time from the chat was in the show. Got to meet him. Got to meet yeah. somebody else whose name I'm now forgetting. He said that he's a regular viewer, and I did not recognize the name. And he's like, oh, I say hello every once in a while. I met like five or ten people that watched the show. And then like a couple of them didn't have recognizable names. They're like, man, I don't, I don't really comment people said uh one dude was like yeah man i say like hello every once in a while but that's that's good enough that's cool you know that's fine not everyone wants to say hello you know uh they feel part of the show too you know i guess that's kind of fun i've always wondered like the folks that don't like interact and chat and stuff i've wondered like do they actually feel part of the show do they feel like part of the the, the gang or whatever but apparently they do so that's cool i think if like it was cool when we had them involved with the game night like we could have like now is interesting um we're probably one of the only shows that have done something like that you know and uh we like like we say through the, the links right there if you cut it like since we have a guest on the rules kind of change a little bit but if you've already been on this show you're allowed on like in fact, I'm just, uh, Potent said he's going to be on here in a bit. Uh, he's saying that uh, Coot would be perfect, so I'm going to uh, text Coot just in case he uh, would like to join us. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the rules when we do have a guest are a little bit stricter than they are, let's say, on a, an average uh, random uh, show. If you've been on the show before, you're welcome to come back on. If you have not been on the show before, I'm probably just going to ignore you. When, when You know, then the mods here are smart enough to do exactly the same thing. Or we'll ask in the chat, like, who the fuck is so-and-so in the chat? Or, you know, trying to join the room. If we don't recognize you, if we don't know who you are, we're just we're just gonna ignore it. So don't even bother trying. Uh, how do I say? Uh, but you know, we'd be happy to if we if we know some of you old friends and stuff. Just the, the idea is we'd like to have a good conversation with uh, some grown myths here. But again, as I said before the show, uh, or well, I guess I said before the show. I guess I can say this for everybody. I am frankly, candidly tired. Potent is, is tired when he came on here. We were we were just smoking, not just right before the show, uh, and he's like, "Man, my brain is basically done." Uh, it's a little bit that you know. I think some grown myths is feeling this the same way. I 
think because I think you went through the same exact process that we did. I mean, you were more there for fun. We were filming the thing, but still a very long freaking show. Lots and lots of uh, talking and everything else. So we're having a chill show. You know, we're not basically having like a strict show. Like, tell us about your entire life history. Although you're a great history. You're a great guest for that. You're a great guest. You, you broke the Philo stuff. Uh, Potent was just telling me earlier. He thinks you're one of the best uh, cannabis journalists that there are. Uh, you're very dogged, he said, in your pursuit of a lot of different stories. Uh, I think that's true where a lot of other people just kind of give up on stuff. You keep looking into it, keep looking into it, keep looking into it. So we definitely are going to have you back like for a real serious show one of these days, talk about breeding, whatever else, but we're welcome if you want to just uh, BS talk about, uh, we haven't even talked about your genetics, honestly, like uh, tell us a little bit about your genetics. Uh, yeah. I mean, mostly, um, I just, I make jokes like I very much like the science of cannabis breeding and, you know, read up on it and try to understand it as best as I can. But I also just see myself as a pollen chucker. Um, I, for years, I just picked whatever worked, you know, I'd select based off of whatever was best each year in my particular garden. And so there wasn't any real direction. And I always felt that I talked to Jackson about this um, years ago. And when we saw each other this weekend, Jackson being me and Gene. But um, I didn't, like, I didn't think there was anything special about the genetics that I had access to from the time I was a kid for years and years and years. And I had access to like Robert Clark's book. And so I would read things like that. And he would say things like, you know, the breeding program starts with a P1 and then you'd make your like F1s, your F2s, et cetera, et cetera. And in the examples that he was giving, it was all land race varieties. It was like Thai, Mexican, Afghan, all these things that were, specific to a place of origin and i was like fuck i don't have that i don't have p1s i've got whatever the fuck from when i went and trimmed up you know i used to trim up in that neck of the woods up at uh first time i ever trimmed i was uh, 12 or 13 years old up in uh bell springs so right there just down the road from where we were at this weekend and i was staying there in garberville and when i would trim i just there'd be seeds and so you'd ask the grower can you like can i keep the seeds that i find and so i developed a little collection of seeds over the years and when i first started growing when i was 16 i grew out some of these seeds from trimming and I didn't know. I didn't think they were anything special. Um, but talking to Jackson, those seeds came from people that, you know, Jackson knows them. They had incredible. Jackson is mean gene. Not everybody here knows uh, where, right. where the, right. dude, the, that pro he's, I have to be dead ass. Like that's probably one of the most impressive breeders to me. I'm not really that impressed by too many breeders, but he is uh, honestly, I think at the top, uh, mean gene from Mendocino, uh, I think is the name people used to know him by more, uh, his company's freeborn selections, the black line reserve, Pina, a bunch of different stuff. It's win winning Emerald cup after Emerald cup, after Emerald cup, after Emerald cup. 
Dude is uh, yeah. humble as fuck balls, honestly. One of the nicest guys you could possibly meet, too. Like, very uh, potent. I were talking oh, about that, you know, in the conversation. Balls, okay, yeah, yeah, I use the strangest, uh, <laughs> I use the strangest words, don't I? But fuck you guys, this is my show. Uh, incredibly nice guy. Just a very, very humble guy. Very nice. Just a, a soft-spoken guy. Just uh, you, you wouldn't think that this guy's some rock star weed guy, right? But you, you definitely meet a few people who would like you to know that they're a rock star weed guy. I'm not going to get into specifics, but you know, some romance, you know what I'm talking about. They want you to know how important they are when they walk in where Mean Gene, he doesn't care, man. He doesn't care if you know who he is or whatever else. He's just there to have fun. You know, he's just a cool guy. And you know, he'll be having like a, have a pocket of like, just crazy fucking scenes that people would murder for. You know what I mean? Like it's just it's a very interesting and probably some bomb ass flower. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, well, like I think like when you're going around meeting people that make seeds, if they don't have flower of their seeds, I'm I'm kind of like, well, I like to see what like what you're what you're doing really. You know, I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um. I've had reader like well, just recently I had a reader. He's like, "Here, this is this strain." He gave me a pre roll of his own. Like, it's not like a shitty pre roll. He like had a machine, and he's like, "Here, try that strain or this one." I was like, "Wow, that's like a good system, I guess." It like, speaks a lot about the strain. It speaks that the the breeder, first of all, is not just uh, pollen chucking. We heard a little bit about that this weekend, maybe in side conversations, I guess, more than anything. People literally talking about some folks, you know, in California or wherever else, I guess they're, they're mostly from California down there. So that's what those people were talking about. Some dude accidentally pollinated one of his hash plants or something. And there's like 500 seeds. Suddenly they have a, a seed line. They have a little boutique seed line, apparently. Anyway, uh, how do I say this? Um, the joint just literally, I just had the fumator effect where I lost, lose my train of thought. Just then, Sun Ground Mids on this show, I'm a, a somewhat famous, maybe I'm just crazy, I don't know, but for losing my train of thought, like in the middle of a thought, and it just like vanishes, like someone vacuumed it, like out of thin air. That was one of those. Talking about readers, I was, and I still have no idea what I was trying to say. I was trying to say something. And just, Paul and Chucking. Paul and Chucking. Conversations. Yeah. Right? This is still not helpful. No. Just literally right, vanished. I, tried. I know, man. Maybe it'll come to me. Something. It'll come to me. I had a whole fucking point. Steelbird, we have forgotten. Speaking of forgetting things, we've forgotten oh, to say hello to you. Perhaps we can say hello to you. Maybe my brain will kick back into gear or something. Talking about people that want to feel important when they walk in. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I was getting to something with that. Yeah, exactly. I was getting to something you know, with that whole yeah. freaking what thing. A nice guy being Gene is. And I mean, that's that's a good dude. enough punchline, honestly. Nice, uh, super nice guy. I've met a bunch of nice breeders in the past, and I'm always uh, uh, impressed by those folks. I met a bunch of, um, I don't know, I've, I've gotten really lucky in life to meet a lot of really like uh, the top people in just random different fields, right? Just you know, as conversation or as friends or friends of friends or something, I've gotten to, to just shake hands with some really cool people. And the most interesting of those people have always been really super humble people. I've always noticed uh, there are some exceptions. You'll every once in a while, you'll, you'll get someone who is really, really, really legit, but is also a little bit cocky. That happens. It happens uh, once in a while. But most of the time, I feel like the people who are super legit just don't have to be cocky. And it's a, it's a, 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 a tell almost how good they are that they're just not cocky they're pleasant they're giving of their time they're uh yeah just good people you know what i mean yeah, yeah. there he I is the, the man himself uh sun Grimmins, i think you're gonna enjoy uh clackamas coot the man himself 
I still can't remember what I was trying to say, but uh, there was some point to it. It was fun to, to put faces to some of those names. Uh, Potent Ponics asked me a fun question. I was like, oh, you know, I have a different perspective because I've actually gotten to meet some of these people before. But it was like, was it fun to have a real life Instagram kind of walking around? And it was that like you get to see all these famous ass breeders uh, that I mean, people just see them on TV or they on cannabis TV, right? They see them on YouTube, basically. Uh, and they'll see them, at, you know, Emerald Cups, you know, from a distance or whatever, you know, Swami and Kevin, uh, 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 Kevin Jodry, on and on and on. A lot of those folks, uh, they have, you know, a million views on YouTube, whatever. But then you get to go to those events, you actually see them, you know, standing there in real life. It is actually kind of a funny effect if you've ever seen those people. Hell yeah. Um, you know, I kind of, it's really cool because like for the first time I was at like the harvest cup and someone's like, yo, you're smashed. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And they're like, they knew me from the show. (laughs) Oh shit. Like, that's cool. That was the first time I met, uh, Oh shit. You guys, do you guys know who his and hers grow is? Some people mm-hmm. probably know and some people don't. Okay, some people are nodding, some people are not. They have a pretty big YouTube channel, honestly, uh, but they are it. somewhat sporadic. So I feel like a lot of people still are subscribed rather than newer subscribers. But they have a great YouTube channel. If you guys don't know who it is, his and her grow, literally, man and wife. Uh, they run a, a legal grow here in Oregon, and they they showed the whole, and it's still on their YouTube channel. Uh, uh, because they didn't get, they managed to not get freaking taken down. Uh, they showed the whole build up, uh, and they've had to build up and build down a couple of times because problems happened. There was a flood and electrical problems and whatever. Uh, they grow basically from the beginning of the license until now when they actually have, you know, trays and trays of freaking fireweed coming out. They have a great channel. But I basically saw them at Costco one time, and I was just like, Hey, what's up? I didn't know if they wanted to like be left alone or whatever. So I just kind of, I, I nodded at him. And, uh, uh, like two weeks later we met in person. He was like, wait a second. I recognize you. You nodded at me at Costco. I was like, yeah, man, I didn't want to bug you, man. It's like, you're, you're getting the hot dogs or whatever with your wife, you know, like, I don't know. It's it kind of funny. Well, we laughed yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, That's it. No, it's kind of funny. Uh, anyway, he appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Sometimes that happens to people. Clackham's Coot. Welcome, my friend. What's going on? Uh, it looks like you were freshly at the ocean again. Welcome. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm trying to get over there at least twice a week. So uh, That's cool. That's lucky. It's not expensive. I'm moving there. So, or trying to move there. Are you? Yeah. Really? Hmm. You know, the coast is like, coast like is one of the places. Explosion. Yeah. Well, if you actually, yeah, Most, the majority of people in the United States do. The numbers are astonishing that live within 150 miles of the ocean. So. Dude, I was talking about the, sorry, I said due to you. Um, I, I didn't mean to call you dude. It's just a New England thing. Um, cool. So I said this the other day. I've been called, I've been called a lot He's been worse. called worse. Yeah. All right, cool. So I was saying this the other day and I was like, I met, I have met people that I've never seen snow before. And I'm like, I think that's like, how do you like, what would you just been in like a warm bubble? And West is like, I didn't see it till I was 18. And I'm like, oh, fuck Dude, you. There's a I lot did. of places in this world that do not have <laughs> snow ever. You know, like there's a lot of places it's in been Mexico part of my where life it for so never long. snows, you know, Central America. What is snow? You know, like unless there's a mountain nearby, there's no fucking snow there. Tropical islands in the Pacific. I mean, they don't even have rain. In, well, they have rain, but they don't have freaking hail or anything like that. You know, no frozen anything. It's, it's never colder funny. than like 65 degrees. It's a freaking bizarre to think about it. But and we uh, tell them, and I'm like, 
they're like, so you have snow. Oh, I was on playing poker one time on my phone. It was like, like digital. So you could see people and they're like, Oh, it's snowing. Let me see. They were, they were interested. And I'm like, yeah, right. it's snowing again. Like what the fuck? Is that funny? <laughs> and they're like, can, can my kids see? And I'm like, sure. I don't care. Like bring them with there. You just tell them the table not to swear. So basically we weren't swearing and they're like, let their kids see snow for the first time through my phone. In, <laughs> in Southern California, when the weather would dip, and very, very rarely below sixty, it was on the news. Well, better get your coats out because tomorrow it's going to be fifty-eight. I mean, <laughs> fifty-eight in Oregon in the winter time, it's like, hey, we had coats, man. You know, bring the umbrella, kind of thing. So uh, mm. it's all relative. I didn't. I never saw snow until I was twenty, and I was. And uh, I was in Germany at the time. So, um, but yeah, in Southern California, I mean, Christmas Day, 65 was kind of chilly, you know, kind of thing. So, right. Oh, Hughes uh, lives or lived, or at least his mom did, in Laguna Beach. I mean, <laughs> does it ever get below 70? I mean, I'm just curious. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think nope. so yeah. So. It was like Florida. I was just like, I don't know. I was made in snow, like, I grew up with it all, like, when I was little, the snow was over my head sometimes, like, five, six years old, um, and I went down to Florida in the summer, I was just like, oh, it's so hot, I'm dying. Yeah, I read, uh, I wanted to to ask you, Smash, I read in the uh, local paper that Boston had winds in that snowstorm of up to 45 miles an hour. Yeah, 50. On the Cape, there was some. On the Cape, there was some hundred mile an hour. Um, actually, Steelbird, who's that dude? Steelbird was talking about this the other day. Actually, there was a guy on the Cape with there. Is like he's got one of those tornado, uh, fucking chasing machines, like cars that like dig into the ground. And he's like, yeah, he was on the Cape and he recorded hundred mile an hour winds. Damn, that's a. It's about to get uh, real bad here, I guess. I, supposed to be we're, we're about to come through with that snow you're getting. It's going to hit us, too, I think. It's actually not funny. Potent, it looks like, is not going to be able to get home for the next uh, a week. Something like that. Like, he's stuck in Portland right now. He was going to fly to, I think, Georgia. But I guess he's now stuck in Oregon uh, for the night. And then probably tomorrow flying to yeah. Atlanta or somewhere. I don't know. I guess because Oklahoma is just apparently no go. There was an earthquake in northern uh, Oklahoma yesterday. Really? Wow. A town called Medford, same uh, yeah, up near the border in the north. So I don't know if that's anywhere. By the way, Coot, I want to get, I want to, what is this? I want to, you know, in a, in a uh, what is it, like a trial by combat or something? Or, you know, you fight for the honor of a maiden by combat or something. I want to throw down the gauntlet for Grant's ass. I mean, Grant's pass. It's actually nice. They have so many sushi places. So for anyone who doesn't know, Coot is always talking shit about Grant. He calls it Grant's ass. And he's like, fuck, have you ever been to that shitty? I mean, I don't even know how many different things he said about Grant's ass. But anyway, now to the point that I call it Grant's ass. But anyway, uh, I always thought of it fondly because on the road down, further down the road, honestly, it had a Dutch Brothers. So that's how I thought about Grant's past, basically. I I thought it has a Dutch Brothers. Uh, But then now it has a Dutch Brothers and an In-N-Out. So in my world, that's like fucking A-OK. But Apparently, they're also cool, hip town now. They have pancake stores. 
Well, not a pancake store. Pancake restaurant <laughs> store where you buy pancakes. Uh, pancake restaurants, uh, sushi restaurants. There was a weird amount of sushi restaurants downtown. Uh, or I yeah. don't even know if that's downtown, but it's well, where we I was. Down, we went down, well, actually, we went down not too far from where you folks were headed. Uh, we went to Brookings. And then in order to get over to Medford, you got to go down into California right near Pelican Bay Prison. So not quite as far as Arborville, but then you cut over to I-5. Um, I-399, I think. Don't, don't anyone take a trip based on my numbers because I could have it. But anyway, so I was down there and, and uh, came back up. Now, Medford, excuse me, Medford, M-E-T-H, F-O-R-D, Medford, <laughs> has uh, a uh, In-N-Out Urge burger. Okay, for people that live near an In-N-Out Burger, this is goes back forty something years. You take their bumper sticker, you take an Exacto knife, and it would say In and uh, In and Out Burger. On the, the burger was on the second line, so you cut off the B and the R, so it just says Urge, and then you leave the top line intact. So In and Out Urge, have that on the bumper. No. Sticker. Put some fucking almonds in here. Here, I'm gonna mute Wes because apparently someone was stealing the almonds. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a serious thing, man. What are you gonna do? Ginger Ninja in the house. What's going on, uh, Ginger Ninja? Uh, Go ahead, Coot. Sorry. Oh, no, I just say that was the first, you know, as a family run business. Uh, Started by a mom and a dad. and, And the story of that family is you wanna talk tragedy. They all got killed. A daughter inherited everything. But all her brothers, I mean, it's just really, it was horrible. Uh, drugs and, you know, I mean, you know, whatever. Anyway, so now the daughter, she's uh, very, very wealthy, obviously, because she owns the whole thing. It's, it's privately owned. Uh, it's not the public thing. Public, she owns the whole enchilada. And when they came into Oregon, they really were selective about where they were going to be. And there's one up near us here in Kaiser. I've seen that thing. It must be a quarter mile line out there. They got the in and out, uh, excuse me, uh, windows on both sides of the building. That's how busy they are. It's just a burger. I mean, fuck, give me a break. It's a burger. They're pretty good. They are pretty good. Yeah, good. That's like saying, that's like a saying a Parisian baguette is just a fucking piece of bread. Mm-hmm. It's like saying, uh, "Fuck, I don't even know what." You don't have it enough. I know. You're, you're unlucky. Here. Although apparently yeah. you guys have, I've never actually had it, but it's apparently really good. Shake Shack has a really good reputation. And what's the other one over there? It's like called like pineapple something or other, pineapple mango. The fuck, I don't even know. I don't know. It's some fucking tropical themed place that has burgers. Uh, hmm. Shake Shack is that the one you're talking about? I think, well, the, well, Shake Shack, I know, but, uh, uh, fuck, no, there's a place like they sell smoothies or whatever, and then also burgers. I don't and know. that place is supposed to be really good. To they only have like two stores, but they're world famous. I can't think yeah, of their fucking name. This will uh, determine whether you're a true, maybe not so much an Oregonian, but a Portlander. Portland has this old, old tradition of serving a fried egg. On their hamburgers, and not the kind where it's runny, fried Yo, egg, just that stiffer. Was good. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, I love an egg on the the burger. Like, but I'm with Coot. I like the yolk still uh, soft. I like the yolk to to you know. Yeah, like a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, I used to. There was a Brazilian like a diner. Technically, they were like a diner. Um, you go in there. They had all the Brazilian like sodas and stuff. Um, and they always had they, all their burgers had like eggs on them, like an egg on top. It was actually yeah. pretty good. And you were obviously drunk off your ass, so anything's good at that point. Man, your hair looks uh, crazy. <laughs> Samuel Olson is saying the Shake Shack sucks. Uh, I don't know. I don't have an opinion on that. I have heard people say that they like it. They call oh, it the East Coast In and Out. I guess I'll take your word for it. The thing that I like about In and Out, I just had it the other day, is that everything is just super, super fresh and well done. Like, it's, how do I say this? It's, it's like good weed. You know, like it is yeah. not that complex to grow weed. It really isn't. It's super simple, actually. Like really simple. Like a, a a child can grow good weed. I mean, obviously children shouldn't grow weed, but literally like uh, obviously 18 or whatever the legal age, 21 year old child could grow weed. If you basically like gave them a picture book pretty much to grow it, it's fucking simple basically. And they could, they could harvest it. They could, uh, uh, how do I say this? They could cure it. They could do everything. And if you don't fuck anything up, you could, but honestly, you could, the first time you grow, you could grow excellent weed. That almost never happens because there's so many ways that you could possibly fuck something up. Probably a million and three ways to fuck something up. You fuck up the curing, you, you mold everything, you grow the wrong strains, you do this wrong, you harvest wrong, all these different things. So in practice, it takes years. Or you buy a book from some fucking moron and get led down, you know, several rabbit holes and on and on and on. Yeah, that happens too. That actually, the dead ass, that happens. Yeah. We talked to a few people who got like misled by stuff over the years and they've told us like took them years to unlearn stuff and whatever else that happens. I'm um, a great unlearner. Oh yeah? Yeah. Uh, I've been I learned better on a hot dog once. <laughs> I've learned a lot of I've been learning a lot of people about bad uh, cannabis I have <laughs> my bad habits are I pop them still in Towel, paper towels. Oh, um, Jesus the seeds. Oh, yeah, wow. you don't need to do that. Yeah, Look, man. so uh, Jim, I I have the uh, I have your seeds going. But they might have got they might have got damaged. Nice, I, I know we were talking about it the the last time we talked. Replacing, uh, no big deal. Yeah, yeah. So they're just uh, <clears throat> they seem like I put I did them alongside with some other ones, and uh, the other ones are sprouted you know so I, I don't know i got like one tail coming out you know that's no. why i keep with the paper towel i peek in there <laughs> every morning i wake up and run to the seeds <laughs> be brave be brave <laughs> but no. i would probably be digging around in i'd the probably take i'd it. probably take all your b-grade weed and fucking i thought about this earlier i would i would be like our street weed is like way less than like any of your guys is like B or C grade. It's kind of ridiculous. Oh no, 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 no! When you see signs today, it was the, the cheapest I've seen it. I mean, but forty and fifty dollars an ounce signs all over Portland, all over Portland. Yeah, that's probably the stuff we're getting oh, like from Cali. Yeah, that that's honestly, yeah. it's it it all looks the same. Um, yeah. I don't know. Charlie was in New York with me and he seen some of the weed they brought and it all looked exactly the same to me. Like it was all packed up the same. It, like the dude, they all had the same, like exactly. Like, it was, yeah. it was funny. I saw the today. I saw $35. So let me do the arithmetic real quick here. 
That's five hundred and sixty dollars a pound. That's what the dispensary's getting. What did the grower get? Two hundred bucks. I'm serious. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's rough. I mean, that is. I mean, fuck. This is what legalization brought us. We're going to turn the prices back forty-five years. What's Good what's deal. that real expensive spice? Uh, what is it called? Is it saffron? saffron? Yeah, yeah, saffron. Costs more than gold. Yeah, saffron, ginseng, fucking what's that? What's that mushroom? Coot, the one that's oh fuck. Reishi. That's get that can get real pricey. Even in China, they like even like they look at how like straight it is and stuff. It's kind of weird. Yeah, and they also come in colors, and of course, that has more to do with the type of tree than anything else. Um, but the ring, you know, it looks like Saturn. So those rings can be different colors depending on the species of the tree that it's... Uh, and then also, you know, there is commercial production where you're inoculating trees. And so there's a difference between... Uh, in terms of price, between a uh, heirloom, I guess you call it, versus a, a, uh, a powder or an extract that came from one that was cultivated, I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying that within and and is actually the, the Japanese name. Uh, now I'm drawing a blank what the what the Chinese actual name is, but they wouldn't know if you said Rishi, they'd look at you like what. Yeah. Truffles. By the way, Coot, I hate to, to distract you with it, but there's something wrong with your mic. I don't know what it is. Uh, it's really like robotic and tinny. I'm not 100% sure what the, the problem is. Uh, if you're using your main mic, then it's probably off the right on. Thank you. Uh, by the way, cheers, Chris. What's going on, man? What's up? Hey, glad to see you're right. back. Welcome, in. Well, cheers. Yeah, nice to see you back. Just got done. Much uh, better. Cool. Night and day. My goodness, night and day. Just got done celebrating my kid's birthday. He's 14 oh, now. Yeah. Happy birthday, kid. Yeah. He's uh, um, I'm just going to look up. I was going to look something up on the website, but I forget. Always fun. I've seen you sneaking away at your in law's house. Yeah, dude. It was, uh, they were, they were wife busted me. She's like, what are you doing? We're like, no. I had one earplug in. Had you guys come on, a, come on an important phone call. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I was like, dude, it's like, I, I, and then the kids started fighting on the floor and stuff. And my wife's all like, aren't you going to do anything? I'm all like, oh, get up. So I have a question for Sun Grown, real quick. Um, what has been your, like, what's your, like, favorite like medium how do you mix your mediums and stuff like what do you compost and like what's your style i guess we could say so everyone so people that don't know you um so i have in my well on my property where i grew for years and years um bought the property in 2005 and we at first had kind of 
it was a makeshift gorilla patch and kind of the the way i learned was from a lot of the local hippies and there's a place called peaceful valley farm supply up in grass valley they were kind of the large organic farm supplier so we did a lot of stuff from there there was a a mineral mix called Sierra Nevada Foothill Mix that was specifically for our area in terms of helping to break up the clay. And so that was something that we would use particularly in the older when you were going directly into soil and kind of amending what were holes of rocky clay um, because we've got a very, very clay soil. So we do that. We do compost and then we do a lot of different teas. And that was kind of the way I was taught to do things. Um, we did that for years. We do cover crop. Um, by, I believe, 2008, I had um, leveled out a spot for those the 24 by 48 greenhouse that we talked about. And when we did that, we had dug down about two feet um filled in with gravel and with drainage so that we didn't have particularly because of the clay and we also have like a really intense shale once you kind of like grade out there you end up going into a shale and if you don't rip that and have some form of drainage you're just going to have a fucking you know yeah not a good scene for your uh, your drainage and your root zone and you'll have the the water become stagnant so we did that. We did infill with local native dirt um, from the property and then built up on top of that over the years with soil that we would always source from organic uh, Peaceful Valley Farms. So I brought in multiple truckloads of just, you know, the organic soil mix that they were selling. and. I'm wondering if it was called like a a coop mix or something. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think coop would approve of the mix. To be perfectly honest, it was decent it, for like time place. I think Peaceful Valley Farms was a. It wasn't like going to a grocery store in terms of like you know going down to the head shop and getting stuff there. There was really high quality inputs that you could get there and um and you could get them bulk it was more like an agricultural supplies place and so we went there and we got our cover crop and there used to be a really good seed supply place down in stockton and so we'd have tons of cover crop that we would put in mostly clover legumes vetch um things like that and that was that was the method you know we had our compost piles we composted our scraps i didn't really get into vermiculture until way too late and it was kind of right around the time the fire came through and our whole scene got like in 2015 10 years after we bought the property um uh the calaveras county had a massive fire roll through mm burnt my property i was basically like the southwest edge of the fire like mm. couple properties like adjacent didn't even burn but um so that 
that really messed things up. Then the county adopted regulations, and that also really messed things up. Um, then we adopted, or the county adopted a ban in 2018 after two years of regulations. Hmm. And I ended up in that time period becoming the director of uh, the local CCA. And so all of my attention really shifted away from cultivating, doing what I had been doing, like building up my my farm that I had been building for the previous decade and shifted into politics and dealing with that shit. So there was Which a nice is- 10 years of what I would consider a, a living soil organic compost sort of approach. Not, not with the knowledge, like I was reading those living soil or the organic, uh, icy mag threads back in the day and trying to pick up <laughs> things. And, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I had the knee meal, uh, mm-hmm. I, I would always, once, you know, you turned us on to Hemza, I was sourcing my, and I'm probably butchering the name, but, um, I'd source all my, my neem products for them. Um, I do, you know what, do you know what that word means? Uh, no, I don't. Um, it's a basic tenet of, uh, uh, well, actually three Hindu, Hinduism, Buddhism, and Jainism. And it's the principle of nonviolence. And because neem isn't a poison, uh, people eat it uh, on a regular basis. Um, it works in a different way. It's uh, birth control. It pre- prevents the organism from uh, eating food or digesting it. Uh, but anyway, so the... Uh, as you can see, it's it's a very very basic of uh, the three the Dharma religions: Jain, the Jains, the Buddhists, and the Hindus. Though they have, like the word Dharma has very different specific meanings in Buddhism versus Hinduism. They're not even though the, the word may be the same, it's not always manifested in in the belief system of that uh, particular path. But yeah, so anyway, that's where, and uh, Usha, who is the owner of that um, very uh, educated woman in both uh, Indian literature as well as Amer- uh, English American literature. She went to uh, English based English based schools when she was growing up. So then I asked her one time, so how in the hell did you end up in Twin Falls, Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, from India, my God, you know. And she said, yeah, it was a real learning experience. Yeah, you talk about never seeing snow before, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, yeah, her brother was in, uh, her family's been in the name business for 120, 130 years, something like that. So uh, there aren't any neem farms. There's no such thing. Uh it's it's wild harvested and then it's in, by religion and by custom and probably law only the poor are allowed to harvest the seeds and they take the seeds to what's called an aggregator an aggregator pays uh of the fair price for the seeds and um then the seeds are then 
divided by quality and size, you know, all the factors where it was grown, just like you would cannabis. And then uh, it's moved into what they call uh, processors that have pressed the oil from the seeds. And then what's left over is called cake or, or neem meal. And so her brother had that end in Mumbai. And then here she is in America. So she had a direct line, didn't have to go through brokers. And, you know, things kind of get gummed up when everybody's got their fingerprints on it. Um, and so this was big brother taking care of little sister kind of thing. So that was one of the reasons that she had such a high quality uh, version. Just like any other, any other, uh, like any other agriculture commodity, there's good, bad, and the ugly, you know, and everything in between. So that was definitely the top, top tier stuff for sure. Yeah, no, I totally, um, the, the local grocery store, um, they carried some and it was, I think it like, I don't know what the hell they had done to it, but it was like a white powder. It wasn't, mm-hmm. there was like, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. did not resemble no. any sort of like neem product that I had ever seen. Um, at, at the height, I was selling barrels, 55 gallon barrels of Caranja oil uh, and neem oil to uh, people down in Southern Oregon. And well, even my, uh, the guy that owns uh, Build a Soil uh, is. Jeremy Silva, mm-hmm. under license and agreement, I'm not giving away any secrets, you know, he would buy the barrels and then repackage it under, giving them credit, of course, but under the build of soil label. So that was good for her. She didn't, because it came into the States via the containers and barrels, then she would have to move it to a processor where it could be bottled and labeled and and by selling uh, the barrels directly to the user, uh, agricultural enterprises, uh, it was a lot, a lot smoother deal. So obviously the price reflected reflected that versus, I don't know how many cases, uh, a barrel is 55 gallons. So that'd be what, 13 or four, almost 14 cases, they're four to a case. Anyway, get the idea, four gallons to a case. So. Yeah, I put her on the map. She made uh, quite a business. Uh, and then uh, also I helped her on the Karanja, which is a, a, actually a legume. It's not a, uh, it means related to the mahogany uh, tree. And uh, the Karanja tree is, is more closely related to an alfalfa. You mentioned clover. So it's also a legume. And uh both trees can fix nitrogen in the soil like uh, the cover crops you discussed. So in that sense, they've been able to be grown in some pretty uh, not exactly optimum soils because they could feed themselves, uh, at least with the nitrogen component. So, um, yeah, pretty fascinating. Uh, uh, the Karanjas uh, might if you change the spelling and do I N Quran Jin J I N, that's how you find information. If you use the G A Karanja, that's uh, a Jain word, and the Quran Jin is the Hindu word. 
And so then you you get access to all the studies on its pesticide, fungicide, uh, and uh, growth enhancement properties. I, I call it uh, alfalfa on steroids because you're getting that same, like you do with alfalfa meal, you're getting that same legume benefit, but you're also picking up nitrification agents, uh, fungicides, pesticides, uh, all going, well, the same reason that you do cover crops, you're adding those uh, materials to create a living soil. Uh, sustainable agriculture, I don't like the word, uh, I'm getting off the organic bandwagon, it's too politically charged. And too many people with their own agenda wanting to misinterpret what the regulations are. So I'll use the word sustainable agriculture. So that's more encompassing, I think. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At this point, it's a certification that's largely meaningless yeah. in the buzzword. Yeah. 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 But no, so that that was really my my upbringing and relationship with uh with you were doing you were doing everything that a real uh whatever term you want to use i mean uh, other than the vermicompost i mean cover crops you're building the the uh humus uh level in your soil the tilth um not using poisons to extract a bigger plant just for the sake of quick profit so i you know you don't have to call yourself organic but i certainly would and uh i've been around this deal a long time not the cannabis thing so much but i've been around the, the organic deal for a few decades since its very beginning so um well there nowadays there's synganic and that's like a whole there's what like, synganic so if you can if you consider that yeah. If they can consider that he's organic, you know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, what do you think about when you hear that kind of stuff, uh, coot, uh, uh, or for that matter, uh, sun-grown myths? You know, coot is this uh, purist, really. I think he would say that he's a purist, uh, and he doesn't have to compromise, right? He doesn't grow commercially or anything else. So he doesn't have to compromise with any reason or for any reason. So he likes to, to, to how do I say this, grow the, the best way possible. And so he tells us, basically, you know, you can grow with barley, and you can grow with kelp, and you can grow with all kinds of wonderful stuff. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to add more calmag. You don't need to, to spray with whatever random pesticides. However, there's a lot of growers that insist for economical reasons, perhaps their investors are demanding something or whatever else, or they think that they're going to get more yield. They uh, um, juice the plants a little bit with, uh, or, or push them along with synthetic nutrients. Coot uh, or sun-grown, both you guys, what do you think about that? Is that a, a bad thing or is it a, a mediocre thing or what does it matter? Um, I'll just go quickly. I used to be very... Um, partisan and ideological in this divide. And my whole name, Sungrown Mids, is a joke. Um, I'm as much like, I believe indoor is atrocious and shouldn't exist. I don't believe that we grow plants indoors. No. Um, I can't agree with you, to be honest. Well, I, I mean, I understand why it happens, but on an agricultural scale in oh, particular, 
Um, See, that's the thing. In a hobby scale, I think it should exist. Indoor grows are actually delightful in a hobby scale. I would love it if everybody could grow outdoors. I'd love it if I could grow weed outdoors all the time. That would be wonderful. Uh, Hasn't been really an option at the moment. Uh, How do I say that? But, you know, growing indoors, a lot of folks can honestly do. You know, it's their their, their home, whatever. They can get away with a lot of different stuff where they live. How do I say it? I think it's an important thing that we get to have these little – plant kingdoms in our houses where nobody messes with us. We get to have our little magical plants and whatever. I don't know. Maybe that's just me justifying it or something, but I think it's really important. But like you say, on an an ag scale, it kind of horrifies me to think of like some warehouse in like downtown LA or whatever with weed in it. It's just like, dude, there's sun outside, you know, doesn't it kind of make your heart hurt? Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And, um, I, I understand that like efficiency is improving, technology is improving. Um, I understand why where there are applications for it. Um, you know, the entire and I'm not talking about cannabis, but like the Dutch agricultural world, like they've figured out how to do controlled environment agriculture and maximize just a incredibly harsh like one limited space to shit environment and they have a massive uh, agricultural uh, industry and economy there. So it has applications um, and, you know, that's, that's all possible. But I, myself, I've gotten to the point where I'm not, I don't really care too much about the other alternatives out there or like the ways that other people are doing it because it's inevitable and there's not really like i i have no control over whether or not people will grow synthetically or indoors um at scale and agriculturally and produce incredibly terrible cannabis because we see it everywhere and it's happening um and i can I can be mad and scream into the void, but like it just at a certain point for me has kind of moved past like wanting to even engage in that, like that battle that happened within the community. Cause it used to be, we were all in a like online forum environment and we were engaging with each other and having arguments about what was best for producing the plant. And in that context, like it was a productive and generative discussion. At this point where we've got commercial agriculture going on, it's kind of like whatever they're, of course they're going to be like doing whatever the fuck they're going to do. Um, it's more about giving people the tools and the access. And, you know, it's why it's great to have Kud on here and to have things like the regen conference, mm. just so people have the tools and the resources to do something different than that. That's what I think is the most important. Let me uh, just explain I see for a minute. Instagram, excuse me, uh, Instagram. Uh, uh, I see Mag, uh, International Canographic Magazine, which I don't believe they ever actually published one, but I could be wrong. Um, uh, Gypsy Nirvana, had two seed organizations over there, Seed Bay, which worked just like eBay, and then Seed Boutique. In Seed Boutique, we were breeders like Tom Hill, and I don't, you know, you know all the ones. Mm-hmm. And if you were a breeder, then you 
got your own uh, sub forum, your own little fiefdom. And within that context, you could, you had complete control. You could kick somebody off out of there, not off the board, because that was Gypsy Nirvana. Though I came perilously close more than once. Um, they could even go in and change your posts, make you look like an idiot. But okay, but out on the main board, there was a subsection called organic soil or something like that. And that thing used to average 24 hits, uh, excuse me, not hits, but posts a day, 2,400. And so I've, and so in some of these conversations would go on for weeks, if not months, a particular, say, a method of using liming agents to adjust pH and which ones, how they worked, and the difference between elemental calcium and calcium uh, carbonate, so, you know, that kind of thing. I don't think you're going to get the, well, I know you're not going to get that in uh, the social media purview because your post is basically forgotten in 24 hours because we're off to the next thing, whatever that thing is. And um, so not much ever really gets discussed. It's just the same uh, mythology that gets regurgitated and passed around as new, put a new wrapper on it and uh, we'll call it, I don't know, whatever. And get a couple of people that know how to run an Instagram account. And uh, yeah, you're on, on your way to, uh, you know, some kind of marketing, uh, you know. <clears throat> but, you know, it's funny as I've seen most of these people for years. I mean, it's just, what's that expression? You know, you can put lipstick on a pig, but at the end of the day, it's still a pig. So, uh, you know. Pretty pig, though. That, that lipstick and the makeup. You ever seen those pictures yeah. with the, or what was it, the sheep? I think they dressed yeah. up uh, super pretty one yeah. time. Yeah. yeah. But I, I want to address something that uh, it was being discussed. The quality of the weed, the quality of the weed today, and, and I can only speak uh, to Oregon and Southern Washington. It's, appall it's appalling. It is absolute fucking appalling. You can't tell me that, that if you're selling ounces for $40 retail, let's just move up the line. So what did the grower get? A buck and a half? $200, $10 an ounce? I mean, the broker's got to make some money. Mm -hmm. Yeah? I mean, I, I'm just trying to... The crazy thing in California is that you're still paying 60 70 and 8 but... It's just as bad. Like the quality is terrible. Yeah, it's like over and the here. farmer's still getting that dollar. This right here is sixty dollars an eight. I didn't get it for sixty dollars an eight, but that's what it's marked as. And this is so, mochi from Los Angeles. That means something. You were no, boy. By the way, me. I was blown the fuck away. Let's just fucking pause the 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 freaking cans or the microphones or I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Pause the stuff for a second. I'm struggling with words, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so I went to the, I'm not going to say which dispensary because I don't want to talk shit necessarily, but I went to uh, something that rhymed with schmookies that they had lots of, lots of something that rhymes with schmookies. Uh, they had all the strains that they have with the fancy names and the fancy advertising and the fancy everything. And the prices were fucking eye bleedingly high. Uh, yeah, of ended up spending some, some uh, good amount of money because he didn't have any weed, uh, you know, with him. 
Bought some hash. Bought so the hash was good. Honestly, the hash was nice. Uh, the flour was okay. Honestly, okay. Uh, when you'd grind it up, it would basically fall to a powder. So, you know, like a joint smoker, we want nice, moist, you know, like sticky weed, basically. It sticks to itself, like lights up, just kind of stays in the joint. You know what I mean? That stuff is like, I don't know, bowl weed or something maybe because literally it just, just kind of falls apart and you actually have to like Blunt squish weed. it together to make it roll into a joint. I'm not, I'm not fucking around. I'm not being an asshole. Yeah, uh, One of the strains like um, rhymes with Shmita piss. Uh, I should just fucking say it. Cheetah piss. Whatever. Yeah, uh, anyway, the, the flavor was nice on it. Honestly, it was obviously a good okay. phenotype. Like it was, it was, it was good breeding. It was probably a good cut. Everything else it was just grown swaggy. Like it looked nice, but it was dry. It was uh, uh, powdery. Just kind of fell apart as you ground it. You know what I mean? So that's an indicator to me that it wasn't a super. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know this for sure. I don't. We haven't had anyone. We we actually need a soil scientist on here, or whatever plant scientist. Before what I'm about to say is taken as dogma, I think organically living soil grown weed has a, a firmer, more consistent, like plant cell wall basis. I don't even know how to explain this. Basically. Yeah. Like when you grind it up, it takes more to grind it. Like it sticks to itself more. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. And the stuff that's grown with like salty, swaggy shit it's just hollow. kind of falls apart in a new powder. Am I wrong? On I that? Consider, no, I so consider it hollow. Mm. Like, I'll bet weed. Like when I grind it up or look at it, like, when you when you touch it, it just feels hollow. You know what I mean? I think, like, I think it doesn't get the care that we give it. Period. Like, yeah, I think of it's, course. It's, it like I said, it's early be, most of the time. Yeah, I, I think it's just like what we were saying on the last episode that um, when w- 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 home growers care more about every single point of of the operation when it comes to curing it. When it comes to taking it, when it comes to uh, pull, uh, touching it, like Growing I, like everybody, like he, I think Smash was saying that he leaves a little stem on his. I leave a little stem on mine, so I could just twirl it around and 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 trim it when I want to trim it. I leave every little one that has like a little lollipop thing. I don't care about the weight because I'm not selling it, so I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care about leaving that little piece of stem on there. So I love the nice jar breeder grower person that i know aside from those who are like bringing something specifically to show for like customers essentially whenever we're handing things around it's always like untrimmed nugs because we haven't gotten around to it exactly like like everything i've ever gotten from bodhi has not been trimmed anything i've gotten from like my friends when i go to these different events like Jackson, just, you know, that wasn't tightly trimmed. Like Maybe. the fan leaves were taken off of it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a farmer trim. Mm-hmm. Like we want it to look okay. Like we want you to know, like see what's in it and truly what it ha- like has in it. But we don't bag care of, about Bag of Peel is so overrated. Exactly. You know, I tell everybody, like... I tell everybody I give weed to, I go, I don't trim this shit. I just throw it into the jar. I, I do take yeah. the families off and that's it. And it exactly. has little bumpers and, and yeah. it keeps it separated from each other. And it keeps mm. it from crashing into right. each other. And the trichromes are going to stay on better. That's the I grower trim, man. Take, yeah. When you, hey, the- when you take it out to smoke, <clears throat> I tell them, when you take one butt out to smoke, you trim it at that point. And that's mm. when you trim it. Leave it in there. Don't trim it all and stick it back in there. 
I said, just leave it just I'll, the way I gave it to you. And this trimming I'll go spot back as my, you go. I'll go back to my favorite analogy. The ugliest tomato on this planet has to be the heirloom. They're wrinkled, they're split, you know, they got right. holes in them. By far the best tasting. That, yeah, you, know, you compare that to any other tomato grown commercially, indoor or outdoor, it doesn't matter. It's just the same bullshit. Which one are you going to eat if you're making a meal, not if you're trying to uh, sell a bunch? So it really comes down to what is your motivation. If your motivation is you're going to become a, a can of gangster and a, a marijuana millionaire, best wishes, man. Uh, it's a it's a really nice, uh, what's the word? Uh, it's a real nice fantasy right up there with, uh, you know, uh, Route 66 and... Teenage sex, you know, I mean, but at the end of the day, man, it's just, it's, it's, you know, grow what you like to smoke and fuck it. Uh, this running around chasing names <clears throat> boggles my mind. I just don't get it. You get grab, I mean, some of the stupidest shit I saw at IC Mag names. Really? That's the best you could come up with? I mean, I, I know I take a lot of shit for naming something to the one. Okay, granted, I didn't put a lot of thought into it, but I wasn't trying to, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I was like Dave Watson naming it the skunk number one, you know, or, uh, or whatever. Do you have a, a generator, a name generator app, like a, like yeah, a, yeah. a cultivar name generator app? Yeah. It's like a slot machine, you know what I mean? Like is that like the porn star name generator? What is it, your first like pet that, in the street yeah, you grew up on or whatever? That's going to be our strain the, name generator now, too? <laughs> <laughs> you got to you you smoke some of that Tiffany Sunrise, bro. <laughs> I, I, I want to I stress this. The stuff that everyone talks about oh, the good old days. No, there were no good old days. The majority of shit that came in from 66 till the end of imports and the uh, dom domestic thing took over, which was like, say, 82, 83, okay? It was kind of over. You had, all, you had 27 years. Go have a good life, okay? But the last shit that came in for this last several years, I mean, this Colombian shit. It was 30% seeds. Oh, I didn't mention the shake. There was another 15%. So half of it was just a mess. And so, you, I mean, the only time you'd be smoking and buy a joint or something, and halfway through it, the thing explodes because the seed was left in there. You know, it just, uh, it was just a mess. I mean, and even, and then, then this whole thing in California, they were going to show us how the boar runs through the buckwheat, you know, and then and then it started the names, you know, out of Arcata and and uh, that district, and then the guys in Oregon. We had dog shit. We had so was Slammer, you know, uh, neighborhoods, you know, and so just just the last monkey what? balls, donkey dick, everything. I mean, <laughs> I I. Uh, I just remember the first time I saw a picture of cookies at IC Mag. I swear to God, I thought it was from the Onion magazine. It was satire. And, you know, I was like, this has got to be a scam, man. This has got to be a fucking scam. These buds weren't any bigger than, you know, the, my, the end of my little finger. So, well, but it just proves it. 
going back to what Fumi was saying about the, uh, you know, when it like crumbles in the dust, mm. I mean, like when it gets super cold here, like when it freezes, you know, it takes all the moisture out of the air. It's a, uh, I mean, it, it's a shame, but you, you know, leave a, leave a jar open on accident for just a little bit. And you know what I mean? It's like, damn. And even that, even the, the, the like dry time. Colorado weed, I want to say like, um, I don't know, Tanasi or Pedro or somebody stopped by when we were there in the, the Indo Expo or something. Well, it was at Tanasi's house, but I want to say somebody had just like basically organic weed that was dried out. And even that wasn't crumbly in the way that I'm describing. Like, I know what you mean. It's dry, it's crumbly, it falls apart. You can just kind of, you know, paste it. But the stuff that I'm talking about, like, it just, I don't know, it was sticky. I don't know. That's the difference. So the main thing I find is there's a difference between the resins. When you've got the, um, and I'm sure there's plant matter differences as well. You kind of mentioned how it just, a lot of times, poorly grown salt and even well-grown salt-grown cannabis, just it lacks substance. Whereas um, everybody that I know who is producing hash that I consider top-level hash. And I will say that is one area where California is doing all right in terms of the quality of what the commercial experience is for the end-use consumer. Um, and that has mostly to do with the fact that most jurisdictions in the state don't want uh, volatile solvent extraction in their jurisdiction. So there's been a lot of, like, They'll allow, I believe it's a type six manufacturing license, which is solventless. So that's why there's so much solventless in the state. And then there's other things like taking diamonds and sauce and creating those two things together is a metric nightmare. So a lot of the like volatile sort of butane based products just aren't very feasible um, in the California market. So we've seen a, a lot, a lot, a lot of really good solventless extraction. Um, and the best producers that I know of are people that are producing, you know, KNF, modern farming, living soil, etc. Um, Booney Acres up in Mendocino, they produce some incredible uh, flowers and concentrates. They they placed at a number of the different uh, Emerald Cup placings last year. And I have I know those cats, they produce some incredible stuff. Um, the, my homie, Landhammer Farms out in Calaveras, he produced, he grew the ice cream cake that took first at the Emerald Cup last year for live resin um, or rosin. Um, and uh yeah he's he's placed a number of other things and so the people who i know who are producing in that sort of method and are really focusing on producing for resin are just it shows in the end use compared to what you see in the flower market where it's kind of a race to the bottom and there's not an emphasis on quality and you'll see 
lots of flowers without very many glandular trichomes. When you actually look at those nugs that you're getting, it's all stalks and no heads. Yeah, they're all shredded off because of the, you know, the, the tight trim. You got to have it tight trim, you know. It's been machine processed. Right. It's been overdried. It's like all of the different factors have come together to basically produce a product that essentially what you're smoking at the end instead of a nice resinous nug is just some salt-based plant material. That's it. Like, yeah, this 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 stuff right here, man. Let me tell you, it's it's okay tasting, and it's okay. I mean, it's just okay. This is mochi, and it says that it says twenty eight point uh twenty eight total, twenty eight THCA, twenty seven THC, uh zero point one on the CBD terpenes or three point eight. Um, and this was packed. Oh shit! Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah, it was packed. Uh, eight twenty-five of last year. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, you'll see that so much uh, across yeah. the board. Like the flower market is terrible out here in California. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's not to say that you can't find quality flowers from some producers who are really taking the time and the effort to produce that, but. That's not what you're going to find if you just go into a cookies and pay $60, $70 for an eight. Um, you know, I got, I don't want to put anybody on blast, but I got some stuff at a recent event and it was name brand. It was big, you know, hype shit. Fucking gunpowder snap crackle pop in the joint like i was oh, not man. about that and, and man, you gotta call them out it. man if it's if it's real it's real i don't want to be buying that shit you got like if i go in there and buy that shit you come and tell me later on that like oh yeah remember when we were talking about that was that shit i'll be i'll be pissed off that i bought that shit you didn't tell me that it was a snap crackle pop what 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 shit was snap crackle pop well, I mean, it's fucking some salt-based, fucking unpurged, just disgusting. Like it was, it was bad. It's from the 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 actual pepper is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. It's from uh, too much PK that they don't flush, right? Like if you put too much, uh, uh, maybe I'm fucking getting that wrong. Tommy, do you know what it is? Nitrogen. The, 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 the like snap, nitrogen. crackle, pop, where the joint is literally like I think it was phosphorus. No phosphorus, um, yes. I might be wrong on this. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? I may be way wrong on this. Is it? Um, on. I mean, no, I, I, I know what, you know what I mean? I know what it tastes like. I'm snapping. I mean, I think it's like, could be a lot of things that uh, make it crackle. It's been a while since I, I'm well, it can really crackle from just being dry, <laughs> I suppose so. But, you know, when you get that, like, peppery pop, 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 that crappy uh, flavor, and it does kind of, it's not like a firecracker. I'm not trying to describe that, but. Yeah. What about spider mites? Do they crackle when they're yeah. smoking? Yeah, they do. Oh. They do. They taste fucking gross. Yeah. And don't ask me how I know. Um, Point being is that that's, that's not uncommon in the flower market, whereas you'll find in the resin market, in those concentrates, a lot of the people who are producing high-end concentrates are producing pretty, pretty clean resin that is 
you know, worth smoking. Um, other than that, I don't think there's anything on the rec market these days that's worth smoking in California. And I, I you know, I, I say that as only somebody who observes what's going on and will get shit like that. Like I, I get samples from rec weed, but I'm not out there like going to dispensaries and buying it or anything, but, um, I see what's out there and it's not good. Um, and the, yeah, that I've been pleasantly surprised about how the, the hash culture has developed and it's kind of the only bright spot in California regulations. Hmm. I think the, all the, all the shit's all fear fucking. That's why it's all shitty. We heard that several times during the weekend. Uh, uh, Kevin Joder was talking about it during his talk. A few other people were basically talking about how a lot of times the quality weed is stepped on 15 times. And then at the exactly. end of it, you have, you know, pretty swaggy crap at the, at the, yeah, you know, the jar. Yeah. yeah, it's basically BC, but after you get it, that's what it looks like to me. Every time I get anything that's that is like some supposed to be good, um, it just looks like like it's BC, but like it's been like uh like all the tracks are completely off and like all you only tracks you got left are the ones that are in between and and that's it. You know, it, everything's rubbed off already. You that's what this shit looks like. Yeah, this machine looks trimming. Yeah. God. Um then so machine trimming doesn't eliminate hand trimming. So they put it through the machines. Then they have an entire team of people who then go in and do the fine trimming. And then they've got a, a jarring or like crew that puts all the product, like sizes the nugs. But the sizing of the nugs oftentimes isn't like a careful thing. They're literally dumping it through different sized screens to make it mm -hmm. so that nugs fall into different areas. So they're just fucking, you know. I guess what you're saying, it's not exactly Woodstock. <laughs> there's, there's literally no freaking crystals on this fucking bud on the outside of it. Mm. Like, seriously. I mean, a lot of people like, don't know anything. I mean, it smells you know good. I mean? And they, they like just going to the store and buying a cute little bag. And you know what I mean? Yeah. So. That's true. There's always be a place for that too, you know? Yeah. I but I would say if any of those people happen to be listening, uh, go get some hash. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> problem with hash is that it's such a. Oh, go ahead, Chris. I was say, how can we just don't um, educate the smokers to be like, why don't they just leave it untrimmed and give us See, a little bit more? Can I address that? Because I think appeal, probably. I think that the criticism that I've made is misdirected. It isn't about the growers. It isn't about the brokers. It isn't about the dispensary staff. It's 100% customer driven. They want shit. So right. if that's, you sell, you, you grow and you produce what sells. You're not here to educate people. You're here to produce an agricultural commodity for which uh, you're getting more money than any other goddamn crop on the planet. Uh, <clears throat> as far as, I mean, if you have an acre of weed and you know what you're doing, 
you can you can grow a lot of weed. Uh, I mean, unless you're unless you're an idiot. Kind of cracks me up, man. Like there were a few producers that were talking about stuff, and they were like award-winning producers. And I'm not making fun of them, but it is a strange paradigm, honestly. Like you know, I say this is a little bit from the outside because you know I'm not a humble farmer and whatever. You know, how do I say this? There were a couple people who were like, "Oh, you know, you folks know me. I grew you know 250 pounds, or I grew 300 pounds, or I grew uh, you know 350 pounds, or whatever." And you know, if it was good weed, that's that's a reasonable, respectable amount of money. A lot of us can visualize that can be a fair amount of money, especially at the right time and so forth. But at the same time, if that person were talking about tomatoes, we would just fucking laugh at them, right? Like, yeah, oh, I grew exactly. 200 pounds of tomatoes. Right. Good for you, cupcake, <laughs> right? Right. Really, or, exactly. you know, it's kind of a bizarre thing, honestly, isn't it? Um, it's an yeah. artificial, uh, it's an artificial uh, commodity. And, and the only reason, the only reason that there's the money, the amount of money, is because of its quasi-legal status. If it were truly not decriminalized, completely legalized. In other words, there's no more concern about you growing a wheat plant than there is Roma tomatoes. You you want to grow cherry tomatoes or Roma tomatoes or, or a cannabis plant. I mean, when it gets to that point, then you'll have, because right now the people that are making the money are the ones that wrote the laws. They're the ones that have the money to buy out the state legislators and the regulators. So if you look at who benefits from this structure as it is right now, I mean, the broker and the dispensers are the ones that are making bank. And correct me if I'm wrong, Fume, but isn't that just the Oregon? We're a small state. What, what isn't the annual gross for the whole? Oh, it's massively oversupplied. Yeah, 100%. Well, no, I don't mean like that, but the amount, of, the amount of money that's involved, the, the gross, gross revenues uh, at all stages. I mean, it's it's close to a billion dollars. We have more people in Orange County, California, than you do in the whole state of Oregon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... I don't know. There must be a lot of smokers here or something. Oh, I mean, it's since I was a kid, people used to talk about weed was uh, Oregon's closet cash crop, basically. Like it was yeah, the yeah. biggest export out of Oregon, bigger than logs and salmon and you name it, wheat, yeah. whatever else. Grass seed, we're huge for grass seed and stuff, although Washington's bigger, but even still hazelnuts. Weed was bigger than all of them. But that was, of course, under the table. Now it's um, semi above the table. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Um, but no, I, I just being up in uh garberville this weekend i lived there very very briefly as a kid um so i've been i've been in that community in the late 90s um really at the end of the quote-unquote timber wars when the humboldt was shifting from a logging timber economy much more to a cannabis economy um and that's not to say that for years people hadn't been growing but the shift really from 97 onward what really ended up filling in was cannabis in a large way and there would i would go up over the years and it was popping humble was doing good southern humble was doing great the economy the everything was lively it was going on um Going up there this weekend, it was depressed. It is not the popping life. It really is. 
thriving community than it was five years ago. Even five years ago. Yeah, I was I was at the Emerald Cup and uh, High Times Cup and some other, maybe Chalice. I don't think I was at Chalice, but I was at some other event basically down there. And that was, I think, basically 2017, 2018. So, you know, call it four or five years ago. And then, of course, a couple of the California fires came and that, that didn't help things. But even still, uh, there was, I was, I think I was down in Humboldt County maybe three years ago or something. I think it was in uh, uh, Santa Rosa or something. Still wasn't, I guess we didn't go to Santa Rosa this time. But so, anyway, there was a completely different feel about all of Humboldt County, I have to be honest. Like, except for Eureka that has a bunch, well, Eureka and Humboldt Arcade have other stuff. They have the, the university and they're, you know, bigger towns, whatever. But like all the weed communities was very, very, very different. Literally, the town, Barberville, there was almost nothing left to do. There was no grocery stores practically. There's no bar. There was one bar that was open that we could go to. Uh, how do I say it? There was basically no restaurants. That's something that caught me completely off guard. Like uh, at that show, there was pretty much like one or two places to eat, basically. Uh, how do I say it? Everything was fucking closed. And it was all closed because all the weed business has been sucked out of there like a goddamn vacuum. It's crazy. You don't think about this stuff from the outside. From the outside, everybody probably thinks that the weed business in California is just absolutely gangbusters. And, you know, for some businesses, it is gangbusters because when you go to the dispensary, it's 70 bucks for an eighth of swaggy ass weed. 70. So some people are obviously clearly making a bunch of money, but it's obviously not those uh, uh, local, you know, hill farmers and so on. They've apparently been pushed out of it. Yeah. Two things have happened. One, a lot of those hill farmers weren't able to get a license. So they're just not, the, the number of people operating is just far fewer. And two, the people that are operating are operating at a much larger, much more consolidated scale. Those and, stacked licenses, right? That was the big freaking, uh, 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 who yeah. likes to call it a canard or whatever, and perhaps yeah. I'm using it incorrectly. They were supposed yeah. to have small licenses only to allow a craft community to develop, uh, I think, one acre parcel, something like that. And then someone decided conveniently, hey, you know what? You can stack those parcels. Yeah. So even though they're one acre parcels, you could have 3,000 of them. What's the and, difference between a 3,000 so acre farm? You know? was hmm. California strategies could alluded to this and we we literally know who the people are and can name them and run down exactly what happened in the state of california um jason adler is a consultant he a, a political consultant and lobbyist he is a very close friend and you know politically connected through gavin newsom the uh, French laundry um, debacle, you know, when he went and broke COVID mm -hmm. protocols and had his uh, his whatever party. That was Jason Adler's um, uh, birthday. And I could be miss uh, messing up his name if you go to my Instagram. I posted about it not too long ago. But um, California Strategies was the lobbying firm that he worked for. They worked on prop 64 and got prop 64 passed um they then did lobbying because prop 64 essentially just created like a a broad framework it didn't get down to the specifics and it allowed the legislature to do a, like a follow-up trailer bill to like write everything out and really get down into the nitty-gritty one of the things that was in there 
in the actual in Prop 64 was this acre cap or one acre cap. That's all you could have. If you were going to get the maximum you could grow, it was only going to be one acre. What ended up happening was in the trailer bill, they eliminated that. And the way they eliminated it is they still capped that one acre big uh, license type. You can only have one of those, but you can have infinite uh, smaller license types. And so people were able to stack as many of those as they wanted and have literally put together, you know, tens and tens and tens of acres of canopy. And so those folks, California strategies, that lobbying firm ended up opposing with uh, Steve D'Angelo or Steve D'Angelo. Um, he and the lobbying firm that he had hired opposed the acreage cap because the acreage cap and here, oh, Jason, yeah, I did get his name wrong. It was right up there. If you scroll back up. Um, but um, Jason Kinney, I believe his name is. Um, so, and yeah, Jason Kinney, this is the dude. Um, their lobbying. This guy's unironically responsible for a lot of people's hardship, and that I met, uh, or I have met in, in uh, Northern California. A lot of people have met in Northern California. You know, say what you want about the the you know hill growing community and whatever else. I think a lot of those people just they had a right to do what they were doing. Yeah, and um, honestly, from um, this dude is. He's from California. He's a, a he's a Sacramento lobbyist. Right. Oh, so he's he's from here. Yeah. Mm. But the main like looks like a delightful fellow. We had a. Uh, I bet he has an apple. <laughs> in um. In California, we had a thriving um, like the rural communities of California. Up in Humboldt, up in Mendo, Grass Valley, Calaveras, where I'm from, we had thriving small communities. And if you go into those places now, you're not going to see that. If you look at the number of licenses that exist and the number of cultivators that exist in those areas, it's in the dozens where it used to be hundreds, if not thousands. And the number of people who are employed as a result is just it's evaporated and the way people are employed because the economics of this thing, it's no longer people from the community who are getting, you know, really, really good wages and having like the best job in the community essentially, because you're working at a grow. I mean, fuck trim Wooks used to make a fucking killing and that's not happening. Instead, what's happening is, People are getting paid minimum fucking wage. And the cannabis industry is just a race to the bottom across the board. So, um, yeah, it's it's really hurt small rural communities in particular. That sucks, dude. I, I, I don't think it should be like that. And 
Um, I think one of the things that we're going to have to do uh, as a community is that we're going the small farmers um, are going to have to rally together and get their own lobbying firm to uh, go for their interests. That that's the only way you're going to be able to deal with it is fight fire with fire. You can't fire fire with with uh, with giving them fuel. You know, you have to actually fight it back, and um, that's the only way it's going to be able to change. I don't see any other way because there's nobody else is going to do anything about it. the consumers not going to care. Consumer is, is 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 okay with getting finger fucked weed. So, Honestly, by the way, I speaking mean, of the opposite of that, I need to say that just so I can start the fucking joint already. Uh, thank you, Captain 420, for this nog. I believe I got it from him. I'm pretty sure this is uh, Bob Hemphill hash plant. It's very rubbery. Anyway, back to you. Nice. Uh, that, yeah, everything Bob brought in was incredible. And um, yeah, that, that in particular. Yeah, Hey guys, I got, I'm gonna have to get off. I might buy take it off, man. Cheers, yeah. dude. Have a good Sun one. Grown. It was good. It was good. Uh, whatever, you know, virtually meeting you and uh, hanging out and chit chatting a little bit. But yeah, I got to I got to put my son back down to bed. Cheers, man. Uh, everyone else, You're done. Have, have a good one. Uh, until next time. Good night, brother. Good, right. good meeting you, man. Good, good night. night. Good All right. Later. Uh, back to you, Sungro Mids. You were talking about, uh, well, we were just bullshitting about whatever, but you're welcome to say you were finishing your thought about. Uh, Lobbying. Uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Bob Hemphill's. Um, Bob Hemphill came through with his hash plants and they were, they were special. Um, I know that everybody there, uh, Je- Mean Gene, um, Kev, my, my buddy Bam, Bollywood Bam, a couple others were, we all either were there together or came together and um, put our noses in those jars. And the Red Lab hash plant in particular was, it was phenomenal. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's work that's special. And it's definitely, it's potent and sedative herb. but it was it was really good to see him. I I'm friends with Bob. I haven't seen him for like I think four years now. So it was great to see him finally. So Bowden and I were talking about this on the way down, and I don't know that there's any. Um, I don't know. I didn't hear anyone say anything that, that there's any movement on this. Uh, um, Tate Potent's words to the bank, I guess, at least for this. He said that this next uh, year, although now, now that I think about it, a few people kind of confirmed when I would talk to them about this. They were like, yeah, this is, this is the reality. That this next year is going to be make or break for any future for craft weed, basically, in California. That if this next year they don't fix the taxation regimen or regime, whatever, uh, that it'll basically be full corporate for the foreseeable future, basically from, from here on out, is that basically true? And is, if that is true, is there any hope that it's going to change or is this, uh, I don't know, is it a foregone conclusion that it's just going to be gigantic agribusiness? What is it? Um, that's what it looks like. 
uh, it's possible that people can survive. Um, but what needs to happen is there needs to be <laughs> the elimination of taxation on cultivation. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, no other agricultural commodity is taxed at the point of cultivation. You don't tax tomatoes, corn, <laughs> any of those things at the, like, in Calaveras, they've got a, a uh, square footage-based canopy tax and a lot of places have this and so at your local level you've got mm. a square footage canopy tax but then at the state level you also have a canopy based tax so if you're a farmer you're getting taxed twice and this is essentially before you've sold a grant mm. you're getting hit particular it's significant tax bills too we're talking about you know tens thousands sometimes even millions of dollar of tax bills um before dollar one um so that needs to be eliminated it just it doesn't make any sense then there are too many barriers to the market for small farmers um this has to do with the fact that we created a distribution system that is a bottleneck and so you have to go through these distros and there's also a there's not enough like there are more dispensaries in Oklahoma than there are in California. So, and Oklahoma mm. you know, has like a third of our, you know, not even like they've got a fraction of our population. Um, they're literally like any of our, any one of our many urban metropolitan areas. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and we need to have farmers be able to do direct sales. So that's a possibility. And that's something that needs to be allowed. And then um, other than that, everything's fucked, you know, like, because right. it, it, like the main thing, one thing that's about to come online is a, the mega permit. So I believe next year, the five acre permit is going to come online so one of the things that's really going to fuck a lot of people is that if you're a small farmer and your farm can't be expanded to five acres your ability to then sell your farm during the consolidation when like it's happening right now but when there's a massive consolidation and all of these small craft farmers are forced out of the market and are forced to sell their farms, they're not even going to have buyers. And it's possible that these large conglomerates, MSOs and different large capitalized entities will buy them up. But it's also possible. There are people who believe that a lot of what's happened is a an intentional real estate play because there's a lot of incredibly valuable real estate in Humboldt and Mendo that is owned by a lot of fucking pot growers. And a lot of those pot growers aren't able to fucking they either have small and if they're forced to sell at pennies on the dollar, that would just be a terrible thing for those big companies. Yeah. And it's so just cynical enough to be true. Yeah. And like if you look into if you keep scratching down that rabbit hole, um, uh, Zelig, he came up, he 
probably said had the best line or well i don't know there were some good lines you had one as well for me but um he he described me as a rabbit hole hunter um but if you uh go down that rabbit hole a bit further you'll in terms of uh jason kinney or whatever you'll start to find real estate interest that's involved and people that are involved in wineries and large land holdings in Sonoma and up the 101. And yeah. California, if you took California by itself, it would be in the top 10 in terms of economies around the world. And the number one... Okay, five. Um, and if you took all the commodities, excuse me, all the industries in California, and that's every, including media, nothing comes close to agriculture. Nothing. Uh, the weather, you most many, not most, but many parts of California grow all year round, and and they do. Uh, the desert's still an untouched resource, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, until he had desalination plants. But anyway, all I'm saying is, in the whole scheme of things, it doesn't surprise me that you're going to have agricultural and real estate interest in the cannabis in- industry because it just fits like a glove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, go down to... Uh, Santa Maria and figure out why there's so many goddamn strawberry fields. You know, it's like the epicenter of strawberry production. Santa Barbara. Smells good, too. Yeah. It's not Um, like those cow pastures down 99. Yeah. (laughs) Cowlinga, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Cowlinga, yeah. But... um, Quite the opposite. (laughs) I... My opinion, it doesn't matter because I'm not going to be around that much longer, but, you know, think about it. Maybe this thing will go back to being true craft growers, where it's about your ability as a grower and not, you know, when will I have enough to buy a Ferrari you know, kind of thing. And maybe that's, maybe we, because it was really my generation that brought all this about on the scale that it is maybe we didn't think it through too well because it it seems to be like it's tiger by the tail and uh you know my favorite line is you know this isn't woodstock anymore you know we're not just all sitting on a cliff looking at the pacific you know what blows my mind that uh uh Jimi Hendrix had a deal that he was supposed to play last, basically, but the show was yeah. so fucking delayed that he played on Monday morning after everyone left. So that well, legendary yeah. set, there was like a couple hundred people in the audience. Uh, yeah, that was Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah, Monday morning. He did the uh, Star Spangled Banner with his teeth. Pretty cool. That's crazy. So remind me again. Remind me again on this. So... How many people have died from cannabis? No, nah, but that's not the, the point. The bail fall on their head or something? But those, that's like, not the point. The so, point is no, that no. it's a commodity. So, it's this, remind it's me again money. why it's taxed so high. Oh, because they didn't even get away with it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, but that's why, the I mean, why, why, 
Why is it tax? Think about this for a minute. Okay, Oregon does not have a sales tax. So if I go buy a brand new something and spend $50,000, I don't pay a penny in taxes. But cannabis, and Fume can correct me, but it's somewhere around 27 or 28% sales tax. It's ridiculous. And the county might have a tax on, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't do dispensaries, so I shouldn't say anything. I just know the taxes are insane. If I go buy $100 worth of weed, then I got to drop another $27 on uh, mm-hmm. taxes. Um, the main reason is because the political argument that's or like deal that has been brokered is tax and regulate in yep. exchange for the ability yep. for a certain segment of the population to no longer get arrested as long as they follow the regulation. Oh, right. so blackmail. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, Jasmine. <laughs> and it's also about like things like what happened at the Emerald Cup, things like what happened in like the experience that are being articulated by the farmers up in Mendo and Humboldt, or what I, you know, what we experienced when we went first interfaced with regulations is that the thing that we did our practices, the way that we did things, like the reason why we're not able to like make it into this new system is because what we did doesn't conform to the way that this system operates. And what I mean by that is, and this is a crazy thing, uh, UC Berkeley did a study and they found that the Number one predictor for where a person grows cannabis is whether or not their neighbor grows cannabis. Mm. There is no other, like, it's just clustering in proximity. They, mm-hmm. There is nothing other. And when you look at it, it's fucking bumfuck nowhere. It's way the fuck out these dirt roads. It's Bell Springs, Spyrock, Hover Road. All these, you know, the San Juan Ridge, like but Bear Creek, all these, we've got all these different names and we know of all these different places that have developed these reputations for cannabis because we all clustered in them and we all mm. have our little like communities and none of the properties that we went out to were necessarily zoned for agricultural production. And then they put these regulations into place and they said, oh, Zoning and local control will, or local control in the form of zoning powers will be devolved down to the local jurisdiction. So the city and the county have the ability to determine all zoning. And then they pass these local ordinances saying, oh, you can only grow cannabis if you're zoned X, Y, and Z. And X, Y, and Z is oftentimes not how we're zoned. And so now all these farmers have just been kicked out. Just massive and that's just the first layer of cuts and it's been cut after cut after cut after cut and it's our yeah like our practices and how we did things doesn't conform to this system and when people want to grow the way that they've grown traditionally like being able to do a living bed, living soil and all these different things 
in the regulated system creates all these additional hurdles mm. where it's like because you have to have a plot plan and your canopy is specific to you know all these different things so if you dedicate more space to you know to things that aren't just monetary here's my my monocrop row hedge sort of agriculture then mm. it creates you know cost and it just it's such a race to the bottom so yeah that's that's what we've experienced well i don't know but you yeah saw, uh, you saw it coming you saw it coming 45 yeah, not longer than that 47 48 years ago um this thing was going to just go crazy, and it did. I mean, come on. $3,200 a pound. Give me a fucking break. I mean, that, and that stuck around for years and years. Dude, I paid it. For some, yeah. some super fire OG uh, in Humboldt, yeah, that's what you would you would pay. Yeah, you I know. I'm that. just saying that that couldn't last forever and didn't. No, I mean the first year we went legal here in Oregon. I mean the price was kind of bandied about the twenty five hundred was or twenty four hundred, so buck fifty an ounce. That was kind of like the one that was you know being talked, and because of a whole bunch of reasons that we don't need to go into. Some of them fires and smoke and blah blah blah. Hey, the price dropped down below five hundred, eighty percent drop. You, you take any agricultural commodity. And take that industry, whatever it is, oranges or avocados. Hey, we're going to whack your, you're going to get whacked 80% of your revenue this year. I mean, they, it would be a collapse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do that while creating licensing and taxation that, yes. that yeah. communities right. never had to deal with. And so, yeah. So it's, Steve, Colton told me the other night, because I asked, I don't keep up on this. What does a, a license in Oregon cost? And the big license here is just under an acre. It's 40,000 40, square feet is the big license. There's a second one, it's a 20,000. But a 40,000, he's told me, is about a quarter million dollars. I couldn't believe it. So paperwork, just paperwork on what is probably the one of the cheapest licenses, doing everything ourselves, not no consultants, no expensive anything, literally doing our site plan, everything on our own for a nursery license, $30,000 bare minimum, just in terms of applications and submitting yeah. paperwork. Yeah. And that's doing all the work on your own. And that doesn't include actually doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, so, that's so, where can I get the small business loan for that? Well, exactly. And you have no access to loans and credit. What? You don't no. get no access to loans or credit? So you have to have the money already with you? Yeah. Now that sounds very inclusive. Yeah. Super and inclusive. You yeah. need to look at who wrote the laws. Well, totally. Yeah. And it was written by. Yeah. People Sean in the industry, they were going to get, yeah. yeah. Might have been lobbyists. They might have been the front people. 
that part doesn't matter, but their agenda got heard and our agenda didn't. Mm-hmm. That's the beginning and the end of it. The Alpha and the Omega, as they say in the Bible, you know, beginning and the end. All they're doing is promoting the the traditional market. That's what they're going to do. Because I'm telling you, man, that 26, 27% tax, um, people are going to be like, uh, I don't want to pay that crap. And it's just going to promote the traditional market. That's but most people, do. but most of the voting public aren't stoners. They, cannabis is a recreational thing. Once, twice a month, you know, blah, blah, blah. Go to Vegas, you know, get some weed. This isn't like a daily thing. You know, let's start off in the morning and finish up it, you know, before you go to bed. That's just, that's not how it works. I think it will work that way when people figure that it's not alcohol. Yeah, but the problem was, was like in 2016, everybody knew it was going to get like whatever got thrown up and put as the thing in front yeah, of yeah. the voters was going to pass. It was yeah. a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um, and I remember the day when it happened, um, when the secretary of state, like took their, uh, OMA as it was known at the time, the adult use of marijuana act. And it, everybody knew it fucking sucked the air out of the room because that was submitted and it was submitted with like they had money in the bank and it mm-hmm. was a significant i believe it was 50,000 or 100,000 is like an initial check that came with the pack behind it and they yeah everybody knew when Sean Parker uh founder of Napster and early investor in Facebook tech billionaire put that check down and put his name behind it. Everybody knew that that was the thing that was going to end up on the ballot. And everybody knew that it was going to pass. And and it's because the average voter doesn't know like the intricacies or the dynamics. They don't care. They don't care. Exactly. Yeah. They were like, (laughs) I mean, legalization fine. And they thought everything. Like, thought that they were like doing a solid to the grower yeah and like yeah yep. we did it and like where i where we were uh, like we were all opposed to 64 and yeah, everybody my- voted against it and like the the pro exactly. vote was for the custody and there's yeah. a lot more custies than there are uh, there is it's no, no my just, it was exactly the same way he told me, he said, do not vote for that shit. He told me exactly, he said, it's going to fuck, it's going to fuck its uh, patients up. Um, it's, it's, it do not, it's not a good, it's not good for the patients. It's, it's, it's going to destroy the patient market. It's going to destroy everything. Do not vote for it. Yeah. No, I know it, family it, it really, that's one thing, immediate, well, Calaveras is a unique shit show, but, um, we had um, January 1st, 2018, Prop 64 went into effect and was like the law of the land. Eight days later, some shit, or seven days later, 
our county banned cannabis after being one of the first counties to get out in front and regulate it. And so, you know, I've been growing cannabis since I was 16, since like 99, 2000. And trimming since I was a teen, or preteen even. And here I am, and we just got legalized. And it's for the first time in my life, like, I can't grow cannabis. And I, I just couldn't because... I was doing, I was the head of the local cannabis organization. And if I were to violate or flaunt the local ban, it was like guaranteed I was going to get busted. So it was just mind boggling that that's what legalization meant or whatever the fuck we want to call this thing. Yeah. But I call uh, it decriminalization. Because that's yeah. what it is. Legalization would be legalization. You know, exactly. it's wide open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, pr- I promise you that the powers that are pulling the strings on this industry, that's the last thing they want is everybody who wanted to just grow as much weed as they possibly could. That would devalue cannabis. Mm-hmm. If, everybody, if everybody didn't have to worry about, it's legal here in Oregon. Every household, you, you, you know, you got to worry about the high school kids in your neighborhood more than you do anything else. You know, you're not going to get your plants taken down, uh, turned into early buds. Maybe that'd be like a, a new, a new uh, variety, early buds. Harvest at, harvest at the end of June or something. Yeah. Um, it, it, when you go into the dispensaries now, I was in one with, no, I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get him in trouble. Um, I thought it was a joke. This mediocre weed in jars. I didn't realize it was from the uh, propellers on the machine processors that was knocking everything off. And then something that glowed like electric Gatorade that was CBD beer. It had a light behind it, you know. And it was like I was at a uh, a carnival, you know. Where's the cotton candy? And uh, you know, we're, we got the 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 Java juice over here, you know, the CBD beer. Um, and you you want money from me? You want twenty five dollars? So I can come back and do this? Uh, I don't think so. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want a membership in anything. Much less went to a what do you call it? A dispensary. Oh, I thought this was muted. I don't know if you guys picked up anything. I was downstairs. No, no. All right. Oh, were you were you describing a garden? Because we didn't hear anything. No, no, I didn't even describe my garden. There's too many guests on and stuff. I just <laughs> showed it off a little bit. Cheers, bud. Sorry, we're muted though. I had to water. I didn't, thought this computer was muted. I was like, oh. <laughs> One of the problems we have here in Oregon, at least in Portland area, no, I saw them in Southern Oregon too. These companies that have extremely high number of branches, operations like dispensaries. I mean, it's That's crazy. Oh, okay. So all you can't, there is no local growers here. When we opened up, 
they can only buy like weed from the unestablished their 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 established dispensaries at the time. Now it's another established dispensary in Massachusetts. The licensing here is pretty much you need to know someone to get. So <laughs> there there was no way to get it. You know what I mean? I'm in Boston. Yeah. We're a lot more fair here. All you have to have is money. Connections well, yeah. don't really mean much. You know? <laughs> if you got cash, you're dancing. Okay. Everybody reinvents themselves out on the West Coast. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, that. Well, all you got to do to be a goddamn consultant is just say you are. Get some business cards printed up. And you know. Yeah, Buford and uh, Buford and Rufus uh, Consulting Firm. You know, there you go. Uh, anyway, it's, it's it's funny. It's uh, kind of sad because you know there are people that I knew that were like third generation growers. Their great their grandparents left San Francisco, for example, at the end of the Hay Ashbury scene, and ended up in Oregon and became growers in the black market, whatever that meant. I still find that term interesting, if nothing else. Traditional. Yeah, yeah, traditional. Yeah. Traditional. Now they call them, uh, yeah. Legacy. And, and they're gone. Yes. I mean, you know, their they're kids and grandkids, the grandkids, they finished it. I mean, they didn't finish it. It got finished for them, is all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, you know, mega farms. Plus the black market farms. I mean, the FBI has been called in along with DEA. That's always a good development. Have them wandering around Oregon and Washington looking for uh, cartel grows. Oh, yeah. Uh, slavery, literally slavery. Not being paid is slavery. Uh, some really like criminal shit going on. You know, it's uh, it's not all groovy and really good, nice buds, dude. You know, it's uh, those days are, you know, ideas with chachos, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, San uh, Bernardino, I was watching Rates in San Bernardino, San Bernardino, I can't even say it. San Bernardino. Yeah, yeah. San Bernardino. Actually filed uh, bankruptcy, county. by the way. But go ahead. Uh, they fucking, yeah, it was all cartel stuff. They said oh, that yeah. if they... If they tried to get to them all in one day, it would never happen. No. So, yeah, across the state in California, there's a lot of different areas that have, even now, I mean. Modesto. Yeah. You got, I mean, there's yeah. multiple places in the Central Valley. You've got uh, the, yeah. the places in SoCal, like you were mentioning, that have been raided um, up in uh shasta area siskiyou county um, has a lot a lot of grows out there and yeah it's one of those things where it's almost impossible to get a handle on it and never happen it's one it's like it creates an impossible situation for the in-between the type of people like you're talking about where they've been long time intergenerational cultivators who have probably been 
in that traditional gray area, probably did medical once it started happening. And then now they've been like zoned out or like, you know, boxed out of the system. And so, but they were good actors. They were probably the best actors in terms of like the kinds of people you want to be involved in this because they, we were doing organic practices or sustainable practices prior because we were into high quality cannabis and a lot right. of it came from like a back to the land sort of ethos. Yes. Right. And now you just got like corporate people who only won't care about money and are just going to make a ship product and use whatever chemicals they're allowed and get just under the legal limit. It's right. not that it's not present. It's not that they don't use it. It's that it's under the legal permissible parts per whatever that they're allowed to have in the final product. So you'll still get some of these nasty chemicals. They'll just be in low enough concentrations to pass through testing. So, yeah, that's that's the reality. But it also, you know, there's... I think there's still hope or we talked about and have mentioned home grows like that's where the action is. That's where people have the opportunity to explore and do things. Yes. And, um, you know, like Jay plant speaker, um, check out his stuff. He, like he will. I'm using, I'm using his, uh, uh, product Mm -hmm. from Chile. Um, Oh, the new quinoa one. Yeah, uh, no, it's not quinoa. It's a different plant. But uh, Jeremy had built his soil. Yeah. I, it has his name on it. Like my uh, the gnarly barley product has my name on it or something. I'm not named Black of his cube. Anyway, uh, yeah, I, uh, I've i been a big promoter of saponins for a long time. And nothing was ever like this concentrated. And uh, it performs as I know saponins can, and it's like almost like a fertilizer. I I don't like using that word because it brings up all kinds of silly uh, thoughts and people, but it's it's an agent that promotes growth. How's that? And does so, uh, and and really healthy growth. So if uh, you know him, let him know. I wrote a really nice review for him, uh, for the product. stating that when it came to saponins, this was as good as it gets because the the amount was like an eighth of a teaspoon per gallon. So like two ounces would do uh, a 55 gallon barrel of water, you know? So uh, yeah, really uh, unbelievable product. So that's right. And I hate using this word, but it's natural. You know, it's just... uh, (laughs) Just yeah. Okay, think about this. Reetha nuts uh, from India are twenty-five percent saponins, so two hundred fifty thousand parts per million. Okay, this product is sixty. To, it depends on a couple of factors, but sixty or sixty-five percent. Imagine that. So that's six hundred thousand or to six hundred fifty thousand parts per million of saponins. So that's why you get such an uh, incredible benefit from such a tiny amount. And it's about the uh, consistency of uh, like 
semi-finely grained salt, sea salt. Mm. You know, a little bit smaller than table salt. You get, you know, but you know what I mean. And uh, I just uh, dilute it with hot water, and then I fill. I make it a gallon at a time, so I I put in like maybe a cup of hot water to uh, uh, hydrate and dilute the product, and then I fill it with with uh, clear water, you know, cold water. Yeah, it's a great soil soak and a great uh, spray. It it uh, destroys the ecoskeleton system of insects. That's the benefit of applying it as a foliar. Mm. So. You can use it on your uh, any plant in your garden, your tomatoes, today, and then go pick and eat tomorrow. Uh, Saponins uh, deconstruct that quickly. So, you know, simple hydrocarbons. Anyway, yeah. yeah. yeah have that's get, awesome. Have them score you some, you know, for your home garden, you know, for your tomatoes and, you know, whatever you like to grow in your garden. So, it's really effective. Good stuff. Yeah, no, that's that's high praise. And also, I mean, if you're not following Jay, the plant speaker, do so. Guy puts just tons of free game out there and really shows you how you could take 12 plants. And he's in a terrible environment for growing things like right. really high desert. It has very low temperatures, very very intense temperature swings and uh, challenging challenging yeah yeah and so he's able to in a controlled environment in his uh his hoop house and you know he his struggles are really give you an idea of what you, some of yours may be smash um in terms of greenhouse like follow his like his travails and you will know the travails of maintaining and he does it well, and he grows 12 plants in a single large greenhouse and just blows it up. And if you can grow six to 12 plants and just use that as your like your method and your remedy, so many people have taken on his advice and have seen the results and are using his products because like like Coot's saying, his, his Q product is really... That's know. it, Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with a Q. Mm -hmm. It's obviously a word. It's a native... Yeah. Uh, uh, native uh, Indian uh, tribal name mm -hmm. uh, for the plant itself. But yeah, highly, highly, highly recommended. I mean, absolutely good stuff. Actually, there's a nice interview with it, uh, Jeremy Silva on Build a Soil on his channel. Uh, maybe like two months ago, did a, a whole program with uh, uh, the plant speaker. So uh, if you you might want to watch that, probably get a lot out of it. He covers really good points and stuff. So uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I'm over there. I'm over there too. Two and a half hours of my uh, blither blather, but uh, yeah, he's been doing. He's going to do some of the seeds that uh, my associate created with uh, the T.O. and a Hawaiian that dates back to 74. So uh, that should be interesting. Yeah. All the genetics arrived in the United States. Uh, the latest one was uh, 76. All the rest were between 70 and yeah, 76. So yeah, 52 years on a couple of them. Yeah, so 
Nice. Yeah. You see, that's where the that's where the, the thing fell apart, man. So who can come up with the goofiest name? I mean, and not just the name, but like just shit, shit plants. I mean, come on, you know, this thing wouldn't get a fly high. Uh, fuck. I mean, and I the name doesn't mean any shit to me. Things get misnamed all the time. You know, and stoners are like anybody else. They'll tell a good story. Oh, yeah, this is, the, you know, this is from the brother-in-law of the importer of the, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they always like a good story, man. Fuck. But, yeah. you know, it's like in that movie uh, With Honor, Pesci says at one point, hey, when it comes to human relationships, we're all used car salesmen. You can believe that you can uh, accept the promises, just don't buy the warranty. And I mean, that applies to everything, uh, you know, uh, romance, uh, weed guys. I mean, yeah, they're all really groovy and neat, but at the end of the day, they're trying to move a product, you know, trying to uh, hopefully you'll be a, a happy enough customer. You'll be back to buy more, you know, kind of thing. I don't know that trying to grow like 50 acres is going to benefit anybody other than some really weird forms of shit you put in little cartridges and put them in a special pipe that you buy, you know, at the dispensary, that kind of crap. Or my favorite are these, uh, I kind of figured it out. I had to think it through. So tell me if I'm wrong. So these things called, uh, what do you call them, Tim? The concentrated stuff? Extract? Yeah, $100 a gram, right? Hash rosin, probably. Okay, so all right. So, so let's let's discuss this for a minute. So that's four that's forty-five thousand dollars a pound. Now, okay. Uh on that I believe two things. One is I believe that people are charging that, but I'll leave the other parts really into this. So basically, what I understand then is you take mediocre weed. And you use things like uh, terpenes like D-limonene or pinene, alpha or beta forms of pinene that enhances the flavor and also pulls the terpenes out of that material. So basically, you're dosing the material to get uh, to achieve a specific flavor profile. Am I wrong on that? It depends, um, but yeah, some some people. Yeah, it depends. Okay, but that's a, that's a way. That is yeah, a that's, that's that's all the cartridges and shit you see are like that. So okay. that's the stuff around okay. kids going. They, okay. they still go for a hundred dollars, sixty dollar half. Okay, okay, that is my point. So all this talk about, well, you know, you don't understand. Uh, you know, this is all top shelf. It's fabricated. It's like the equivalent of factory made food. It isn't like real food. The top shelf, uh, the, actually, the top shelf hash, uh, the California, ironically, does have some top shelf hash. So, for example, uh, um, Potent was able to buy some overpriced flour and some reasonably priced hash. Actually, he didn't even buy the best stuff that, that was available. It was actually all right. Smelled it. Yeah. Uh, I think I had a dab. He had yeah, a couple dabs. See my point, though. Hash but, scene but, on there. But 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 you're using 
You're using uh, terpenes and terpenoids from other plants. No, no, hash rosin is uh, well. Okay, single that's source. That's a different one. Yeah, be, uh, that's different. You know, that's washed through a bag and then squished in the machine and so on. Very hands-on. So that 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 scene is actually vibrant in California. It's kind of funny to see in Oregon too. The downside is that it's horrifically expensive. It's it's stupidly expensive. A hundred bucks a, a jar for a gram. You know, it's it's really a luxury product for most people. You know, of course um, it is. So yeah, hash rosin takes a little bit more work than like a BHO or like a dissolate, like you're talking about. So what you're really talking about is more like the dissolates coming out of like the extract industry. They're just they're just packing on terpenes and calling it a blueberry car, a peach cart, or whatever. Hash rosin, like yeah, hash rosin. You take the hash bags, you make the hash, Thank you. Thank you, you put it into another bag and you squish Thank it. Thank you. You made my point. So. You're making it's like manufacturing a food item. So you're making strawberry jam, right? Well, let's say that you get a load in that isn't up to your normal standards, and that happens in food manufacturing. So what do you do? So you use so you can put on the label natural flavors. So you enhance the uh, the strawberryness. Is that a word? The strawberryness uh, of this batch, right? So that you don't lose strawberry. Yeah, I mean. That's all I'm saying is, is that is that the things that are used in food manufacturing have come to the cannabis trade because somebody grew these plants through no fault of their own, whatever. The season, I mean, you know, all the shit that goes on in agriculture. You can still turn it into a profit for somebody. I'm just not sure that it's the grower that's getting the profit. That's all I'm saying. No. The, Definitely not in California. It's either the dispensary or the distro that's making the money Thank you. in the state of Thank California. You. Thank you. Yeah, that's the way it is here. Yeah, yeah that's the way it's no. become. Yeah. But around here, I mean, we're just starting to see $30 eighths. And like this. You come to Portland, you can get a whole goddamn ounce for $40. I mean, uh, it's dropping down to thirty-five. I mean, some of the numbers I'm good, hearing, the, the weed isn't even all that bad. I mean, how to say it? If, if you're going to compare it to the seventy-dollars stuff that Potent paid full price eighths for, I, I mean, I don't see. No, that. No, you don't understand. If, my position. be frank with you. My position is, I would rather teach somebody how to grow, yeah, how to put a soil together, more and not go fucking nuts. And not go become, you know, put a lifeline between he and uh, we be growing stuff over on 82nd Avenue. You know what I mean? I mean, it's not it's not rocket science. It's just growing a plant. That's the thing. You know, you know? ironically, I shouldn't say any more than that. But ironically, not too far from where you just said there's a garden uh, very much inspired by your teachings that you would be very like you'd, you'd pat them on the back. You'd really it would bring a tear to your eye every time I've seen it. I, you know, honestly, I get people, I get messages from people that go back to 19 or 2010. You go, Hey, I met you online at blah, blah, blah. And they're not trying to become can of millionaires. They just want to grow some good weed. They had other things in their life, like whatever it was. Yeah. Not, uh, I could give a shit less about commercial growers. I mean, they've got the money. Uh, They don't need my help. Uh, if they can't make it, they'll buy it. Hmm. That's the way it works. Uh, I wish him well, but I don't want to help. 
you know, I don't want to talk to them. <laughs> I, I mean, they're just like, they're from another world. Yeah. They yeah. just got money. That's all. They don't have any soul. They don't have any like history of, of, of weed. Just, uh, you know, not all of them. You know, I met actually a couple of cool uh, cats this weekend. I have to be honest. Uh, I'm talking. I don't want to say the brand. I don't want to say the brand, but the dude actually was uh, was uh, halfway chill. Honestly, one of the brands that you have talked a little bit of shit over. Uh, they've of course changed over a few times in staff and everything, whatever. And I guess I met their head grower, their new head grower, or whatever. Dude seemed like a pretty chill guy. He seemed to, to know weed. He seemed to uh, smoke it well, you know, with everybody. You know, I say like he actually smokes weed. And I don't know what to say. Uh, seemed like a chill dude. So anyway, I mean, well, bits and Fritz. kind of stuff. Pardon? Dits and Fritz. Dits and Fritz. <laughs> That's as specific as I'll get. Anyway, yeah, I got brand. Uh, no, I wish him well. I just, uh, I mean, it amazes me. This really, one thing that like stuns me is almost down to the month when it became legal here in Oregon, I can only speak around Portland. The number of retail, uh, grocery stores just, I mean, this sword came down. Off it was, fast, yeah. Oh, yeah. fuck. I mean, places. One of them was one of the original three when there, when there were only uh, three in the early 80s. This store was one of those. And they're now relegated to a place that's maybe 1,500 square feet hmm. in one of those horrible parks behind, you know, that no one knows that. There's a street called that? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the, uh, the Garden Spout or what? No, no, I'm talking about, uh, you want to talk a stupid name in 1983 when I got started? Oh, the Halide. Halide of Oregon, really? That's the best you could do? And light then, bulb. Uh, we sell yeah. light bulbs and light bulb accessories. <laughs> that and, uh, like 20 years later, they became uh, American ads. Oh, geez. Um Yeah, every, uh, every grower over in uh, Felony Acres or felony flats over in Southeast did business there. Uh, and then when uh, the hammer came down and the DEA busted all the grocery stores that one day, all across the United States, every one of them mm -hmm. at the same time at the same day, Operation Green Merchant. Mm -hmm. Here it comes, man. Welcome, welcome to uh, a new world order, man. Fuck. <laughs> And of course, UPS jumped in. They were only too happy. Here's your uh, POD proof of deliveries, like as in who signed for the packages. So there was like three thousand uh, cases that developed out of that. And you can imagine if you're in the middle of a divorce and there's a custody yeah. issue, and uh, you know, uh, it was really a bad time. Trying to get a mortgage, something, you know, yeah, all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, I mean, remember, Oregon voted on uh, legalizing marijuana in 72. It was decriminalized and said we were the first state to decriminalize it. So you've got a, almost 50 years of people don't give a shit about weed in Oregon. It's just, I mean, they never thought it was going to turn into this. But, I mean, it's always been kind of a, you know, shrug your shoulders. I mean, if you were doing something stupid... You know, like you get drunk in a midnight USA and start shooting the shotgun off, you're probably going to get a visit from somebody who's pissed off. You interrupted their night shift. 
you know, and, uh, you know, they'll probably, pr probably do the whole, what do you call it, full court press, you know, you know how it works. Act like an asshole, you get treated like an asshole, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I do that's that to be the case. If you, if you act like an asshole, you are often almost always treated like an asshole. Yeah. Well, yeah, throughout the 70s, it was, I mean, obviously I wasn't alive. I'm just, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, reading, um, it it's interesting because it, and my mom has told me, uh, you know, in the Carter administration, people thought like there was a trajectory and legalization yes. was around the corner. And yep. um I've been waiting Reagan. since 69, but you know. yeah, yeah. And like Reagan just like destroyed any any oh, God, yeah. that. And yeah. uh, the drug war ramped up and developing into Operation Green Merchant. Um yeah. Todd McCormick. What was his problem? Reagan. I mean, yeah. What was his, what was, what was the your fucking problem, man? man? Jesus Christ! No, yeah, that could, sum, what that could sum up the last forty years of American history. What the fuck was that guy's problem anyway? No, it's not the, it's not the find man an answer to that. If you could find an actual answer to that, you would explain Indian, so much. In any administration, you got to keep in mind it isn't the person who's sitting there <laughs> in the chair; it's who they hire. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who, or, who's who's staff? Spencer Tucker Fourth the fourth. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. Oh shit. No, so since you said that name, his name was like fucking Carlton Tucker or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. In, oh yeah. University of Mississippi created the um their marijuana facility um, right. in right. 1969. Right. And 1970 was when um uh the CSA was passed, the Controlled Substance Act. Was right, passed. exactly. So, essentially, all cannabis right. knowledge, to the extent that there is like institutional, like co-signed knowledge in the United States, was that was the place. And Carlton Tucker was the person who was largely in charge of it initially. And he... Um, it's a fucking wacko, first off. Like, let that be said and, like, acknowledge. The guy was fucking out there. And if you go back and read some of his comments yeah. and some right. of the things that he supported and did. Yeah. But um, he was the major proponent behind Paraquat and spraying yeah. Paraquat. I remember um, that. He also had a patent on testing for paraquat right nice and convenient there and you also had at the national level this organization that was anything but the national organization for the reform of marijuana laws normal mm -hmm. you know they had an office on k street you know they hired uh, the right people out of dartmouth and yale and harvard and it was staffed you know uh yada yada and if you look back at what they accomplished it was there's zero and then there's less than zero i don't know is that sub-zero yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, no, it was no, a joke. No, you're right you're right and that's that's the thing that i didn't know like growing up as a kid and hearing it from my mom where she was like we thought in the carter administration we were on the like 
legalization yeah. was right around the corner. Well, yeah. the reason legalization didn't continue on that trajectory in the Carter administration was specifically because normal, um, and I think it was Kenneth Stroop. I could yeah, Kenneth yeah, Kenneth Stroop like yeah, yeah. Um, he ended up. He basically outed a top level administration member for Playboy interviewed him or like kept trying to get him on the record for an interview yep. saying that this administration member did coke at a party. And after the Carter administration stalled on something he wanted, he basically got petty and spiteful and decided to let Playboy run with the quote saying like, I can neither confirm nor deny whether or not dude was doing coke which everybody understood to say dude was got doing coke all access everything just all movement towards legalization died when normal did that yeah then we got reagan which just completely created like oh before that though i mean let's let's give some credit where credit's due high times magazine was always out there. I mean, getting everybody pissed off. Oh, the trans high market quotation. Oh, I'm paying too much for an ounce of Canadian butt hairs or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. that one. Uh, bogus article. I love bogus, that thing. Uh, bogus pictures. Great. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's true. And that's something that... Um, it turned into a joke. Well, and yeah. it, it became... It was so... Continuing on in that trajectory, in um, 1987, the uh, High Times Cannabis Castle issue comes out. Yeah. And I can't remember the DEA's agents. I think it's John Sullivan or James Sullivan, something along those lines. But there's yeah. a DEA agent who is sitting there flipping through the High Times and mm -hmm. He sees Cannabis Castle. He sees Neville literally counting out hundreds, all oh, the yeah. cannabis yeah. on the table, him describing his entire operation and yeah. how he does what he does and how all of his money is coming from the U.S. And that inspired Operation Green Merchant. Yeah. Then in 89, um, October, I, I think yeah. it is. Sure I was. Black Thursday. During the World Series. Yeah, they just, they hit everywhere. They hit yeah. in Seattle. They hit, and people like, they hit across the country. So some people on some parts of the country got like a little heads up, like, hey, I just got hit by the DEA. Hey, I just got hit by the DEA. Yeah. What the fuck's going on? And these are grow stores. Right. They're not, like, this isn't grows. These are grow stores. And most of their advertising was done in High Times Magazine. You know, mm -hmm. George Cervantes, the author of that book, uh, he had a store right here, uh, right off the 205, uh, Interstate 205. Um, I remember it well. So he would write articles that would appear in those publications about what to buy, and he was selling it. That's how we ended up with the metal halide and the high pressure sodium lights. Uh, you had to get both, you know. Uh, 
I mean, if you wanted to grow real weed, you know, if you want to be a real weed grower, you'd have, uh, you know, two systems. So, uh, but you get the idea. I mean, this whole thing was a scam from the word go. Uh, the first brands, okay, the first brand that came out that appeared in the grow stores in Seattle and then Portland, there were two in Seattle, EcoGrow, you know them. And then in Portland, you had three. Uh, see, all three are gone now, but anyway. Um, they were just making bank selling. If you say you were in Missouri, where are you going to get it? There wasn't a grocery store in St. Louis. You had to get it online. So this is before the internet. You had to do it the old fashioned way. Credit card. Oh, credit card. You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so, you know, money orders and God forbid you'd ever send them a check, you know, get your phone number ad, you know, all that bullshit. So, and uh, I mean, a lot of people didn't understand the level of fear that ran through the whole part of growing weed. If you went with the way that George Cervantes told you to do it, you had to go through a grocery store to get these items. And so the first product was General Hydroponics. They were the first ones that got slotted in the grow stores. The second one was Dynagrow uh, and Dynabloom. And then the powder stuff, the EcoGrow, they had three parts, grow, flower, and micronutrients. Wow, these guys had it down. And it was in a powder form, so not much in the way of shipping charges because the amount you put in a gallon was negligible, right? So there's no uh, shipping way. You weren't trying to ship gallons of water. So... And also part of that whole crazy story, because like, that's totally true. There's Jorge, George Cervantes in Portland. There's, um, there's Steve Murphy up in Seattle with some shop. Um, There's a whole host of other, um, but one of the craziest parts that kind of ties a lot of this together is Neville and them had a recipe for fertilizers. And they had a local distributor, uh, local, I mean, a U.S.-based distributor, um, who was operating out of Louisiana. Uh, His name was Ray Kogo. Mm -hmm. He's, um, he, he was like, somehow he met Neville. He became their distributor and Neville would send him seeds he would then fulfill orders from all the different customers when neville would either send him the orders through the mail or fax them to him he was doing all this order fulfillment here in the states he was collecting addresses of all the different people that were ordering in the united states over a series of multiple years um i believe from like 87 on to 89 um he got busted neville paid him like fifty thousand dollars it paid like paid for his legal and was helping him out and like they maintaining a relationship with him he had gotten a formula from neville and was also as part of their deal selling the ab Mm bloom formula that Neville was using back in Holland and 
he was given like the rights to distribute it in the States. They then, they being Neville, once this guy's caught up in jail and like facing charges and they're paying for his legal, they then start distributing or move, make moves to distribute the AB formula in the States or something along those lines. He gets mad and decided to turn uh, a cooperating witness. He hands over all of the addresses that he was supposed to destroy. And every little bit of these details is documented in his affidavit in the Mm -hmm. cooperating witness um, Mm -hmm. court documents. Um, Todd McCormick has gone through all of this and he shared the documents with me. He had gotten them from another person who used to go by Coop on the forums, um, Gnome de Foom nowadays on Instagram. But um, yeah, other people became cooperating witnesses afterwards. There was additional mm. um, people who got busted in the area based off of their, you know, mm-hmm. their receipt right. um, ended up becoming cooperators. And yeah, and it that that and Todd has made this point to me, and I think he's totally correct. Like that took it an extra level. Having those addresses from the grow shops, that was an indicator. But it turned out that a lot of or not a lot, but a certain percentage of those were bad leads because other human beings in the world grow things indoors. And so sometimes they would raid orchid growers or different people who were doing other things. But those lists that they had from Kogo were just devastating. It gave away anybody who ordered seeds from the seed bank for multiple years. It was thousands and thousands of addresses. You can literally see it in the uh, in the documents. Um, yeah, and and it was over a bullshit fucking mm-hmm. you know chemical nuke fertilizer formula and distribution rights that was literally part of what gave up the entire you know made green merchant green merchant you know yep. green merchant was bad but like it was some whole other shit because of that well you can imagine tom alexander mm-hmm, mm-hmm. had his magazine uh sends me a tips it was a quarterly and then you had cervantes who was an author and plus had columns in High Times and, you know, some regional stuff. So that day that Green Merchant hit Western Oregon, you can imagine they hit it hard. I mean, they didn't send a guy like me and, okay, uh, up against the wall, motherfucker. You know, I mean, there was IRS, there was DEA, there was state police. You'd have thought that. You know, the the Patty Hearst uh group that kidnapped her. Anyway, uh you you know, like like real terrorist or something. And um I can imagine what they were like in, in like remote areas of California. Um, you know, a community store kind of thing. And some of the big operations in Oakland, I mean, wow. 
uh, yeah, there's a, there was a lot of pain to be spread around. I never, and like I tell people, man, I don't forgive and I don't forget. And I don't forget the amount of fear that raced through. And everybody was worrying, is the next knock at the door going to be for me? Because you never knew where your uh, address, how I got into that. I didn't know what a data bank was. You know, my God, this is 1988 or 89, whatever it was. I remember it was during the, the World Series. Yeah. And I got a phone call from somebody that said, you wouldn't believe what's happening. I said, what do you mean I wouldn't believe? believe what? And he said, yeah, all the grocery stores been hit. <coughs> yeah, and they took, so they hit all the <laughs> and they took all of the records. It right. was like they, they went in there and it wasn't just like they literally grabbed all of the um, oh materials, yeah. Yeah, like all merchandise data and all that yeah. as the basis for and and all the other records for IRS right. purposes. And that's yeah, absolutely but um the intention of it was the guy was reading the high times and said, Okay, what we have here is a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. High times is a it's providing the grow, the it, it's advertising all the grow materials and where yeah. you go and get that. It's yeah. advertising where you get the seeds yeah. and it's writing all these stories about the activity. It's saying how much the commercial market with the trans high America, whatever. Um, yeah, market quotation market. Yeah. yeah. It's doing all the things that's facilitating a drug conspiracy. And the intention was specifically to target high times, Sensamia tips, grow stores across America, and seed specifically Neville, um, producers in Holland, get all of them at the top level and use that to then target everybody. Right. Throughout and at the very least, you know, deterrence, all the other ancillary things, instilling fear, etc. And it, yeah, it was Sensamia tips got shut down, so Mm -hmm. Tom Alexander had to shut it down. Um, uh, Sun Sun Shop, I believe, was uh, Steve Murphy's spot up in Seattle. Uh, Steve Murphy. he is associated with the Northern Lights and Greg McAllister and those guys. They're all associated with producing the Northern Lights. Cervantes and some of those people over in Portland are associated with some of the uh, uh, hash plant uh, that went back to Neville. So a lot of the like breeding stock that went over to Amsterdam and was then sold in those early 80 or excuse me, late 80s um, seed catalog selection that he was producing and releasing a lot of those were from those people and the like those those groups um that then all got shut down and the the impact that it had just on the community and not just like the broad community like some really key foundational things in terms of plants and genetics and Groups mm-hmm. of people who were doing work that was really on a trajectory for, you know, 
it was work that was being done kind of in a time and a place where that level of enforcement hadn't happened yet. And so people were able to do some stuff. And after that, it just, the chilling effect was so intense that it really took years and years for things to come back online and medical really. It, yeah. And it only got worse, you know, the number of products that have been come and gone in the past 35 years boggles the imagination. And there isn't a dime's worth of difference between this jug of grow and that jug of grow, other than the cartoon or the graphic or the name on the front. Um, God forbid anybody should turn the bottle around and read a label. You know, it's mandated by law. It's right there. Here's what's in it. (laughs) Okay. It's kind of like food labels. The food industry fought those for decades. And to now, so, I mean, I don't want to get into it, but some items, there's, when you have 16 items and 10 of those are artificially added, is that really a food? And so I would suggest that much of what goes in these bottles of magical elixirs has little, if anything, to do with botany. It's an exercise in chemistry and, and a, bad, a bad exercise at that. So anyway, I get off my soapbox, you know. Yeah, but no, and and I do think that that's something it bears repeating and is worth, like, I appreciate that you pointed out, because as a kid, I read High Times and was like, wow, these yeah. scientific breeders in Amsterdam doing yeah. the science of cannabis, I, I hope I can do that someday. You ever and heard of a street like, called William's Wonder? What's have, that? You heard, have you ever heard of a strain called William's Wonder? Mm-hmm. Okay. So look at the map of Oregon sometime and find William's yeah. Oregon. Okay. And then across the valley is Wonder. Just kind of curious if, uh, you know, that means anything. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely those old um, Oregon connections through old. Yeah. Like, so whatever happened to Madaniska Thunderfuck? They're like they're supposedly owned by the Hell's Angels. The Hell's Angels didn't go away. Uh, uh, they're in their counterparts, the Chosen Few and the Galloping Gooses, and you know, Devil. I don't know. I can't keep up with all the names, but uh, yeah, we got a couple running around Oregon. You know, uh, is that a Honda? But anyway. Uh, yeah, not exactly, uh, yeah, easy rider, but that's another story. But, um, you know, these black market guys in Oregon that were making, you know, the, the rule was you get it to New York. That's where the money's at. That's where you get the most, uh, per, per pound return. Chicago, not so much. But you don't go through Oklahoma. And if you do, you certainly don't stop. Okay. 
And now you're the second person that uh, would know that's told me that there's more dispensaries in Oklahoma than are in California. That boggles my mind. My mind. It doesn't even compute on any level. I know. I know. It, it really is mind-boggling. I've got a friend. Uh, you know him, actually. Um, you've talked. He's. You've interacted in the past, and he thinks really highly of you. We were just mentioning you, actually, uh, oh. yesterday. Um, but uh, Santa Cruz Cannabis, my buddy Adam. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's a good guy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Adam, uh, he's... Yeah. He's out there in Oklahoma right now. And, you really? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. And he's just like, you know. Uh, he once he, sent me a message at Instagram. Uh, and he was, yeah. ha- he, he was half serious. He said, what would it take to get you to uh, visit Oklahoma? And I wrote back, I said, if you had a SWAT team, and again, to the back of my head, you couldn't get me to Oklahoma. Uh, and I'd turn you in as soon as I could, you know. So, uh, look, there's no, look, it all comes down to money. And, you know, everybody talks a good game. I, I want to do this. I want to be, be sustainable or maybe even organic or whatever the, the latest battle cry is, right? And then it's like, well, what about the new program? No, you're gonna have you're gonna have to make an investment. You're gonna have to get some real worm castings, or you know something. You're gonna have to like put it off a year. Oh, I, we can't do that. Then you need to go find a new program, you know, and just get a bag of shit. It doesn't matter. Just go get Miracle Grow at uh, Walmart. It's no better or worse than anything they sell at the grocery store, in spite of what's on the label, you know. So, soil potting soil is nothing more than peat moss and perlite. Get um, real. He's actually in the chat. I'm pretty sure Santa Cruz Cannabis Company. Oh, really? What up, Adam? Yeah, yeah. Adam's a longtime homie. Yeah. God, you guys. I mean, I can't re- remember all the names. You know, like I was at Grass City. I see Mag, then Instagram a couple of times until I got a hair up my ass and just canceled my account. Fuck Zuckerberg, you know, it was a political stand at so, one point. Yeah, you did Dis- that. Just Discord is like a, a server for the form style back in the day. Like, it's yeah. like pretty much just a server for like a form. Right. I've I tried. Na- I tried navigating, and it was. I found it confusing the other night. I'm not easily confused by technology <laughs> issues, and this one was like kind of. I, I don't know, disjointed. It was. We got to go through. It's new, so there's a lot of rooms. We kind of got to go through and figure out what what rooms are being oh, used okay. and what isn't and stuff, and, and you get you. rid of some maybe, and, and yeah. add a couple. You know, it's still being refined. Fumi just pretty much opened it up. So, like, we're just kind of, it's like a test period. Yeah. No, I wasn't, I, you know, I was uh, just assumed. I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around TikTok. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I was, yeah, whatever. I I Uh, found Discord hard as well myself. Okay. All right. 
It seems to be like emoji driven. And that uh, it is a bit it is a bit emoji driven, I have to be honest. It's really I found that really fascinating. Lots of waving hello. When in Rome, I just wave hello as the Romans do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you yeah. know, every time I had a go on, he probably got a thousand messages too. Mm. And, and hey, I found, or sorry, go on, Coop. No, 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 nothing. Oh, I, I just found, like you said, with Instagram, it's almost like Groundhog's Day. Where yeah, yeah, you yeah. Can have the yeah. same conversation. Yeah, you can literally post the same thing every four months. <laughs> yeah, and it's like. Oh shit, this is brand new. And it was like, fuck, why did did you not read the post four months ago? Like, why do we have to have these discussions? Like it, I know that the forums have had so much of uh reinventing the wheel and like the yeah, yeah. summers are like yeah. starting the discussion when like people have already dealt with all of that. Instagram's just put that on hyperspeed where we're yeah, yeah, yeah. we're doing yeah. everything over every yeah yeah when you had a group like uh microman tim wilson uh ct guy uh tad hussey he's got his own company now kiss organics <laughs> and uh jeremy silva would build us all he was mile high guy and uh He's the one that when I just pissed me off so much, I said, what, you ever write this shit down? Was it turned out? Yeah, he did, you know, and uh, <laughs> turned it into a fucking business, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, he's got like, was a hundred thousand followers over at Instagram and he's got, I don't know, 70,000 at YouTube, puts out like about a video and a half a week, something like that, so yeah, they're you know they're really uh, doesn't uh, it doesn't have a chat room, just does a straight like he did. Like I said, he did a whole show devoted just with Jay Plant Speaker, just uh, Jay discussing his philosophy, and then the benefits of using saponins with that Q word that I can't remember. I couldn't pronounce it anywhere. Um, yeah, it kind of blew my mind because I was used to using Rican nuts that I would get from Mountain Rose Herbs. And at 25%, I consider that to be a really mm, intense, is that the right word? Intense level of saponins. And then you get something at 60 or 65%, and it's easy to uh, dissolve. That's the word I was grasping for, not dilute, dissolve uh, with hot water, a small amount, and then just fill up your whatever unit uh, with uh, cool water it doesn't coagulate or there's no uh, negative uh side effects or anything like that and uh and then i use it you know this uh with the soil a soil soak if you will and then i hit it to my plants once a week as a foliar um just as a uh ipm i know this is kind of a uh, what do you call it an interesting concept but ipm means Integrated pest management. You do it before you see the pest. It's not something that you implement after you see a mite or, a, you know, some white uh, dust on your leaves. Oh, I better implement my IPM. No, you should have had one. You know, it's called preventative, you know. But anyway, that requires some forethought, you know. 
since you've already used it, the, the good stuff, the hymns and neem, I mean, could you find anything better to control uh, aphids, white flies, uh, mites, powdery mildew, all in one application? I mean, if you would have had J stuff, I mean, the level would have been off the chart, that level of saponin, I'm mm -hmm. saying. Uh, yeah, it really makes a difference. Yeah. Real difference. That's yeah. it. I really enjoyed his interviews. You get to hear him speak and uh, to put a voice with the uh, name and uh, well, a face to the name, really. And then to hear him discuss his philosophy and, and his approach to uh, plant maintenance and what have you. So, so he's got, you know, some scratch in the game. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jay, Jay's really, he's been grown for a long time. He's been doing a lot of things. Um, if people don't know, he's got a really interesting background. Um, yeah, right. He grew up in Vallejo. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure he went to school with Mac Dre. And so, like, dude. Isn't Vallejo where they, no, or near Vallejo where they did the movie American Graffiti? Uh, no, that's uh, that's Modesto. Thank you. Thank you. You're um, right. You're right. You're right. But um, but so he's from you know Northeast Bay, and right, uh, right. He he's he's somebody who is just yeah. on so many different levels. He kind of transcends what some sort of preconception of a dude grown or being with deer like he's been around he's done a lot of things he used to write for different cannabis publications he's um, <clears throat> he's done stuff that he he's talked about growing out in the the uh central or sierra foothills sort of area kind of near mm -hmm. where i'm at and um i think el dorado was uh right. The, the area where he used to grow or started growing and i just from following it's him it's like he's he's shared some like he's done on instagram or managed to do on instagram i feel like the discussions that you guys were able to have on those old forums when people were right. following along in real time right well like i said before you know the uh That organic section, which wasn't the biggest section at ICMAG, would generate 2,400 posts a day. And in the, you could count about 20 people that accounted for about a third of that. And I was part of that group. Mm -hmm. uh, I remember one time uh, Tim Wilson and I got into a big, it was, my big thing was, and to put it bluntly, it was uh, fuck your compost teas. And uh, I haven't deviated from that. But the uh, we were arguing about the, the, uh, the intricacies of vermiculture, science versus myth, you know, the usual back and forth. And he, I'll never forget, he says to me, he says, well, you can overcomplicate anything with facts. I said, really? From you? 
I'm, I'm hearing this from you. You're the one that tells me I need to use 0.78% of molasses in a batch of tea. Not a glop, not a tablespoon, but 0.78%, really? Okay. And uh, so it, it got worse. And pretty soon we both agreed that we, we had acted childish, went back and deleted our, you know, our little diatribe. But uh, yeah, there was some interesting... Uh, Battle Royale, the pH, the pH crowd. That was in the days you were going to check your runoff for what? <laughs> You're going to do what? Yeah, no, I check it eight times a day. You go, you go in and put enough water on top to get a runoff and check that for your pH. Really, you do that. Interesting. You know. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Thank God there was a YouTuber around. You know, <laughs> they said it the other day to someone. I was like, I don't really check my pH unless something's drastically wrong. Yeah, I'll check. You know, um, I say there's a lot of pride. I've never owned a pH meter. As a matter of fact, I I've did, never I, used one. I did. I did. I got it given to me, so I had one for a while. Only did when I lived in San Francisco and was on. Same thing. Like I never had issue. I never, I grew outdoors. I grew on well water and never had any issues. Um, yeah. Got into uh, indoor in like San Francisco. There's two different water systems in San Francisco. Almost everybody gets their water from Hetch Hetchy and it's right. It's own water system. Then there's another group of people that get water from the north part of the city, which I don't quite understand. But for some reason, it's got like no nine percent or nine percent. It's got a nine uh, pH, and so it's just mm. you know you put that on your plants, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And right. you go and get a pH meter. Um, but yeah, that was, that's high for a soil system to balance. Yeah. Yeah, that that was the only time I uh, I ever used one or like needed one was just there. And once I found out, like, and I honestly didn't even need it. It was just that I went into the grocery store and talked to the the dude and was like, I I fucking don't. I'm not an indoor grower. I'm not from San Francisco. I'm just doing some shit here. What the fuck's going on? And he's like what neighborhood do you live in? And when I told him, he told me, oh yeah, your pH is going to be like 8.6 to 9. Um, wow. You're going to need like, you know, some buffer and some fucking, you know, your meters. Mm -hmm. So that was the only time I ever used one. I don't like RO systems and stuff either because there's a lot of wastewater. Mm-hmm. Like you're stripping, I don't know, I think a good enough filters, like these carbon filters nowadays, people, a lot of people use the ones for RVs. I specifically, well, I hmm. like the ones for like faucets. They can just rechange cartridges instead of the whole filter. Um, it works good. Shit, man, it works really good. Is that what you use? Yeah, I use the pure water filters. Hmm. That's all I do. Just and I, I just actually was lazy and didn't even want to wait for it to fill up my bucket, so I just put regular water in. 
doesn't really fucking matter. It just makes me feel better using filtered water. <laughs> Our water, own, and this is not Portland, because that's on a different uh, water system. But we were the first water treaty west of the Rockies. And uh, it's uh, the snow melt, which forms the Clackamas River. And uh, so the water here, the only thing it's treated is that it, uh, federal law mandates a, a very tiny amount of uh, chlorine, not even mm -hmm. uh, not even chloramine, just, just chlorine. Yeah, we have chloramine. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, uh, so the water is of a really high quality. And I mean, chlorine and chloramine are both very extremely easy to get rid of. So mm -hmm. uh, don't require any chemicals or anything like that. So, yeah, honestly, like, I just it's a use the issue. filter. Yeah, I just use the filter because I don't like that smell, the, the chloramine smell when it comes out of the faucets. Right. Well, it's there for this reason. When they add chlorine at the water station, the, the, wherever your, your source is, they add chloramine because some of that chlorine is going to get uh, used in transit for, uh, for killing primarily bacteria. And when it, chloramine hits a, an organic source, then it is converted to chlorine. So if you still have chloramine in your water and you're putting it in a tank and all you need is just a, a one of those uh, paint sacks with some compost in it and give it a few dunks and that's going to neutralize and turn the chloramine into chlorine and then you use aeration and uh, that'll uh, move it, put it at the bottom. And, uh, so that makes sense, you know, old my old grower buddy used to just put his arm in there and say, fuck it. He used his arm and just would stir it with his arm there for, a, couple minutes there for you like go. a minute or something and then throw an aerator in it. Yep. It's oh, not a big deal. Is. See, cannabis growers never should have listened to people that own aquariums because there's a big difference between trying to maintain a uh, an aquatic environment with, you know, especially saltwater fish. We're just trying to grow plants. Get your soil right. If the water's that out of whack, then yeah, you're gonna have to do something. But uh, chlorine and chloramine are not a big deal. Aeration takes care of it. With a small amount of bacteria. There you go. Okay. So you just put that on a uh, like a, a PVC pipe in and PVC pipe out. So much cheaper the uh, Smash Series. We've tried to tell you that before. So much cheaper than the Pures is those uh, Tall Boy, Small Boy, whatever the fuck Not they're called. Though, the I, get this, I get three they're crazy. 20, One bucks. canister filter. No, 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 no. One canister filter will last you at your rate of growing for the next five years. You will never replace another one of those, this KDR or whatever the fuck. It has a gallon ratio. That is an exponential fucking number compared to those. Trust me. 100, 100 gallons is enough for me, though. I get 300 gallons out of You get 10,000 gallons smashed out of one of those fucking KDR uh, charcoal yeah, things that cost the same amount of money. Attach it to. You don't need a hose to attach it to. No, you don't need to attach it to a hose. 
cheap. What do you think it's I have? Twenty-five bucks. I have a faucet like, adapter. I have a faucet adapter for my uh, uh, a faucet. Basically, it's like a laundry sink faucet that runs to uh, that. It has its own. It's, it has its own connection. It literally has its own connection. I connect from the faucet to the. I did have to get an adapter, basically, but you get that at a hardware store. They have like a your adapter will be different than mine. Whatever, it doesn't really fucking matter. But you basically have the adapter for the hose thing uh, from the the uh, small boy. Right now, I can't visualize what it looks like to the. Uh, a sink and then basically the small boy itself has an outlet so like you literally don't need a connector you'll just need a hardware store adapter seriously those things are amazing anyone listening in like save yourself the money yeah no i i have one um and yeah it's just because i'm lazy uh and it's simple it's, it's very simple on the hookup I mean, I've got mine like hooked up in the uh, in the laundry um, area, and just use those those hose connections. Folks are dragging. Perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, we will call last call. If anyone would like to round out the next twenty or a little bit further, perhaps we can do that. Perhaps we can roll another joint. If more people would like to hop on and bullshit with us and uh, reinvigorate the conversation, you guys are welcome. This is the, the, we'll call this the prelude to last call, potentially the last call. So you guys would like to hop on, ask our guests some questions. Obviously, both of our, both of our guests are uh, having fun chatting. So if you guys would like to hop on and uh, shoot the shit about weed, I think this is the time. Otherwise, forever remain in peace or whatever, or forever remain silent or however they say that. Uh, you know, so how was say. the seminar? It was good. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You probably know better than I do, Boom, just because. Oh, because um, I was literally watching all of it from a video camera. <laughs> yeah. Bird's eye view or what is it? I mean, POV of literally everybody's face. Um, it is creepy, actually, now that I think about it, because I was all zoomed in to everybody. So, like, everybody else is watching from a distance, but I'm all looking at their eyeball and stuff. <laughs> pretty fucking weird um pardon i thought you only got like 500 gallons out of one of those out of one of what one of those filters which filters the rv filters i don't know about the That's rv filters i'm talking about me. the tall boy what is the fucking brand name it's the basically it's it's the it's the brand name at the grocery store what is it the tall boy filter in fact, I think I think I even have the small boy, which is a, just such a silly name. Hydrologic. There we go. Hydrologic yeah, tall boy. Hydrologic small boy. Yeah, but I don't want reverse osmosis water. No, it's not a. You it's keep saying but 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 smashed. It's just be too curious about the world and inquisitive. Here you go. Here you go. Okay. Small boy filter. They've raised the price though. I noticed that, and they have raised the price, but it's still I think a very reasonable purchase. Hydrologic small boy dechlorinator and sediment filter this one i don't think has the kdr or whatever the shits here we go that big though i probably shouldn't have it is not that big smash you keep complaining this but is I'm the just thing saying, why would i need want. something like that because it saves you an exorbitant amount of money on so those gotta, individual filters those oh, individual yeah, filters you have to replace the them time. you so why do you keep talking about them why are we now talking about them? okay so for anyone that is not smashed 
This is this the the, the Filgin that I recommend. This is the one that I use. If for some reason you are not interested in this anymore, Smash, that's that's fine. We're talking about the rest of the world now. Small boy, I absolutely, I seriously, I can't recommend this enough. I mean, I think I spent maybe about 15, 20 bucks less than this because I just noticed how. Exp- well, you know what? That might not be true. One hundred nine bucks. That might be about right. And I think in the entire time that I've had it, I have literally only replaced the sediment filter twice. Actually, that you can replace more often, to be honest. The sediment filter is the white thing. You can replace that fairly regularly, but it only costs like five bucks. And then the the KDR, whatever the shits, uh, charcoal enhanced, whatever the balls, I replaced, I think, twice. Literally twice. And that I didn't have to. I even didn't have to. The gross store themselves told me you don't have to. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. So literally, in the entire time, I've had it for six years or seven years. Yeah, my whole house has... And the water like tests out zero BPMs. Zero. Zero, so zero, 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 zero. My whole house has a water filter. I've said this. I've shown you. Okay, so for anyone who's not smashed, this is the one that I recommend. <laughs> like, I have a huge, like, on my in-pipe. I agree main. with you. And and yeah. for everyone who is not yeah. you, go buy a small boy. The tomboy, <laughs> by both of them, by one of each, left and right, his and hers, his and hers, uh, water filters. No, Gorski, when he's coming in here, he's going to get a coupon code. He's going to give us all a coupon code for, uh, wouldn't that be baller if he could? That'd be awesome. He's like, I grant you one coupon. That'd be stupid if he could grant me one coupon code, and that was the one that he granted me. <laughs> Instead of 50% off a Ferrari, it's uh, 10% off a water filter. But hey, we'll take it. What's going on, Gorski? Looks like you're Nada. shopping. I should take my chewing gum out. This is rude. Okay. Uh, uh, what's going on, buddy? Not a fuck. Am I muted? No, I'm not muted. Sorry, man. You're not. Oh, that works, We could fuck man. with you and pretend that you are muted. We could just <laughs> we could let you talk. And... Oh, yeah. I was trying to switch around my camera so I could show my face, but I'll just show my work. I'm at uh, Village Market in uh, Edwards, Colorado. Works my night us. crew job. Are you but, trying uh, to make I... us your alibi for a crime? <laughs> no, I wanted to get on your forum because it's 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 the best forum to get on for cannabis. Where you can you, actually- you you did not conveniently rob any banks in the next in the pre previous or previous or ensuing Do 15, I look 20 minutes. Smart enough to rob a bank, bro. I can't even switch my camera around on my phone. Although that, I guess that I don't I don't know how difficult it is to rob. A, perhaps you rob them with brute force. I don't know. Maybe you rob, drive a bulldozer into it. I don't know. That doesn't take gigantic. I mean, maybe it takes thinking. I don't know. But right. You know in the case you guys, you're hungry and had, had late night munchies. I'll show you all the food that you can't have. We actually haven't had a munchie session this evening. I don't think. To my knowledge, we have not uh, <laughs> talked about baklava or you know, so, any of the random stuff we talk about. Assorted smoked meats. If you. <laughs> If you were smart when you moved in, you would have. I had one of these put in. You guys and still it, talking about that filter? I don't know what it is. I think I think he's trying to show house. us a filter. Yes, it's a whole house filter. I love that's this. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. Change it maybe once a go. year, once every two years. <laughs> I figured it out. Sun grown mids, man. You're the reason I got on. I love all you. I love all you guys. Coot, you're amazing. But uh, sun grown. You're always on Clubhouse, and it's always so, like, fucking, I can ask one question, and then I roll back into the fucking crowd. So I just wanted to say mad props, man. I really, really, I really appreciate you. I'm uh, Gravy Kilos on Instagram, so I, I bug you every once in a while with some dumbass video or something like that. But uh, I got your Dosey Doe 88G13 hash plant and the oh, wow. 88G13 hash plant. And 
bro, that dosy dough is growing like fucking crazy. So uh, nice. thank you so much. It's a uh, it's a great plant. The fingers on it are huge. The the leaf the leaf structure is just like size of my hand already. And um, I'm growing it in soil. I have no nutrients. It's for my outdoor garden. Um, I grew like seedlings from seed. What was it like? Uh, the beginning of April all the way to November. And then I dug up some of my plants and then all the pots that were left over, I transferred the ADHD 13 hash plant into that. Um, and while using the soil from outside as well. And it's all I'm doing is just using a uh, recharge mammoth pea and uh, a little bit of silica. And uh, dude, it's fucking doing phenomenal. So I just wanted to thank you. Dude, what internet face to face. Well, gravy, have you smoked it is the question. Quit calling me out on fucking smoking my shit, bro. <laughs> I'm all about growing. I mean, if you didn't know, I, I just like to grow. So uh, you, you got you to have, have mad seeds. He loves making seeds. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm up to about a million seeds. You but, made uh, a million um, seeds? Yeah, I, yeah I, got, I, got a couple, I got a couple seeds. Uh, well, everything I have, like I, I used to work at Kind Love in Colorado, and we had a bunch of really cool fire cuts, and I could get them for five dollars a piece. So anything I could get a get a hold of, I would just pollinate it with my uh, Durban Poison Holy Big Sir, and um, I moved on from there. And then when I got mails from all of those, I just kept on going. So over the last three years, I just been pollinating everything I get my hands on, but. Uh, no, I uh, not to lose the subject matter too much, man. Sungrown, I, I just wanted to say, man, uh, thank you so much for everything you do at Clubhouse, everything you do on Future Cannabis, and all the things that you've been doing with uh, just the education pieces with Chad. I really appreciate Chad too, but I mean, you're just one hell of a guy, uh, one hell of a man, and and uh, thanks so much for trolling those dumb motherfuckers that were trying to take shit from all those people. Like, like that's just fucking horseshit, man. And they were breaking the laws themselves, and then they couldn't even admit it. So I'm at work. I'm on lunch break, and I got to get back. But I fucking I had to say face to face, dude. You you are definitely the 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 man. Yeah, you're at the fucking high level of fucking cannabis, dude. So much respect, mad respect. Thank you, man. I uh, I as soon as I saw your face, I I recognized you, and yeah, I appreciate. You know, I appreciate that you're growing up. The genetics that I made, and yeah, that that they're doing well. Um, somebody said that they've got like a doughy cherry thing, um, dosy dough, eighty-eight G thirteen, like yeah, reasonable. Um, but yeah, and that also means that you supported an auction of some sort. So yep, that's yeah, that was Dagadot Love before it was Dagadot Garden. Mm-hmm. So. And, yeah. Yeah, thank you for whatever auction you supported because that's the only way you could have gotten those. So yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, you had that cool. It was like a purplish pack, like an orange or white label shit. I can't even remember anymore. But uh, yeah, yeah, I was just uh, what was the lineage like? May I ask where you got both of those from and how you went about um, making that selection? Uh, for the, the dosey 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 dosey. Yeah. Um, from Connected. So Connected um, is a big commercial operator here in California. 
they had a um, an exclusive deal with Archive. So a lot of Archive from Oregon's genetics through the commercial market here in California were um, distributed through Connected, or at least held by Connected. And I got a hold of a cut. I had the 88G13 hash plant from, um, I got those seeds from Farmer Joe 420. Um, he made the seed, he got the seeds from Indian Guy. Um, Indian Guy has, he maintained and released the 88G13 hash plant and also did some crosses with another a uh, forum member back in the day, Swampy. They did the the free Leonard Peltier, which I think was a 88G13 hash plant and a um, Hawaiian butterscotch cross. And um, anyway, that mm-hmm. stock was maintained by Indian guy. Bodhi got some of that stock, made his 88G13 hash plant crosses with it. Um, uh, I think Hayesman, um, a number of different breeders over the years have gotten a hold of that stock and used it in their breeding. And so, yeah, when I got a hold of it, um, that's what I did. I just, I've increased the population, I think three times now, um, my friends and I have, um, and whenever we do, we just take whatever we have available and make yeah you know whatever crosses we can with it because one thing that's really nice it's very inbred stock so it crosses really really nicely with other things Mm -hmm. it's it's very stable it gives nice structure it um typically brings down flower time and things and so and it makes really nice hashes so that's why i like it um sweet yeah, I got I got Bodie's uh cashmere cashmere 13, I think, with the ADAG 13 hash plan. It's one of his older selections, but mm-hmm. I had a mail of that and had an, had that in open pollination. I haven't really seen it yet come back because when I do the open pollinations, I usually have like 40 or 50 males in a room of 40 or 50 females, and then it's just a perpetual. So like I'll see the plant and I'll see the way it looks and I'm like, damn, that fucker looks cool. Exotic genetics, candy apple kush. Wow, you fucking grew great. And then I'll pollinate it with the first plant that I really, really like. And I'll see the male, the mother and the father. But of course, they've got all these other lines in it. So if I see it again, I see it again. But it's like kind of like a seven year project is what I'm looking at. But uh, anyways. Yeah, man, I'm going to I'm going to get off because I was just going to ramble with you the whole fucking time, dude. Uh, just like I'm enamored by your work and like you got so much shit going on. And cool, I'm so happy that you said you got that fucking the one out there, dude, and the Hawaiian and the one. I'm really, really happy that you're starting. What's the name on it? Coot Puffin Logic. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. Whatever. Pakalolo one. There you go. <laughs> Pakalolo yeah. one. No, I use I I I'll I'll tell everybody my secret to come up with names where like you don't you don't have to fucking think it's just dumb shit is use your anagram log. So I, I have like 
one of those devices on my phone where I'll type in the word and it'll create an anagram. And then that's, that's how I, that's <laughs> okay. So that's how you, I'll check it out. Yeah. Yeah. So like if you put in Hawaiian and the one, it doesn't really make an anagram out of it. If you scroll back up, I already had like what the fuck it said it was, but yeah, I, to create some funky names, you could just use your anagram device. Okay. Is something you could, an app that you could put on your phone. That way you don't have to have like, I don't know, spicy blood or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, man. I'm, yeah, I'm have a good evening, man. man. Hey, bye bye. Yeah, have thank you evening. so much, guys. I really appreciate Just you all. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Likewise, man. Peace. Oh, what up? Welcome, Santa Cruz. Cheers. Hey, how's it going, pals? Hey, Adam. Good to what see up, you. Trevor? Man. Hello, man. Um, yeah, I just had a question for Kid. I don't know if you guys saw, I think maybe it was yesterday or today. Looks like Jay's got a new product. He's working with Jeremy there at uh, the uh, quinoa. It's like a quinoa seed sprout tea or some sort. Just wondered if you had any experience. I yeah. know turned a lot of us on to, you know, the value in seed sprout teas years ago. And I'm just wondering, thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah. Uh we were talking about it uh, just a few minutes ago. I uh, bought some maybe two months ago. Uh, Jeremy oh, did a, I think not the Q powder, the Sapin, no, but this is apparently a different uh, quinoa seed sprout tea, oh, like the quinoa grain. Yeah, not, not oh. the Sapinins. I think it apparently. literally happened like today. I saw a post just after I got home from work tonight. That he's doing a new drop, his new product for the new year. Him and Jeremy are dropping uh, quinoa ferment of some sort, some kind of a seed sprout tea take off. Um, I don't know anything about it. I, what I can say is that uh, there's a reason that quinoa is included in what are called the uh, super seeds. Uh, quinoa, amaranth, and chia uh, all have different, pro similar as well as a uh, uh, different properties and yeah i think um, he was i think he was claiming superior to corn and barley and alfalfa and everything that you know we've been all using over the years whatnot yeah i um yeah i i definitely would try it i i've done a lot of seeds in my search for the reason i stuck with barley is that it's so readily available at a price that no one can compete with the price of uh, the barley at the at the uh, home brew stores is usually down around eighty cents a pound. Yeah, I'm fortunate. My buddy, uh, best friend from college, I left Santa Cruz recently, but he's got a brewery about a mile from where I was living the oh. last six seven years, and so he was there giving me fifty pound sacks of you know six mall eight mall whatever it was, the six row eight row whatever I wanted anytime I wanted. Yeah. So yeah, your dad's in. Uh, the thing about uh, barley malt is that uh, its standards uh, are so high or the demands of the brewers are, are so you have to be consistent when you're making beer. It's got to taste the same in Seattle as it does in Miami or Boston or whatever. Um, and so uh, even the big, big, big players like uh, Anheuser-Busch, they don't malt their own grain. They uh, buy it. It's uh, because of the standards that are required and what it takes to make uh, or to create the same consistent levels of 
Uh, it's amylase is the big one. Amylase in two forms, alpha amylase and beta amylase. And barley is the only grain that contains both forms of amylase. It's like our, the saliva in your mouth. It's the same. Uh, but that's what gives it its power to convert sugars into into what into what we we want beer or uh, what is it? Scotch whiskey is made from barley, malted barley. So, so what about hemp or cannabis seed? I know a guy was on there a second ago saying he's got a million seeds. Sounds like the perfect guy to know to try some. Uh, Absolutely, he's there. You know, yeah. Here's here was my uh, experience. I I live in a, where Bob's Red Mill is based, and so they have a store that's on a, a big spot where they sell all their grains and seeds, beans and everything in bulk. So I would go in there and get a quarter cup of this and a quarter cup of that. So I did legumes and grains of all types, uh, teff from Ethiopia. Um, trying to think of something more exotic. Uh, obviously all the quinoas, the uh, chia, that was a real challenge uh, because as soon as they get wet, they get gummy. But um, and I did all the legumes. And what I found is that at the end of the day, it didn't really matter. That the benefits were there regardless. It had to do with the, uh, the function of, of uh, germinating. And in that process, and the, the enzymes and the, the uh, phytohormones and all the other things that are created just in that function of germination, because it's going from a dormant state to a, a, an alive state. And so that's what we can harness. In, Do in you find that with the, difference, with the different teas that you gain different effects at different times in the cycle of the plant? I did not. I, got, I saw the same benefit. It didn't matter if I used pinto beans or wheat. Or corn or barley. Or corn. Yeah. Corn had some unique properties, but I wasn't able. The, uh, what you're trying to get out of uh, corn is the plant hormone uh, known as DAM. Uh, the name is zeatine. Uh, zea is the uh, Latin word for corn. It was the first of this category that was discovered in the late 30s. And so it was named to honor the, the plant that from where it was found, corn zeatine. And zeatine is unique, not, not extremely rare, but unique. How's that? But to get the uh, correct, to try to sprout corn is a real challenge. Talk to anybody that's made their own moonshine and they can tell you that the chance, if it's something's going to mold, it's corn. <laughs> my my housemate started a corn, really? uh, I think about eight, nine days ago. He's been doing the water twice a day. Just He thought it'd be fun to just try and make something, you know, as we we're sitting around here. And I think he's been working on it. Got to be a week and a half at this point. It's funny you say that. I want to do some corn this year. I want to do some, uh, you said, I think, Coop, great tomatoes are better than cherry. No, I was just making a, uh, wait a second. I mean, I'm, I believe it was you saying that the uh, grape tomato was something, 
they were easier to grow, maybe? Or I forgot exactly what. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Before I lose my train of thought, uh, cytokinin. Cytokinins, right? Right. That's what that was the first one discovered was in corn. And so they, uh, to honor that plant, they named it zeatine. That's all. Sorry for interrupting. So what's the um, benefits of those two? Is there any? We could be, we could do a whole show on it. Okay. Plant hormones uh, like uh, tria is one that gibberellic acid, uh, I think it's number three, is used by some of the uh, people in the cannabis trade for reasons that uh, it doesn't matter. Um, and there's some other things. Plant hormones can really lead you down a path of uh, destruction. Uh, let's be honest here. Mo- the majority of growers aren't botanists. They're taking, they're taking, it's like grabbing a piece of a jigsaw puzzle and say, I, I have the answer. No, you have a answer. The answer is the complete picture. I hope that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, totally, totally. Yeah. All right. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna get out of here for the night. I'm tired. Flash, what's your yeah. story? How can people find you, man? You got a YouTube channel you were mentioning earlier? Yeah, I do. Um thanks, Fumi. Um Smash Cannabis. I uh, just posted a video. I'm trying to get right. it for 4K. Um uh could I just shot a video with an iPhone 13 Pro. Um i am working with that. It was that's how I checked. Uh, I was looking at the quote. Uh, Please so do yourself a favor and look into Filmic Pro. That will open up doors for that camera that you won't believe. It's okay. uh, per, uh, it's, yeah. it's film, the word film, and then I see on the end of it, Filmic Pro. And uh, they have a strong, strong presence on uh, YouTube as well as their website. Uh, they're doing Hollywood level stuff with the 13 and the ProRes. It, it's I so amazing. Any camera, phone camera, be able to take such a good photo. No, no. it looks so it, like I, like my phone can take good. Like my Androids can take okay photos, but like I touched the 13 and I brought it downstairs today. I went on Discord. I showed like Steelbird was hanging out. I was like, "Yo, are you still around?" He's like, "Yeah." I was like, jump into the dab bar. I want to show you something. And I was in the yeah. garden with the 13. Wow. And he's like, holy shit. <laughs> I don't often tell you so, but I told you so. I told you. Uh, how do I say this? Um, it kind of pains me to say it. I have to be honest, because like I want people to have like real cameras with lenses and whatever, partly to justify my own nerdiness, maybe. You know, actually, yeah. definitely. Uh, but uh, at the same time, I just still feel like that's the best uh, path, whatever. But man, the... Phones are excellent now. They really are. They are. This is not just like, oh, they're good compared to. No, they're actually really good. Like legit. I mean, they, they have limitations. They have definite limitations. But within the limitations let's, set in, they're fucking excellent. Let's use the hep terms, man. It's computational, man. It's all computational. computational photography, man. Yeah, yeah, it helps a lot. It is. Yeah. Because they have these, yeah, they have these tiny little sensors that basically don't yeah. have much, uh, uh, de- you know, sensor depth and whatever else. It shouldn't uh, work this well. It shouldn't work that well, but it does. Yeah. You see some of the FPV footage from like drones that they stabilize now. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. You look at the stabilization on the goddamn GoPro, which is yeah, an action true. camera, 
I mean, it's insane. It's like, who needs a gimbal? You know, I mean, just hold it in your hand and, you know, do this kind of That's thing. That's why it's so popular because you can, well, actually, I've heard a lot of people having problems with them lately. Um, the newest one apparently has battery issues and stuff, yeah. Or like, yeah, dying, ten, being a pain in the ass to turn on, it, like, when you need Delivered. it, shutting mm-hmm. off. Um, but whatever. I, I've always been a fan of the Insta's action oh. series. I'd like. I I don't want to get into it, but I could really. I'm interested in the uh, DJI action camera. I think yeah. they call. Nice. I think is it the two pieces? Yeah. yeah. I hate 4K. to say it, but DJI just freaking kills it, man. They really do. Like. Uh, uh, I mean, they just, how do I say this? They they pick individual segments to freaking annihilate, and then they yeah, do it. They, you know, yeah, yeah, pretty much. They just take it. If over. you want to know a horror story, talk to anyone that owned a, a, a GoPro Karma drone. Uh, I, I was bought one. Why? Well, it was only on the market a few short months. A good thing you yeah. didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, you say it was. Uh, oh, you'd be nice. What's the word I would use? Oh yeah, it was uh, unsuccessful. I'll leave it at that. Um, that sucks. I like the the parrot, pirate parrot, whatever. Um, I, I'm trying to get it fixed, but I went on the website last, uh, well, yesterday, and I was like typing in my serial code because that's another like way I really like to take pictures. Like I usually, I would wake up and go fly my drone. Like that's what I like to do. Right. The thing that was really, really, really good about the concept of the Karma was this, that you would could mount and use successfully your GoPro. So that gave you a, a bigger sensor, a bigger uh, field of view. So it was actually like the perfect drone camera. Obviously, there was problems in its execution. They can throw uh, one of these little 360 cameras on them too. That would make it cool. Yes, yes. So uh, it, it, there were a lot of challenges for the Karma, not the least of which is how many goddamn DJI drones were on the market. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Have a great night, guys. I got to get out of here. Okay, man. Have a good night. Be room. safe, everyone. Take care. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as we puff here, perhaps we're uh, uh, ending the show soon. I don't know. Santa Cruz has been uh, nice meeting you, man. Cheers, dude. Yeah, uh, thanks for uh, Trevor gave me a heads up a little bit ago, so it was nice yeah, to man. catch up. We were talking last night, and uh, Jim's name came up, and I, you know, mentioned That's I hadn't fun. seen him. We were talking, and actually never seen him in real life. Kind of close encounter in Oregon. I had a gig up there, and was only there for about a month, and. Narrowly missed coming by and then was down in Santa Cruz and had a job down in the valley working on a consult and was had high hopes for getting a big worm farm production going. And then was I don't know if you remember Jim, but we were talking a bunch about a year, maybe a year and a half ago. And then yeah, I do. I ended up uh getting raided for the sixth time in seven years. I had a little four lighter in my garage, just doing basically genetic work, you know, had all my paperwork according to what the county had told me I was required to have. And didn't stop them from coming over and just basically chasing me out of town. So I'm in Oklahoma now. I've only been out here a few months. Just got our license a couple months ago. We've got cool. land. We've got potential. We've got genetics. We've got big. 
aspirations. I definitely want to get as the weather warms up, get back into the the vermiculture and getting into the composting and doing a lot of other things. And, Mm. you know, I, I told my partners earlier, five years ago, if you would have told me I'd have been in Oklahoma and five years from now, I would have told you never in a million lifetimes. Right. Right. Never say never, but you know, one of these days maybe we'll reconnect. I talked to Trevor earlier. It'd be good to get your number again and sure, you know, continue the conversation. I think I, I think I, I think I still have your email. Yeah, um, it's it's Adam at Santa Cruz Cannabis Co. So it's pretty simple. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would like I like working on uh, vermiculture projects. Yeah, and, I had uh, a gig. I had a gig back in seventeen when we first connected, and I was working for a guy that was a Department of Defense contractor, hmm. and he was basically running around and giving me an empty checkbook to do whatever I wanted, and I was able to help out a lot of people and get a lot of things and projects cool. going. Cool. And we were talking a little bit about, yeah, if this works out, I'd love to, you know, I don't even know if I was talking to you, but I was talking to somebody about, yeah, because I learned a lot of what became like core principles of how I do things now from the forums, probably five years after the fact. Mm-hmm. I was too busy grinding and working to have time to be playing on a computer back in 2008, 2009. So it wasn't until. 2014 2015 i found those old los threads oh good and so that you know what's funny is that uh i was always big on giving people alternate names and so the guy that is i gave him two of his names and one of them he stuck with and uh uh I said, you can't be guru if, you, if you're not a guru. So you need like a guru's name. We'll call you Kushananda or something. And Swami Kushananda. And uh, I don't know if you remember her name was uh, Sea Maiden. I, yeah, I almost knew it before I even said it, I imagine. And I, I nicknamed her a Guppy Gal. Uh, she was just as really annoying, knew nothing uh, about anything. You know, I was and, uh, I was fortunate that was I was consultant. able to. Uh-huh. I was fortunate that I was able to go back and read what was probably years worth of you know banter between all you guys in a matter of weeks, mm. and so it became real clear after getting a few hundred pages in who to waste serious. my time trying to follow their comments and who to pay attention to, and I think there was. Mm. You know, probably a core group of a, a handful of you guys that were worth kind of entertaining what you had to say, and then just a lot of just just empty space and just dead air. You know. Yeah. I, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's it really, a lot of life. Yeah. Have you have you ever stopped to think about that? There's a lot of life that's like that, whereby there's a, a few people to listen to and a lot, lot, lot of empty space. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, and if anybody's been on those old icy mag forums um or threads you know i just remember looking at some of them and being like fuck 400 pages of posts yeah you know and then slogging through and then going to the next version of the discussion yeah i remember when we uh deciphered the liquid silica products or it came down to is that we soon discovered they were all potassium silicate. Okay. But it was just too consistent. So 
I'm really a good investigator. And I discovered that it came out of a, a, it was a commercial product manufactured by the same people that make uh, laboratory glassware, you know, the beakers and all the, the stuff. Really oh, good so glass. Good. Yeah. So they actually manufacture this potassium silicate under the name of Axil, Axil 16. Mm. And so you buy Axil 16, like by the 50 pound bag, and you can make a gallon for pennies on the dollar of a commercial product like whatever they are you know the rhino skin or oh no the price know. of the silica products have gone up exponentially oh so right. now you, you now it's not even right. pennies it's fractions of pennies yeah oh yeah the power sign and all those products yeah yeah they're monosilic monosilic acid so they're they claim to be better for whatever reasons i'm not entirely well versed right. on empirical evidence with them, so I can't tell you one way or the other. But I kind of became famous for taking products and deciphering what they're actually made with and, and the volume, and so that became my uh, uh, hobby, I guess you call it. So I mean, I would look at products and I'd go, "Wait a minute, there's only like seventy cents worth of." So, Coot, what was Wet Betty made of, after all? <laughs> That's a rhetorical question. We are all wet, Betty. I can't remember now. On this blessed day. I, all this scorbic bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, look, <laughs> they're all they're all bullshit. That's why the one product that we've I've uh, mouthed off about enough. Don't use the word proprietary with me. That's, that's, if you're going to say, just say, fuck you. That is more, uh, that isn't, you know, disingenuous. But saying something's proprietary, saying, I know something that you don't know, you know, that kind of shit. It's like really like junior high uh, level of shit. Uh, oh, we, I don't want you would love Dark Heart's post from yesterday about uh, what is it? What a uh, new breeding formula. Pistol guard. Yeah, tell him, Trevor. You're probably a little more versed in this than I am. Uh, it's essentially it's the same thing that uh, the Crawford brothers up in Oregon did. Oregon CBD. So there's the. Oh. Um, they created tetraploid plants, used those to breed, created triploid offspring. So there's a, instead of being diploid, cannabis is a diploid species mm -hmm. typically. So it gets two chromosomes from each a set, from one set from each parent. With these plants, because they're bred with a, uh, I believe a diploid and a tetra, uh, tetraploid plant. When you produce the offspring, you end up with a triploid plant that has an extra chromosome. That those plants. This isn't clear about Darkheart. Darkheart has not done any trials. Did not present any like data with their. We call this. Could we call this a uh, type of research uh, into the possibility of creating a new Frankendank? Uh, I mean, 
yes and no i mean like it's, i just yeah I it, it is like yeah. one thing so we had a long discussion last Hello? night about it, and um chimera um ryan lee it, he mentioned it, i remember that name yeah yeah you see i remember chimera seeds C-H-I-M-E-R-A? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was on there, and he pointed out something about it where there's there's a lot of the, like, immediate knee-jerk reaction um, that may or may not be founded, but one of the the real issues here is that, for instance, if you have three chromosomes mm-hmm. and this plant then breeds with another plant, and you have a disease susceptibility mm-hmm. gene, you've got three chances of transferring that gene into the offspring. Right. And you don't want to replicate bad genes, was essentially his point. And because we haven't done a lot of the breeding work to move away from or you know breed away from deleterious genes, part of the discussion started with like intersex traits there's eight different quantitative trait loci, loci um, that are associated with intersex trait expression. So that's eight different parts of the, the already existing plant's mm. genetics or genome that are responsible for intersex traits. If you've got a plant that has a lot of those and then you copy more of those onto another set of chromosomes and then mm-hmm. that breeds you're there are implications for whatever population that interbreeds with if it's able to do so and that's one of the questions because the whole point of this is to create a um in <laughs> uh well the whole point is to create a um an infertile plant so that Mm. if you grow fields and fields and fields of hemp in most instances, um, dark hearts allows for doing it with height or there's marketing it in the high THC realm. Um, Mm. you can grow it without the risk of having pollen contamination causing seeds, yada, yada. Turns out that like, some other people have done studies and they've found about three to 5% seed set. So you do actually get some pollination and you do get some seeds. Darkheart, um, Dan was saying that they're prelim- they do have data. They will release this data at the Emerald mm-hmm. Conference. But um, as of now, there was oh, no wait. I'm going to miss another event. Damn. Yeah. Who's anti-Aventist? No. So anti-Aventist. Just, no, I, He's just I anti-Aventist. I don't, I don't have anything to offer. So. so real quick, Trevor, on along those lines, when, you know, a lot of people's knee-jerk reaction right away is like, oh, Monsanto tech, Terminator technology. So... You talk about it not being able to do it one way, but could it then pollinate other people's crops? And, you know, you look at India and what Monsanto was able to accomplish with with 
GMO and taking over crops and then suing people for growing their crops when they pollinated shit downwind and then taking farms away and taking farms away, that there's that fear of using this technology for nefarious purposes. Um, I mean, it'd be difficult because the, the idea here is that you've got a female plant that you're growing out that won't take seed set. Mm. The only but could it could it pollinate other people's if three to five percent is that's a long way from zero. Well, so but what would have to happen is so pollen would have to land on the field, seeds would have to set, those seeds would have to fall off during you know harvest, and then sprout as volunteers in some sort of area that they're allowed to grow and propagate and survive. A male has to survive and then it has to, you know, pollinate something else. The thing is, is that the majority of the plants that are going to survive are going to be diploid plants. Mm. That, that three to 5% of seeds or seed set that is occurs is largely the result of the fact that these plants are chimeras. Um, they, they, there's some mosaicism that happens where even though it's tetraploid or triploid, you can have portions of the plant that aren't actually the same ploidy level as other parts of the plant. And it's those diploid parts of the plant that are the ones that are most likely to have viable seeds set on them. So really what you're going to have is a plant that's in a diploid state that can then take seeds, or you won't have a plant, excuse me, you will have a branch that is diploid. Mm. Pollen from a diploid plant, fertilize that, seeds get created, and then that creates male or female offspring. The males obviously could produce pollen and that pollen could go elsewhere. Theoretically, a harm or intersex expression could happen on those, you know, tri or tetraploidy plants. I have no fucking clue what happens in that case. Like if you have a, Hmm. uh, presumably, if you have a tetraploid or excuse me, triploid um, plant that flips and does, has an intersex trait expression and the pollen starts flying. I, th- I don't know. I think that the, you could create because there's three, if you have triploid and triploid, there's three sets of chromosomes for the uh, meiosis to occur. So it's possible for the metaphase and all that stuff to happen if the chromosomes match up. So I don't know. I, I, that question was not like discussed. Um, I'm not Chimera. <laughs> if we had Chimera on here, he could definitely go into it on the molecular level. I believe from our discussion, that's the logical implications that I took away from what we uh, discussed last night. 
But um, so I don't think it's not really a Monsanto Terminator thing. And it's not, it's really only has commercial application. Like it doesn't matter for. But if you're farming hemp in Oregon and there's a million farms within 10 miles of you and they're ruining your crop year after year, now you have a way to viably produce a product that you can market and sell without just getting trashed by pollen up the road. Exactly. That's the only reason for it. It's not the Pandora's box of Terminator technology that now you're taking generational heirloom seeds that families have lived on land for hundreds of years and now they can't grow their own seed anymore because their shit's been tainted and it won't even make its own seed. And now they're getting sued because they grew seed the same as they had for a hundred years. But now the seed is patented and known by somebody else who, I mean, I don't know if you know all the stories of Monsanto and India and the farms that have been taken from people and this and that. But I think that yeah. was the initial reactions in the, in the Instagram feeds was people were like, right away like oh my god this is the pandora's box all over again oh no so, yeah i mean it's already happened the crawford brothers right. already did this um but they've done it in hemp and you know not in thc that's the difference here um and it also sounds like and i'm not entirely sure but i got the impression that they're doing like they'll pistol guard your varieties so they'll like work with you to breed your varieties to have this um, this sort of trait expression. This is this is the brothers or the the outfit uh, in Oregon, dark not heart. the dark heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is dark, dark heart. heart. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but I could be wrong about that. But um, that was kind of the impression that I got from the discussion. Um, and yeah, so it's it's not. They didn't present any data with their proclamations of a new product. It's marketing. They've got a a name. Proprietary. Pistol Guard. Um, they've got a paper coming. We'll see what happens with the paper. Um, and then other than that, it's something that's like protocols for this have already been established and written and published in their previous works that have gone over this subject matter and with some of the previous findings people like i mean david watson and rob clark did experiments with this in the 90s and supposedly skunk man sam um supposedly uh they were finding that there was if there wasn't like um there was some degree of seed set, but one of the other problems was that there was like immature, those white shitty seeds that you get sometimes that are yeah. you know, honestly worse than mature seed set. Right. Right. Um, that was happening. And so they abandoned their efforts because, and Sam would talk about that on Icy Mag back in the day, um, talking about mm-hmm. trying to create a sterile um, plant and how his efforts were largely in vain um but yeah so that's i think it's it's novel it's interesting but it's not um well it's not even that novel it's it's more interesting it's fucking it's been done 
It's a marketing thing. That's what they did. They marketed Pistol Guard. They didn't do anything that hasn't been done before. Hmm. Good. Thanks for the uh, info. Good to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I, it's getting late out here in Oklahoma as well, but yeah. definitely good to see you, Trevor, and good to reconnect, Jim. Hopefully, I will be touching base with you again sometime soon. You bet. And uh, glad you came on. And yeah, uh, we're. We're in our infancy out here and finances aren't exactly fantastic as we get the farm built out and get things going. But come spring, the, you know, doing like anywhere the, near, near the earthquake? I, I just heard about the earthquake a couple hours ago. I didn't feel it. Okay. So I didn't, okay. Yeah. It was up north on the uh, northern border. Of yeah. I mean, we're not, we're not too far from north. I'm north of Tulsa about a half hour. Oh, okay. You wouldn't know anything about Oklahoma geography having no interest in this place, though. Actually, uh, would you say wild horses couldn't drag you? Something, no, actually, uh, about 10 years ago or 11 years ago, I went to find my biological uh, parents or you know, history with family, whatever you want to call it. And so, my uh, biological well, it doesn't matter, my father, he lived in Cleveland. Oklahoma. So I looked it up online and uh, trying to imagine what it was like in 1917, World War One. Oh my God, this must have really been a miserable. No wonder he moved to the desert of California and got involved in the trucking industry. Uh, I mean, well, I talk about poverty. Yeah, look it up sometime. Cleveland, Oklahoma. Jeez. Yeah, doesn't seem like much has probably changed in a hundred years. To be honest, no, no. it's a special place. It's a yeah. It's it's been rough to to come from Santa Cruz in California and to be here. It's it's been culture shock to say the least. I I couldn't even. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It takes a lot of guts to pick up and move to. Yeah, just the whole. Well, I mean, I the culture and everything, you know. I didn't have a lot of a choice. I mean, I've been, I moved to Santa Cruz in 1994. Wham happened in 96. It's been an integral part of my life since I was a kid. I didn't have anywhere else to go. You know, it was, it was, there was an opportunity to have a piece of land and a piece of paper that said, you won't fuck with me. And it's like, now I have this relationship Yeah, yeah. once again. And I'm, I'm ecstatic. I spend 12, 14 hours a day with the plant. So on that hand, it's, it's, magnificent but then every time i leave the farm and realize where the fuck i am it's it's i don't even know it's surreal i was laughing uh he was stopped by here on his way down to garberville and uh i said yeah i said you know i was down there before you were born and uh i was gonna find my fame and fortune when uh and we laughed because yeah, he was, was literally right. Yeah, he was literally right the year he said. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, wow. Some things don't change, you know. The myth. Uh, 
whatever. Except maybe it does because now the 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 threat anyway is that the the outlaw culture will vanish because it'll be basically supplanted by the by the gigantic uh, commercial growth essentially that will replace everybody. I mean, that's I, I feel like that's one of the most plausible versions of the story that uh, Trevor said that it's basically a real estate play to basically uh, starve out all the growers, black market. White market, gray market, no matter which market, just basically starving out because the land is no longer useful for anything. Uh, buy it up on the cheap, set up Monsanto grows. When I first met you, I, t- I said to you that our problem is that we're addicted to convenience. And think of all the tomatoes that are sold every day across America. A lot of tomatoes, right? And then calculate how many people actually grow their own tomato of any kind. Not even the whole year's worth, just having some tomato plants. We're a nothing. We're minuscule. And I'm afraid that that's what's going to happen to the cannabis grower. That uh, they get this thing down. I mean, the production level. Fuck. I wouldn't want to be in, in this industry. Unless I had some really serious, you know, if I was a young man, I'd want some serious fucking money. You know, you know, you're talking about five years to get this really running, right, sir? You know, like bring some reality to the discussion. And five years is probably being pretty optimistic, but, you know, look how long it would take you to set up a, a, a good size, not even huge, but a good size vermiculture operation. Where you can produce and create your own soil and do it right and get good, strong, healthy plants, reduce your costs as far as uh, molds. And uh, I just met insects. somebody who has a friend who's setting up a vermicompost business, and I was all excited. I was like, Oh, I know somebody who's an expert on that. And uh, so and so and so and so. So, long story short, it's possible. You know, the world is, is the world, so it's unlikely, but it's possible there's a new vermicompost player on the block. We'll see. We'll cool. see. We'll see. Absolutely. Cool. It'll be fun. You can never have uh, too much. Right. Like yeah, Oregon I mean, they're, they're, shipping, they're shipping stuff from Oregon and NorCal out here. Yeah. You know, so uh, it's right for it. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a dedicated effort that's going to take a considerable amount of time and yeah. resources and investment. And I'm sure if, you know, I put the conversation out there enough, the potential comes for investment and partnerships and the ability to do anything. You know, for the first six months I'm here, the next year I'm here, I'm focused on building infrastructure and getting plants going and building marketing and relationships and other than my own in-house castings and whatnot the idea of commercial vermiculture is months away a year away maybe two years away so we're talking five six seven years before it's like really has the ability to be something on that level yeah and i mean just to be clear also um it's like there are people who have business plans and have the <laughs> yeah. like business that are like the financial backing to yeah. look five, 10 years. Yeah. But unless you've got millions of dollars and yeah. I mean, millions, like not just not real money, tens yeah. of millions, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Not too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, I've talked to people who 
they're very well like they're they're in the shit. They know a lot of um large Producers. players, international yeah. players, and enormous tissue culture facilities are coming online in the next couple of months to years that just completely dwarf anything that we've seen so far. There's um They're going to large scale agriculture is going to and cannabis is going to figure out at some point how to produce a decent product and at scale. And until then, they're totally fine just producing a shitty product and waiting everybody out and running everybody out just in Mm -hmm. terms of running at a, you know, operating at a loss for however long, like. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've shared the story with you. I think I shared it with Jim, but in 2017, when I lost my farm in Santa Cruz, I went to work for a man that was a department of defense contractor and had absurd amounts of money. And he was, was literally working on a deal to, he was, he was flying down to Texas and meeting with Mike Pence and, they were working on a deal with border security to sign a deal to manage the wall, basically. And just before I was let go in December of 2017, they had signed a deal for a 20-year, $30 billion contract, which I think got dissolved as soon as Trump was out of office and Biden came into office. But the amount of money that these guys had, and they were getting into the cannabis game. And I sat in a boardroom one day with the whole group and 300 to 500, 200 to 300 million dollars over the first five years to operate yeah. at a loss was the game plan. Yeah. They, they asked me, Adam, how much could we produce? We just bought $1.4 million worth of fluence lights. We were building an 86,000 square foot building. I was design, designing a five tier LED microgreens type indoor cannabis farm, right? Yeah. And I sat in a room and they said, well, how much will it cost us after trimming and packaging and labor? They were really trying to pick the whole thing was just a data mining mission to try and figure out, Mm -hmm. you know, cost analysis to figure out how to get into the market to take over the market. And we established at the time for like state of the art indoor AAA, it was probably going to be around $600 a pound. Trimmed, packaged, Mm -hmm. pretty sticker, label, the whole bit, testing, everything. and so. I, I introduced him to a guy in Salinas, you know, not, not much longer. He came to know a guy in Salinas that I knew, and it was coincidental. I can't remember the facts, but Grupo Flora, if you've ever heard of them, it's a wild story of the land grabs and the real estate plays that were made in Salinas back in 2015, 16, 17, leading up to recreational in California. And they were talking about brokering deals to buy pounds for $500 that cost $600 to produce. And this is what the small farmer is up against and has no idea. Yeah. And also that's specifically where, like, it was those land grab deals in Salinas in 2016, 17, and 18 that gave us the the death of the acreage cap. Because specifically... um. Steve D'Angelo and Harborside were connected with a Salinas grow that I think was like four or five acres at the time. 
And they'd already sunk money into the property, build out all these different things. And as a result, they ended up, their business model was dependent upon being able to get more than just one acre. They had already committed millions of dollars to this operation. So that's why we lost, like they basically paid a lobbyist, a lobbying firm about $300,000 to kill the acre cap. And yeah, and that's, that's the rest is history. Um, but those, those individuals in those types of meetings made those decisions and are the reason why California cannabis is what it is right now. I just got a message that my earphones are dying. So, uh, Trevor, Coot, everybody, uh, you guys have a good evening, man. You too, Coot. It's been a pleasure. Bye-bye. Good one. Bye-bye. Well, gentlemen, on that note, might be time. Indeed. It's been well, a pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Man, it's been a great show. Let me take the chewing gum outside. I'm not rude. For me. Yeah. It's probably rude to grab the chewing gum, but that's okay. People will forgive me, I think. I have to be honest, Smashed, if, you, if he's listening, fucking great choice, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, I think you need to get a fresh one because every once in a while I'll pull out like one of these and it's not like, not super fresh and you'll, you know, oh, Jesus Christ. I'm enjoying it. I had a craving, man. I had a craving for real chewing gum, and I hadn't found any real chewing gum for the longest time. Smash hooked it up. He was like, dude, have you tried bazooka? No, I had not. I had not tried bazooka for the longest time. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for hanging on the show. Uh, this and more inanity on uh, this and many, many other shows. Same bat time, same bat channel. Santa Cruz Cannabis Company, how can people find you on, uh, you don't have to be found, some people don't want to be found, but if you'd like to be found, we always like to give a, a shout out, you know, folks on Instagram, or I don't know, maybe you have a YouTube channel, or however, uh, maybe, maybe you're at a weekly freaking uh, dart throwing contest, I don't know, how, how about you? Yeah, just just Instagram, I think it's Santa Cruz Cannabis Company 2.0, mm -hmm. this is the reiteration of uh, the original deleted account, as so many of us in the industry, and are going through with the whole IG dilemmas. But yeah, I'm don't spend time on there like they used to, but yeah, definitely available. And keep up to date with the stories and the trials and tribulations starting a cannabis farm in Oklahoma. There it is. Santa Cruz Cannabis Company. Boom. Follow. Oh, not to be, not to be mistaken. Oh, wait, there's two of them actually. Not to be mistaken for Santa Cruz Cannabis Company Incorporated, which is a corporate farm that began in 2018 in Santa Cruz and is jacking my name and my years of hard work. But that's a whole nother story for another time. I see. I think I see that exactly. And they have a fancy label. You have funny, a, a, a that, bear of a label, right? Your label is a bear. Yeah, mine's a bear. Gotcha. I have an original account, too, that I got my old name back. But yeah, there's literally a Santa Cruz Cannabis Company Incorporated. That, yes. That's happened nice. to pop up in 2018 and then weeks later my account was deleted and i was receiving letters from the can of the bureau of cannabis control and all kinds of fun stuff and then days later i had the sheriffs raiding my four lighters so fun times uh right on man 
Cheers, dude. Yeah. People are saying, by the way, cheers, Coot, in the chat. We all say, and on this blessed day, cheers, Coot. Uh, nice to meet you, man. I don't think I've ever met you before. Uh, maybe yeah, I don't, you I don't, on the chat or go ahead. I don't get on the, the YouTube too much, but know, it was man. nice to stumble on this. I heard Coot was going to be on and thought it'd be a great chance to connect. So yeah, thank you cheers, for hosting. And definitely you're welcome to come back anytime. I mean, you, you don't have to, you, not everyone has to stick out on YouTube all the time. It is uh, very time consuming to spend time here, but, uh, we always have these fun chats. You know, we always have like uh, fun people come on. We have, uh, uh, discussions about pretty much whatever comes up, honestly. So if you'd like to talk about cannabis rules, regulations, breeding, smoking it, toking it, it doesn't freaking matter. You're welcome to come back anytime. Cheers, awesome. Brother. I appreciate it, brother. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, Sun admits himself, the de- the guest of the evening. It's not often that the guest actually closes out the show with us. You're freaking champ, buddy. You, Dr. Faust, Coot, some of the very few potent, I think, actually closed out his episode. Very few people are here until the very end of the episode. Props to you for that. And also props for the the the, the just the bevy of information. Honestly, there's been a huge amount. There's a lot to dig in for the future one of these days when we're not all exhausted and... Uh, well, we're going to be high. Let's going to be honest. Let's be honest, perfectly frank here. We're not mad. We're not crazy here. We're going to be high, but at least we won't be tired and high, right? That's true. No, and I, I feel you, man. I, I've driven most of California in mm-hmm. the last, uh, well, in the preceding thirty-six hours over the weekend. It was a, it was a marathon. So, and I just, I appreciate the opportunity and. Hope you get some rest, man. I know, man. Cheers, dude. You as well. Uh, once again, how can people find you on Instagram? Sungrown uh, Mids. Yeah, Sungrown Mids. Um, I also I'm on Future Cannabis Project a lot of times. Um, and yeah, just doing doing stuff. Those are my main two places of. of oh wait, no, I, I have more shit. I, I write for Beard Bros, and that's cool. I, I also write for Skunk Magazine. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. So thank you, everyone, for you know Cheers, hanging out with us. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And uh, once again, uh, same to you. You're welcome to come back anytime, uh, as a guest or as a just a you know you know goofball panelists like the rest of us like who like everybody else basically come on we, we bs potent's on here all the time potent is probably uh well i probably shouldn't describe what potent is probably doing but anyway uh potent is oftentimes here ladies and gentlemen uh oh we're missing somebody evil deadly fart uh off to you how can people find you my friend sometimes you don't want to be found you're like oh no man sometimes my honey is too good for you sometimes it isn't how oh to be honest i i had a I don't even have right now honey in pots to sell us. I still have a lot of it, but uh, I don't have water in my local in the winter. Uh, gotcha. And there was a fog, so I did not have stock for the winter. But yeah, I, 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 I will try to reopen uh, the, the spring. But for now, mm-hmm. you guys can find me on a Fumidor Discord. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, having fun over there, maybe. Talk in the voice, whatever. We, there's a photo contest. Uh, I there's was a photo contest. It, uh, yeah. I've been very busy and uh, have been uh, blowing it a little bit. We're way, way behind on posting and you know, all that kind of stuff. But we'll get there, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully the busyness has 
somewhat peaked, so we'll figure it out. But the photo contest is active. Free seeds. We've got some actually some uh, cool ones from uh, Coffee Pot. A couple others for the, the basket this month, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be fun times. Folks, uh, I am uh, nearly exhausted. Actually, it's almost the 420, so it looks like we're going to make this next 420. Thanks for uh, joining us for it, ladies and gentlemen. I think we're going to uh, uh, just very briefly shout out my website here, if you guys would join me briefly. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, check out the podcast, Chronic Table. You've been listening to it this whole time. If you're watching it on YouTube, come and uh, join us over on some kind of an audio platform, uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, you name it, we're over there. Uh, been getting all kinds of cool new viewership or listenership, I guess it would be, from all kinds of different places. Somebody is unmuted or something. I'm not really sure. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you do listen more in the future. Black Prince Ruby is the flower that you're looking at right now. That's one of my absolute uh, favorites of mine lately. Sometimes people ask, oh, what do you recommend? This pretty much is what I recommend. This uh, Morgana. Lime River Rose, very, very popular. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to contact me, by the way, I should probably go and click on that. Contact Fumidoro, Discord. Uh, again, I'm going to have to fix that Discord link, but uh, and I forgot to do that. Sorry about that. Uh, the email, fumidoro.chronictables.com. The website, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, YouTube uh, uh, page is right there. Instagram, right there, both fumidoro underscore chibidor and Portland Cannabis Tasting Society. Ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys will follow and uh, take a look. I will try to follow you back as well. Sometimes I don't see the notifications. Once again, uh, where was I at? I was at uh, the strains, ladies and gentlemen. What was I saying? I was saying uh, Morgana, Morgana, Morgana. Ladies and gentlemen, cherries, sour cherries, berries, wine, you name it. Very nice colors. That's probably not the best first picture, but I need to reorganize it. Whatever. Just, just bear with me, ladies and gentlemen. Everything you see here, I put together. It's time-consuming to fix it. Lime River Rose. I think most of these photos are actually tester photos, believe it or not. Almost, in fact, they are because I've never grown this myself. So actually every single one of these photos is either a tester or a customer. I think actually all testers. Lots of folks have loved these. Uh, lots of folks have, uh, in fact, just today, I got a nice email from somebody or a DM from somebody. Oh my goodness, we found a delightful phenotype and we're going to actually run it commercially. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going to freaking polish my uh, knuckles like they like they do in the movies, right? Oh my goodness, we made it to the big time, sort of, I guess, maybe kind of. Not really, actually, but hey, uh, this one is uh, allegedly, possibly, in uh, beautiful Europe, ladies and gentlemen, with uh, the, the colors and the freaking aromas. You know, they know they know from aromas and colors over there in uh, the beautiful old country, ladies and gentlemen. Finally, Thousand One Nights, ladies and gentlemen, nice and confusing. This one actually has some horseradishy terps. Go figure, right? Horseradish grapefruit. I'm really Looking forward to digging into this one in the future. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you will take a look. That's the mom right there at like week 12, by the way. So that's why the leaves look so autumnal, right? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, coupon code BRAINS with a Z B R A I N Z for 14% off. And uh, actually, Irma Gerd also for 14% off. There you go. Technically, also Birkenstock is still active for 14% off. For some reason, I like 14% off. Don't ask me why. I just picked that and I'm stuck with it. I was going to do like a whole 8, 10, 12, 14, whatever. I spoiled it. the surprise. It's not that surprising, but hey, whatever. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for coming. Uh, Robert Greenfinger, Stony Creek, Lawrence Gonzalez, Locke, Smoke and Grow, Frazier, Raymond Kowal, Atomic Spoon, uh, Christophe Lapuissons, my friend, Nico in the house, Stony Creek, cheers to everybody, uh, Ian, of course, Ian is asking the, the, uh, real questions, what if God was one of us? 
You know, uh, Alanis Morissette was asking that, I think. Uh, perhaps it was Alanis Morissette. I'm not really sure. I wonder if she has discovered the answer to that. I doubt it. Uh, James Chrysler saying, something tells me that some good feelings will come from that Lime River Rose. Thank you very much for saying that, my friend. I think you're correct. And uh, I hope you guys will try some. Be kind, my friends. Be decent. Be gentle. Don't be fucking bricks. Met a handful of bricks in the recent times, let's just say. Uh, we, we won't be more specific than that, but I have met a handful of bricks. I'm sure you've met a handful of bricks. Everybody has met a handful of bricks. Don't be one of those bricks, ladies and gentlemen. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Don't be a fucking brick. Thanks very much for hanging, my friends. Cats and dogs, bats and frogs. Adios.